and welcome back to the greatest DC comic show this side of the source world. We're breaking things down, cracking up, skewing, and reviewing each week's comics. I'm the Alan Frog of the DCU, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 421. It's still the odd numbers. I, I could have gotten away from work. that, but maybe uh, we didn't, because if you're not aware, if you go right now, you can get our TGIF, Thank God It's Friday podcast that came out Friday night on this here feed where we did go and focus on the Justice League number 75, Death of the Justice League. Eric, but was it me and you end up debating on who's dead, what's going on, and all that stuff that you can go and listen to right now. But we have a a bunch of of books. I mean, a plethora times three is what I think. And and the thing is, when you said the Frog Brother there, I wish that... I could remember what the other frog brother was. I was actually going to join in. And yeah, I couldn't remember. So maybe next time I'll remember. But you won't use that again. I I I ended up, I lost out on the fun. But yeah, here we go. We have a bunch of books, as I said, for tonight. And some good, some bad facts of life going on through that. But before we get into that, please go over to the Twitter at Weird Science DC. Follow us. We'll follow you back. 100% follow back policy. Also, go to our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, where we have reviews for most of the books here and most of the books each and every week coming out from DC Comics. And then go to our Patreon, Patreon.com, slash Weird Science, where you can help us out for everything that we do uh, on this regular feed, the bunch of podcasts that we do, and also get a ton more. One of the big things that we do each and every week on Thursday is have a Patreon-only Spotlight podcast, two books picked in a poll that goes up every week for the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. And they end up picking the two that they want us to talk about, and then we feature them in a Patreon-only Spotlight podcast that usually is about an hour or so long. This past week, they picked Teen Titans Academy number 14, penultimate issue. Oh, my goodness, they had to hear about that. And Rogues number two, an issue that... We might have been a little bit down, but it is something that we really, really enjoyed the first issue of, and hopefully that kind of ends well, uh, a little middle deal with the one we did. But all of that going on, as I said, one of the biggest things that came out this week was the Justice League number 75. You can go listen to that, but a lot of people are excited about it, Eric. I've gotten word. I've gotten word down the line from the malt shop that a bunch of people messaged me and said that they're back in. That they hadn't been reading things for a while, and I'm getting a lot of requests of, what should I read? What should I do? And so I actually thought it is a prime deal to maybe make a post on the site or something with that of, you know, required reading, things like that. I'll just put everything and then go. But Do not read Bendis' Justice League. No, no. And and actually, a lot of people ended up saying that they gave credit to Bendis for what happened in that Justice League number 75. I'm like, I don't see that, but they ended up being nice, Eric, is what ended up happening. But even some people in the Get Fresh crew, even some badasses actually had revealed they haven't been reading much lately, but they are back in and excited to go forward. So that's what we were hoping, that the death of the Justice League and everything else going on with that would get people a bit inspired to, you know, jump back in, whatnot. So welcome back, everyone. The Who's Great Darkness has put its chains out there, grabbed a hold of the DC fan and reeled them back in. Yeah, it's funny. The Great Darkness is, is the shining light, it seems. Oh, my goodness. Think of that, Eric. But like I said, we have a bunch here. But really, before we get into the books, 
We have a little bit of a roll call. This is the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Uh, 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 uh. Eric is what I say, and here we go with it. We have Jeffrey Greek, Stephen, Bat Dad Mitchell, the Annihilator, Ted Probst, I Love Punchline, Stuart, who I didn't give a shout out to. Thank you for joining up on Badass Level there, Storky. Michael S., Forrest Pauly, Cam, Joseph Wadstick, Matt Razor, G Man 3000, Lady Abby, and Lord Andy. Red, Matches Cologne, Niels Keyword, David Fink. I think that you're impressed there. I'm actually doing this very well this week. Until now. Joey Bercosco, Stephen Bell, Jason Covey, Sue 42 to you and me, Michael G, Ken Halleck, Comic Boom Rocky. Go check out the Comic Boom YouTube channel. Seller Dweller, Mark Jager, Algen Stoja, Nick Adams, Bill Beer of the Bat Pod Podcast, Ruben, Carlos, No Wolf Marv, No Wolf Marv, Eric Luke, Hollywood, The Drunk, Simon, Luis, that's not nice for me to say nah. that, but I, uh, Manship, he sent me messages about his meds, Eric, quote unquote meds, Andrew Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, my man Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond a Mark, Brandy Murray, who just started doing on the Patreon, now I'm extending it, but on the Patreon, me and him are doing a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles deal. That's why you don't pat and yourself on the back before the race is over. Boy, Ron, there. Oh, my goodness. An all-out shout-out well Reggie. I was. I was doing good. I still think that I'm a little... I don't know what it is. I feel like I'm laser-focused this week. I can't wait, Eric. I'm jumping. And with that, a shout-out to Reggie, who might be hanging with one of his heroes, Neil Adams, sadly passed Hopefully. away yesterday so that's the deal i can imagine reggie with neil adams and if you are a longtime listener you know that we ended up dealing with neil adams books eric bale i mean the idea they were nonsense i mean really the guy is an incredible artist i love his art his writing not so great but and and with that one of the funniest things was the the progression of him Kind of, you know, alienating himself from a lot of the other inkers and things, including his sons, who he seemed to kick off the books. But me and Reggie always would. Reggie would make me do all of the Neil Adams stuff, and it was pretty and fun. You also had that interview. It. Yeah, you had an interview with him. And so, what I think is, if Reggie, he is one of Reggie's heroes, but Reggie, what he did that interview and the other things, I think Reggie was kind of conflicted in that, but. You don't want to meet your heroes, Eric. That's I why I haven't seen you in a couple of years. Since my bias is one to you, I don't want to meet you, Eric, because I think that you might be even better than I think of you in my heart. I rode by your place the other day. They were having that construction. Stunker. And to get out, uh, to get to 309, our main thorough way there, I had to go through a, a crazy maze of parking lots and things like that went right by. Your place, Eric. I gave a shout out too. I actually did give the shout out, like I gave you the uh uh, and uh, Tanya thought I was insane. So, with that, yeah. she she always does. She always hey, does. Tanya, She's... look at me give the shout out to Eric who can't hear it. Uh-uh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hey, Eric, what's up? <laughs> oh, get... Keep your eyes the guys, on the road. The guy's doing the construction there, giving me the finger. I'm getting cat calls. I'm so sexy, Eric. Oh my God. I'll, I'll, everything broke down for me then. But then I got your car. Then you walk to where you need to go. I walked to the doctors. That's what it is. And then the doctor said, you know what? You need more exercise. And I said, but I just walked here. And boy, my arms are tired. Is what I said, Eric. You also have to work on Ah. your routine. Is what he said. Well, I'll be in Cleveland at the Laughing Bro this weekend. So go and see. But with all of that, we're going to get to the books. Like I said, we have a bunch tonight here for you. We're going to start out with 
a proper section, I think, that you will be enjoying, Eric, but we'll get to that right about now. His blood type's butter. He's bad, you don't need to stutter. He's a selfish lover. Gonna leave you frustrated like that. The Stone Cold Stunner doesn't even talk to his mother. Yeah, it's not even summer. Yeah, it's disgusting when he sweats like that. Break it down. When he looks in the mirror, he's got a chin on two. He's got a sweaty ass glow. Ah, yes, Eric, here we are, and we have the first section of uh, books here. And the the thing is, I was trying to figure out what we could use for this section. And the funny thing is, is that we will will end up having... That's a (laughs) tribute. That's a tribute. You you like the Stone Cold Stunner. You end up with uh, this whole deal where I thought, okay, maybe the the tie-in here... Do I have a Riddler song? No, but I'll do a song that just confuses Eric and he wonders what it is. So that was the Riddler tie-in to that as a tribute. Can you decipher that riddle? You can you decipher that? When is a song not a tribute, Eric, is what the riddle is. And that's kind of like the that's the hipster Riddler deal with that. Other than that, I also had some songs about you having various STDs that I might have put in there. But I I didn't think I would be that mean with that. You're my bias, Eric. Just remember that when I go with it. That's the riddle. When is a bias not a bias? But here we are. And if you want to, again, read. comes out your mouth. When you want to read written reviews of these books that we're going to be talking about, yeah, go over to weirdsciencedccomics.com, our website there. And you can see the books uh, reviewed by me, Eric, and even other people like Gabe and things like that. But we're going to start with this Detective Comics. We're coming out of the Tower Story Brave New World A Brave New World And a kind of finale Rebel Riddler Radio Yeah It's funny because This is the last arc Of what Mariko Tamaki is doing If you're not aware Then in July Ram V jumps on the book Then for something he's doing I'm not so sure If that's just a stopgap To get to what ends up Being the end of Dark Crisis Or whatnot. We'll find that out later But you end up with Mariko Tamaki Jumping on with some help here with Detective Comics number 1059, written by Mariko Tamaki and Nadia Shamas, uh, a co-writer. Art by Ivan Rice, Danny Mickey, Brad Anderson, and Ariana Mayer. So we're going to get a Riddler story. It was set up at the end of last issue, the end of The Tower, and it felt weird. Little radio! With the idea that this book came out, it's not delayed, but because we were getting week, week, week with the Detective Comics and the Tower story, it did seem like it's like longer. Hey, where's the detective at? Yeah, we're like, what's going on? Where's my tech? Having Riddler Radio. And he does seem to be spinning the platters because- that matter, right? It's Rebel Radio, and he is like a, like a morning zoo kind of DJ. It feels like we're not even just like maybe more of a shock jock DJ where he wants to tell you the truth about Gotham and stuff like that while doing a normal Riddler shtick, even if you want to call it that. But nobody is listening to it on a radio. I'm like, everybody just has their smartphones open with a freaking question mark on. I'm like, are you listening to a podcast? Is it a live stream going on somewhere? Has it taken over your phone? And now, that would mean that the Riddler himself would have to like set that up. Like, he's like, okay, I'm going to go live in the morning. <laughs> over to the Riddler's Patreon. Over to the pod beads. I'm like, what's going on here? And even that where... He needs to afford that sweet, sweet mustache wax. What account did he set up to then have it on our iHeartRadio? It's weird <laughs> because it feels like there's a weird misplay here. And why I say that, I'm glad you brought it up. 
first off, I like the art in this issue. I do not oh, like great. Hipster Riddler. I don't like it at all. Well, the thing is, what do you like better? Do you like Wicker Man Scarecrow, which I saw a thing where it was a kind of a leak where that's the version that McFarlane's going to do for his new toys coming out of the DC Universe. I'm like, that's not the Riddler I want. But do you like this Wicker Man Scarecrow better than Hipster Riddler? Well, I'll tell you, I if it's just pure aesthetics, I still think I like the Wicker Man Scarecrow. But with that Wicker Man Scarecrow, it works well in the idea, okay, he's a scary guy, he's trying Ooh. to do this. This Riddler, Hipster <laughs> Riddler, which also I have to say, he's also seemingly has a vlog because other people have like the video going. He's really gone hardcore into this. Now, I ended up seeing, and I'm glad you brought it up with the idea of them on the phones and things because, yeah, I don't think anybody's going with the boombox listening to the Riddler. I also think it's a weird play of the idea that he is doing a Kind of a radio show He feels like he's like Christian Slater From Pump Up the Volume Even back in the day And so when you have that yeah, And when you have that I saw some reviews and some people talking about this Of the idea that this story 100% deals with social media And I thought What are you talking about? It's a radio show Who listens to the radio anymore? Anyway, most people listen Yeah, you do But most people listen to their own playlist They'll listen to podcasts and things like that The thing is I don't even understand listening to your own playlist Because you'll fill your shit up with like 500 songs Put it on shuffle But you're still stopping what you're doing To skip songs you don't want to listen to I definitely do My playlists are, are nonsense But yeah, with that though he is like, hey, good morning, Gotham. As you end up having the sun rising, this is you. This is me, the Riddler. And I'm going to be asking the questions that matter here. And I'm, I'm like, what station is he on? How is this broadcast? And that's one of my big things to start with, that I have an issue with this whole story from the get-go. Is the Batman's not getting down to this right When you end up having any villain broadcasting anything the first step for Batman should be to check out those, you know, radio waves, whatever. Now, the thing about it, I started thinking about it because this seems like a classic scenario where Riddler starts doing Riddler radio nonsense going on there. Riddle me this asshole as a Batman immediately tracks the signal and punches him in the face by smacking, you know, jumping through a window and punching him in the face. And I'm thinking to myself, is it because Bruce doesn't have as much money as he used to that he can't do that anymore? Because he seems to be able to do things all over the place. Anyway, my my issue here is that I wish there was a little bit where Batman does trace it. Batman does go to punch him. And legitimately, the Riddler's on the up and up. He has a radio. There's nothing, you know, bad about having a radio state. But he also kind of he could take him down probably for rebel radio anyway. Because, yeah, you can't do that. So I wish that there was some weird play that. Some crazy guy in Gotham will run say, hey, we're not getting many ratings on this radio because of people on their phones and stuff and actually hired the Riddler. Riddler walks in, he punches in, does his deal. Uh, So it's a weird play. The weird play of having this over-the-top radio show where the Riddler's going to give riddles that aren't quite riddles. They're more hints. When is a criminal, know. not a criminal? I don't know. When is a murderer, not a murderer? We're just seeing people getting killed in this bug. Yeah. Like, is it something to do with you, Riddler? I have to assume it is, but I'm not sure because people are acting weird in Gotham today. Yeah, Mariko Tamaki hasn't really given the best Batman. He's usually a little behind the eight ball when he does things. So if this ends up being, by the end, 
that these radio waves are some sort of Mad Hatter tech and it's doing that, then Batman well, should just retire. And the screen is a green glowing background with a question mark on. I'm like, just turn it off. This is not good. You don't need this. But and I get the idea that remember they're saying you, everybody. It didn't work out well. Yeah, for remember you. everything that happens with all these guys. So I will tell you this though, Riddler being out here all hipster about it with his little chin beard and his curly Q mustache. I, I actually like, the gloves are what get me. The gloves like Madonna. The gloves you've seen Riddler wear those a lot of times. He has like a nice green jacket. He's got his freaking Riddler bowler cap going on. I'm like, good for you. Do you know why? Because he's cleaned himself up from the last time we seen him where he was meth head Riddler. Yeah, he was a meth head. Good I think you, Riddler. The glass is there. On. Also, care about your appearance. He's doing that, like I said, pump up the volume radio type deal where. I don't. I can't get up and do well, poses while we're podcasting. They went. This guy's walking around the room doing karate moves or something. He's there in his jacket. I do this all the time. Everybody in town now. Everybody in town's listening, and it does feel like again, like the Punchline podcast or something like this. I understand that people. Oh my God, the Riddler has a Riddler rate. You almost think I that. How, how are you <laughs> trying to seek this out? Where is it coming? It seems to be something. That is just thrown out there by him and they're picking it up on their phone. That's something that Mariko Tamaki is just pushing us past and they are listening. But Batman's watching. He's listening. That's where I see he has like video going. He's watching. You have to immediately think something is wrong. Even before crimes start being committed, Batman should be looking to see if there's any sort of tech being used to maybe control some people or do something. That's usually, you know, the Riddler is not a guy who just wants to have a radio show, it seems. But the riddles of when is a criminal not a criminal, to then later on in the issue see that, oh, these people who don't have any history of crime, whatever, suddenly are committing crime. Then you're, okay, well, there's the the riddle. The criminal not a criminal is when he's mind controlling. You better find something out. But it kind of gets twisted and turned. In this, where then we go to the next day after the Honorable Judge Carolyn Donovan, who is sentencing a man to freaking like a jail sentence after being found guilty for arson, second degree arson. It's a weird situation where the person is being let out of the court at that point in time. He's got a sneer on his face that he knows more than we do what's going on right now. It totally looks like James Woods. But when you know the judge goes back to her chambers and finds what she thinks to be a bomb or a trash can. Whole building is evacuated to the point where Batman comes in. He pulls out the first device. Well, this is nothing. But for some reason, you have a device on top of an actual bomb that then he grabs it and gets out of there, but it blows up. But this is where we start the whole thing off because while we have the Riddler radio going on, we have people acting weird. We're introducing Judge Carolyn Donovan, who is the daughter of reporter, intrepid reporter, Deb Donovan, that we've had recently in Detective Comics. And it feels like a weird play just to have this judge because I swore until Deb showed up, like, you're my daughter. I'm like, I really swore it was his sister. Well, the weird thing about it, they did mention this. They mentioned the last couple issues. They just said, oh, well, Deb, your daughter's a judge. It was a throwaway line. And then we get to this. And a lot of people were talking about this. It's like, how old is Deb? What's Deb 80? (laughs) There's the circuit court judge here going with it. And they seem to be on a little bit of, you know, on the outside. It's a weird play. A lot of this stuff just kind of flies by. Even when Bruce shows up to try to get some information as Bruce Wayne, when he goes and he's got like flowers, because he was happening to go by, and even though he's a man who's down on his luck from being a billionaire to just a semi, like a multi-millionaire now, he's going to go and like, oh, let's make sure that Carolyn's okay, and also press her for a little information. But when she goes by dead down, I'm like, what are you here, looking for a scoop? I'm like, I assume, though, well, it's a dick thing to say to a mother whose daughter's in the hospital after a bombing, 
I assume that most people, or even her, her daughter, assumes this as well because of the life that she leads. That is true. And it seems like then what she says then to Bruce is, yeah, she was looking for a scoop. Or is she looking to solve the case? Or is she... Scoop my ass, Wayne. I don't <laughs> have time for you right now. I, I'm telling you right now, though, you forgot one thing that I laughed and thought that you might uh, love. The idea that the arsonist name, his last name is Ashen. Because, you know, Mariko Tamaki, I'm surprised it's not, hey, Tommy Firestarter, hey, Firefighter, Ashen. I would have paid more attention to that if I wasn't so compelled to actually look at that guy's face as he's leaving the courtroom. Like I said, he looks like he knows way more about what's going on than we do. To later on outside the courtroom after the bombing, when you have a guy wearing a freaking like a bandana around his face, I'm like, is that the same it guy? Looks like it is. Like, like, is that the same yeah. guy as the other one? But I don't know because while we have an excellent artness, for some reason all the guys' faces to me they look a lot. Yeah, alike. they do a look a lot alike. And the weird thing to play is Batman goes to disarm that bomb, then he goes, "Oh my God, there's another bomb. There's this. There is a mention like two bombs, and it got a little wonky with me." But when this happens, then is there? It, when you get to Deb Dunham, because it does look like the bomb somehow it's like nighttime. All of a sudden. Yeah. And then the next day, Deb Donovan gets the call, right? But why then? Because not just the idea, oh, I don't really talk to my daughter. You're at a newspaper. Didn't anybody get the news to you yet? Or everybody, the big news of the day would be. Hey, Deb Donovan's time's Deb Donovan's time. She's clocked out for the night. It, it seems like, no, but I'm telling you, it looks like the next day because now it looks like behind her, the sun is rising. So the idea of this is like, what? Somebody get me to the Evan Hospital. We sentenced Mr. Ashen at 4 a.m. during our night court. The minute that you got into the newspaper room, though, the talk would be, oh, my God, the big news of the day is... Nobody talks to Deb Donovan. Maybe. She'll get me to the Evan Hospital. Stone cold bitch. We do end up seeing that her daughter did end up like... she said, It's a weird delay, too. Hey, uh, you know, your honor, do you have to go to the hospital? Call me Carolyn. Oh, my God, there goes Shady Fella walking. Yeah, I think I need to go to the hospital. It was such a weird progression just to have the time to show this guy who might be Ash and may not. We don't know. And the thing is, in my mind, it can't be, but it just looks so similar just because the guy was in an orange jumpsuit being led away to prison at that point in time. But it just like all of these bad guys faced me almost looked identical. To is it the Riddler without his hipster deal? Because he kind of has that coat kind of look, too. But you said all of the faces and everything do look like alike. even when you see the guy with the way the shading is on the colors and stuff like that it looks like there's a like a light mark to where like there's a soft spot in the side of your head i don't know if it's a soft spot but the indent on the side of your head like in front of your ear yeah i know what I'm you're like, saying. is that a birthmark like a weird like you I know white know. mark on his forehead or is it just a shading like i am looking for clues to identify the villains here yeah yeah but it seems wonky, and you, I think that's supposed to be the mystery of it. Great-looking art, though. Yeah, I do like the art overall. You end up having Deb go visit her daughter, then finally gets there, cursing up a storm, because that's old Deb Donovan, right? And goes in, and they they don't seem to be, you know, on the best of terms, but Deb is concerned, but then starts, what do you know? What happened? What's going on? Just leave me alone, Mom, and go home. And then she says, there's nothing for you to do here. Let the detectives do their job. And she just turns around. Something's going on. At the one point when she's talking to Bruce, Bruce comes in then 
And I'm telling you, Sus Bruce, when he's in, really feels like, I, I don't know, he doesn't feel right, but... How dare you? He's a concerned citizen. I love the idea where Deb says to Bruce Wayne, oh, Wayne, what are you going? Oh, I'm going to see if your daughter's okay. All right, we'll see if you can find out some information, whatnot, the scoop, all that. But then says, I don't understand it. My daughter puts away criminals every day, and they put a bomb like... Could have just been the wrong guy this time Like you are a judge And they may target you The idea that they haven't before seemed odd But it is to push that this is out of the ordinary Which it would be I mean a bombing it, yeah. it would be But yeah saying all that you like, put hey, that out of the ordinary column Yeah, You want to help go use your charms on her And get me something I can use Now you're starting to get the idea of Is Deb that bad that she wants to scoop Or is she trying to figure out Because she doesn't want her daughter to be hurt again it's kind of a gray oh, area home, i don't know if deb donovan can help herself with with all that but bruce goes into the room bruce wayne doesn't necessarily know this carolyn she knows he knows deb donovan he presents himself as that. the same circle, yeah but though. says though and i i'm telling you i don't really think they do i think they did once bruce didn't have as much money and the idea his circles are even higher but they say they were at that one party is what she says. That's, but I'm telling you, he goes in and says, hey, I'm friends with your mom. Oh, my mom has friends. Yep, she's a tough lady. Yeah, I know. And hey, what's going on? And he's leaving the room. And when she says, you know, we almost met before. I, he looks like a guy who's now you're on the hook. Now, he seemed very weird about, oh, you don't say with the smirk on that he's trying to get some information here. And they end up, you know, talking about, hey, you were at this party. Oh, I won't see you there anymore. Yeah, I'm poor. But maybe you'd like to have a poor man's lunch with me. Yeah, I would like that. It you just seemed weird. Still, you piece of it shit. It just seemed really odd, this whole deal of Bruce showing up. Just felt like it wouldn't. There's no reason he's trying now to that get I'm this broke. info. Calling yourself broke. How dare you, Bruce <laughs> Wayne? You're killing <laughs> so me over funny. here. It's so funny. But yeah, he just didn't seem right. He seemed very odd to go in go there but robin noodle show me how broke yeah, you are really, yeah with that and uh but he's on the case he ends up having that device and the big thing again the riddle of this was when is a criminal not a criminal he then Good starts job. looking through this and it seems to be a criminal's not a criminal when they commit a crime that they didn't mean to do themselves that yeah, that's but what they I did get. they go that's the thing is too because we have batman do detective work he looks at the uh surveillance photos he sees somebody in here who's wearing a uh a uniform that does not city ordinance. It's close to it, but there's three places you can get uniforms like this, and only one place rented one that was extra small to a one Sarah pet, where Batman immediately goes, and she's just like, look, I did it, Batman. I don't need you roughing me up, trying to quit. I did it. Please go and lock me up now, please. And I'm like, okay, everybody here, when they get done their crime and they are confronted by it, like by a Batman or anybody else, they're just willing to go. I did this. Let's let's move along and arrest me. Yeah, and it, the weird thing about it is, is the idea is it, and it almost feels like if we didn't have the Riddler involved, and Batman would go. You might think that somebody is being held, like her little sister's being held. It felt like that. Listen, I can't because he says, "Why'd you do it?" I can't say. I can't say why. And the thing that that, that phrasing I didn't love because it says you can't say because you you don't want to hurt somebody or you're not allowed. Or you can't say because you don't remember or whatnot. It just kind of pushes aside there. I can't say, okay, let's take you down. Batman asked later, this guy, has she said anything? No, she didn't even ask for a lawyer, just sitting in jail. And this was an online influencer, a little Instagram stuff or the TikToks or whatever. And so that word gets out. This person who's never done anything wrong. 
seems to have planted the bomb. Why did they do that? Why not? And I also, bet she's asked to have, for a lot of free shit as an influencer. Did she do something wrong, Jim? I think she might. Maybe have. that's moral stuff. But you end up. She also had an accomplice there with her, and that one. You know the frame of the surveillance So they even you know were you there Hey I'm not going to say anything whatnot And then you end up where You know there's the next day And hipster Riddler radio goes on again Where he's like oh man what's going on He seems again this seems to be that That play of I'm going to show you Gotham how it really is You've been wanting the truth all along I'm going to use my riddles to expose all this stuff of Gotham. We got to do something though As Batman because when his next show goes on He's all like Hey, riddle me this, Batman, if you're listening out there. What is the call that can only be heard after the fat lady sings? And I, heard, I realized right away it was curtain call. Yeah, I, don't know I mean, how this Batman is not clever, right? The theater was, but as soon as he goes to a theater and realizes from the Riddler's, you know, clues that he's living because he's fucking Riddler, and there's a man who's dead here, the idea is, yes, somebody murdered this man, we have to get to the bottom of this, but while the police are out there doing their job, I'm going to go punch Riddler in his fucking face. Yeah, oh, I'm right now. The minute they get to the says, bottom of this, Batman. Is it where they're doing this and... They don't think that the, you know, the fat lady sings deal is that prevalent anymore, that this is supposed to be something that nobody can figure out or whatnot. Maybe it's that Riddler's right on the nose so that, you know, it just didn't seem that. Turns out Batman was a theater kid like me growing up. Yeah, I mean, me and you were actually talking about this term the other day and wondering if you're allowed to use it anymore. But you end up where Batman then just goes and finds out a guy ended up during the end of a show. He got killed. It was when the fat lady sings. It's the curtain call. Not very clever, but this guy's dead. And then all of a sudden, oh, no, we have another attack at the bank. This is where Batman asks the the guy and says, did that girl talk? No, she doesn't talk. She didn't ask for a lawyer. She refused a lawyer. But it's funny. Hey, did Sarah Pet talk? Nope. Refused a lawyer. Even that kind of seems a little different. But you end up where the, the bank is gassed. And the, the funny thing about and I'm this, looking at this is, dude who's running out of the bank after Batman saves everybody, and I'm like, is this the same guy? Yeah, I don't know. Dude? But it doesn't matter because when Batman confronts him, he pulls a gun out and blows his brains out. Yeah. And so, again, that's the when is a murderer not a murderer? Is it my when man, you commit suicide? John Harper. And I'm so sorry. Yeah. yeah. Like, is that the, the riddle? When a murder is not a murder, it's when you kill yourself. You're now, you commit suicide. I don't know. And, and the, the idea, things just, but. Is that a riddle? It's weird. And so at this Wild. point. never write the riddle. Yeah, at this point, you have to go and punch the Riddler in the face. At least know what's going on. At least get Oracle on the case of trying to track the, you know, the radio waves, see if there's something different, what frequency, all the things that Batman would do when it is something like that. that because now it really feels like, okay, Riddler's saying the shit. Once he says the curtain call riddle and you go to a show and a guy was killed during the curtain. It, it, get the Riddler right now Game Punch on. him in the face You better just Riddle me this Here's my knuckles Boom I'm not a good Riddler <laughs> That's my riddle How are you going to Activate your dental plan Boom And get so him with Because four it's people weird people involved So far in this issue With three deaths The Trinity As the Riddler is calling This yeah, on the And then waves. that gets Thrown on there Yeah weird We have a whole idea Going forward here That our Honorable Judge Carolyn Donovan Is somehow connected Behind all of this Because as Riddler was talking The thing about devils is they disguise themselves before our very eyes, throw to hell all of those good intentions. And we see from the hospital room that uh, Judge Donovan is in, she's on the phone like, what? Chase? Don't call ever again. Speak to me at the next meeting. I did what you asked. I won't. You promised me no one would get hurt. And listen here, I'm like, all right, look, you might have a good Riddler story, but I have no idea what's going on right now or why Batman's not punching Riddler in the face. Batman is not punching Riddler in the face. 
He doesn't seem to be th- the biggest clue is radio. He, he Riddler has a radio show, and then sh- that starts with an R. Must be the Riddler. You have to go and see if this whole thing I is doing mind it. control. Then Enrico Tamaki does end up making Batman not really the greatest detective. We talked about this a while uh, now as since she joined he this. Got to club. the bottom of Sarah Pet pretty quick and well. Well, he did. But it, that also seemed to not really be like hey, the oracles and like they they do end up getting that. But it does look like the hint here is Chase Meridian's the one who called. You see on the phone Chase. She says what Chase and there's an M E. If Chase Meridian's not on the up and up now, Batman is again messed up because me and you were even talking about the idea that she now runs Arkham Tower. And I said, that's kind of odd. That you know, Oh, no, no. Batman said she's on the up and up. Which is We're weird, too, because I didn't even look at the idea of what was on the phone there because I thought it was actually covered with the name Chase. I thought that was a way to throw things off because, like, he expected to be a name, but it's something else. But Chase Meridian, you can see, is pretty much who would be on the phone call on the other end of uh, Judge Donovan's line. But then when you have Judge, I mean, when you have Chase Meridian later on in the backup with Gotham Girl, she seems to be Gotham Girl's freaking, you know, doctor as well. And it's just like everything leads back to Chase Meridian. But how, why, and again, another why. Yeah, I mean, is this going to show that all along, even though we had the tower that ended up being the crazy thing, we always blame Nakano, all that. Is she or is she the one who all along was pulling the strings to get in a position to mess with people or whatnot? And why would you have the idea that it is, if it is Chase Moretti, I mean, it's really, it might not be, but they're really kind of making you think it is. What is the what is the mo? What turns the play out here? Ghostface just cloned her phone like he always does in every scream movie. And he's like, "What's your scary favorite scary movie?" Judge Donovan. Yeah, it's funny too. Don't call me ever. But why do you have her name in your deal? If if you're that concerned with that, you know, at least take her name out of your actual contact. What this meeting is if they have like a group meeting or something like that along the lines. Gotham Girl going to show up and sit down next to Judge well, that's Donovan the weird and stuff thing, like that. Where you said the meeting, it almost feels like you would be like, "Oh my God, was she?" You know, here, is this actually Deb Donovan's daughter? Is this, I mean, a clay face? Like, the idea of... Or do we go of, back to a weird situation where Psycho Pirate was the catalyst for keeping all of the Arkham, like, you know, in, uh, patients, like, calm throughout the Arkham Tower and stuff like that. And then at the end of that, we saw that Nana Nakano's wife put on that whole thing. We have no idea how she's doing or where the mask went. Do we? Like, the, we didn't see that Batman got a hold of it. Is it just so, like, maybe that Chase picked it up and says... Hey, well, he helped works, Psycho let's, let's Pirate. Experiment. He ended up helping Psycho Pirate and saying that I know where you can go. I think that he would have, in the meantime, said, "Hey, if he if he doesn't have the mask, where's the mask, bitch?" And and if it isn't in his possession, he's going to go get hey, it. Roger. Now, with that, again, what I'm saying is that is Carolyn Donovan here the judge? Is she somebody who is being treated by chasing the meeting? Is a support meeting? But is that something that might be like not really great for a judge? I don't know. And and would this be common knowledge, or is this meeting where it seems a secret? It seems nefarious, though. The idea of a meeting, like the meeting of like a secret society that is, you know, drinking baby blood or something. But she says, "I did everything you wanted." That doesn't feel like that. Feels like it's connected to bombs, getting people, uh, you know, leading people this way. It's very odd. Well, the thing is, I'm okay with I did what you asked because, like, hey, as a little bit of therapy homework this week, Judge Donovan, I want you to like you know do affirmations to yourself. But then when you get to the next line, you promised me no one would get hurt. I'm like, well, that's a problem. But also, like, don't call me ever seems like a odd, odd idea that if everybody. that's your therapist though. Don't call me ever. And she's like, I didn't. I called you, Carolyn. 
I'd never Ooh. call you ever, Shirley. Yeah, that I don't know. But uh, with that though, it it see the thing is, it seems intriguing only because I want to know what the hell's going on. But it it just feels like Batman is missing some major clues and some major punching Riddler in the FaceTime that we could maybe solve this a little quicker. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It's setting up a lot of a lot of mystery. But then we go into this backup and it's a gotham girl interrupted backup it's Cinegrace writing david lapham on art trisha mulville on colors and rob lay on letters and we haven't had gotham girl in a while the reveal that she was in the arkham tower it just feels a little bit weird not knowing when and how and what if she was there during the whole cycle pirate thing it would have been nice to see her and would have been a cool thing for batman to really make sure that she's okay maybe even get her you know, kind of in the fold a little because they do have he to. He's out of town. It's a weird deal. He came in at the end. You end up where, if you're going to use Gotham Girl, not a lot of people like she hasn't been around for a while. And even when she came back at the end of Tom King's run, which is a while from now, she came back as part of Bane's plan. But then Batman was able to help her. If you're not aware, her powers were something that were killing her, burning them up until they side. They ended up where that was solved to maybe let her continue here. But I don't know that this, this is, is the, the best way of having a ever because on top of having somebody who was manipulated, had their mind broken by psycho pirate. And then continued on with this this problem, this mental problem that she has after Hank was killed and stuff like that, suffering through the grief of her brother dying, her parents dying, and everything else that has been forced upon her. Telling her at the end of all of this, you know what, kid, I know your powers are killing you and that sucks, but here, have this platinum kryptonite that will give you godlike powers with no ramifications for the rest of your life. I'm like, that's a bad move, Batman, because every time you've... Every time you've gone up against this girl, I've already just seen this girl, she's been against you. Stop this. Don't give her Superman powers. Is this the girl? Because Batman is not paying attention, just like the boy, because this is a mega level deal. She ended up taking she down Captain, Captain, Captain Adam. Adam. Yeah, she took down Captain Adam. This is but crazy. Was that the Infinite Frontier doppelganger Captain Adam from <laughs> another know. universe? Or I don't what? know, Eric. That was the city of Bane, uh, sure Captain was. Adam. But even with that, you end up having this setup, and Cinegrace is trying to, you know, bring her back into the fold here and using that mental health deal to kind of use that to angle it in. I actually would have thought that it would have been better served at the beginning, at least, to give a little bit of a background. This is a character, especially her background with Hank, her brother. That's really far removed. I mean, we're talking 2016. And I wish that she had just a little, hey, they call me Gotham girl. I end up having my brother who I watched die in front of me. My parents have been killed. I had this just give you a little sense of what her problems are. We went Not to just, Africa, had this genetically engineered superpowers given to us so we could then, but the problem was, there was a trade-off that was killing me and my brother Hank who then died because of going insane with the power. I'm like, there's a lot of backstory here that like, you know, leads to her problems in like to the now to the today. yeah and so when you have a story that does seem to have Cinegrace dealing a lot with this mental health issues that she has i would have liked to have had the setup of what those what led to those what those were so that people know because you, you don't know that you go into this and we had people asking us even in the slack chat like what's her deal like what's what's the thing because you just think that she's just wacko and there is really really a lot of trauma behind that but this going with the idea that there's a gossip well, now she's deal out online. of Arkham Tower. She's trying to do well. She's trying to reacclimate herself to the world by joining a theater group because we've got to be all about the theater this 
this issue of Detective Gotham for some reason, but she's not, she's having a hard time as Claire Clover. Better as a Gotham girl when she's out there. This, and the thing is, she's not really doing much except for trying, like you were saying, get to the bottom who's using the Gotham girl name for a gossip blog. That's what Gotham girl, who has the powers of Superman, is trying to get to the bottom of while she's squatting in the abandoned Wayne Manor talking to a gargoyle. Yeah, and <laughs> so with that, the thing with the gossip column thing online, this page or whatever, it feels, to me, it feels so much like when any time you have, oh my god, we have another oracle out there that'll have a page and go with that and stuff like that. So it doesn't feel fresh. It felt kind of silly that that's what you're going, but she's out and about as Gotham Girl, but ends up even mentioning, ah, oh, you know, the Bat family, they're not paying attention to me. Batman doesn't care, whatever. I think Batman would know that she's out and about as Gotham Girl. Maybe yeah. want to come and check Especially out. It's another, it's another deal of having that Oh my and god, Arkham Batman Tower. isn't paying attention. And yeah, it was in Arkham. So he should know this. If you go with the Arkham Tower storyline that we just got out of, the idea that Roger Hayden, the Psycho Pirate, was there controlling everybody with their past with Psycho Pirate and Claire here, that's even more trauma that Psycho Pirate has put upon yeah, this that, girl that we're not deal talking with that. about at like, all. Show us the trauma, not just the after effects, because the after effects aren't hitting as well when she's in the rundown you know, Wayne Manor talking to a gargoyle. She should be talking still to her non, you know, living Hank. brother and Hank. And But it seems like they don't want to get you involved with that, but they want to have, you know, the benefit. So this feels it's like weird. a weird Burnside Gotham girl feel to how they're treating Claire right now. And like they want to do the underlining mental health issue, except for uh, instead of actually talking about the character and how it relates with what she's gone on in the past. Because even like, here's the Gotham girl. Her hair's still short. She's got a new mask. For some reason, she has safety pins this year rings gotham girl and like gotham girl and then one of the people that she knows from group who's in the theater class that she's in as well she goes because he thinks maybe this person is the person who behind the gotham girl situation and when she goes to confront the person he's dead at the you know painting the backgrounds of the play that everybody's gonna be involved in. it's like what's going yeah, on it looks gotham like he girl? killed himself and who killed this person like is it, is it suicide is it not he has a gun and and for some so reason weird. it all leads back to dr chase meridian who was both these people's doctors yeah again so is this another deal of chase meridian batman not doing but batman not checking in on her is really bad and even then when you go this kid that's in the theater group with her yes gotham girl's gotham girl and yeah end up in for some reason, again, this is the, you know, you have a choice. Hey, I want you to do a Gotham Girl backup. You have a choice of saying, okay, let's show that she's gotten some help and now she's okay and let's go or let's deal with the trauma and the that we've always had. I mean, this isn't the first time we did, we've had this and it felt like the, the wrong path to go in my mind, but he's doing that. But she makes sense at Arkham Tower. This kid who we know nothing about, I don't know why he's in Arkham. Even if it is Arkham Tower, it doesn't seem like a criminal type deal. He just has. Well, some he problems. was in the basement. He was in one of the higher well, power parts. I'm telling parts. you, but even that <laughs> seemed to just ones. barely got set up without a time frame. With that, at one point it was just let's get everybody from Arkham, you know, Arkham Asylum, put him in Arkham Tower, and eventually we'll reveal and have more people there. But he, I don't get what's going on. You tell me how you thought. Did you think that Gotham Girl? Are you showing that Gotham Girl is so unhinged? That she sees everybody as an attack? Or is this kid supposed to be looked at as a, like, sus guy? Because he doesn't seem no, like no. a bad she, guy she to me. Just, she is just so anxiety-ridden that she can't deal with people being around her and stuff like that. And actually coming and talking to her, even though she wants to get back to society and be a person who can have friends and do things. But it's not working for her. It's a weird deal, though, because she says, I'm going to go and talk to some people, find out some stuff, whatever. 
this kid comes by. I, I know myself the, all the time. I know the uncomfortable thing though of like, oh man, I don't want anybody to find out that I was an Arkham. And she says she doesn't want to go back because they'll realize she's crazy. But the idea that this kid's like, hey, listen, you know, are you okay? It's the struggle or whatever. And she's mad. Like, don't you ask me for a date? And hey, if this guy gets, I'm gonna. Bu-. The the fine. That's fine. But when she goes back. And says, oh, I know what you're into. You're a stalker and you're awful. And then you do see this kid there with the website up. I think we're supposed to believe that he was a bit over the top and trying to get a little too in and stuff. But I never saw that when she goes and finds out that he looks like he killed well, himself. Know what's going on. It looks like this could all be a setup as well. All left to look like he like it was the person behind the Gotham Girl website and was suicidal. Okay, with that, if that's the case, what we're setting up is a story that there is somebody with a gossip site that actually revealed that this one guy ends up having an illegitimate kid and mm-hmm. put it on the website that wasn't really that, that big a problem. And so Gotham with girl. that now, you have somebody who's so into this that because of that, you're setting up what looks like it's way too much for what this is. Gotham Girl and this thing should be just, who cares? I mean, this gossip site. Also, I don't know that it almost feels like there's supposed to be like a connection of this Gotham Girl site that were like, oh man, that makes sense. That people would blip. It's just a weird play. The whole overall deal, and I just, it, it just didn't feel like you needed this to bring back Gotham Girl in this way, no, just to tie it in. I think that it might just be to tie into again, sus Chase Meridian to show that she's not on the up and up. It's, it's very odd. Uh, but what would you give this overall? The thing is, I'm not a fan of the Gotham Girl backup, and I wasn't a huge fan of the art of it either. Bringing this character back is problematic for me because it's just. I'm saying everything that we've done with Gotham Girl past issue six of uh, Tom King's Batman run has yeah. been problematic and yeah, everyone has been like shown to bring her back here, especially after you just say, here, have some Superman powers for the rest of your life with no ramification. Like, that's the stupidest thing you've ever done, Batman. I've seen you do some stupid shit. I don't like seeing the character here again because it, it brings up way too much, pro- like, you know, things I want to forget about the last Batman who like runs for the last, you know, six years and stuff like that. But the main. Detective comic story, it's not bad. I just want to know more about it because maybe it did its job then because while I have no idea what's actually going on beyond Riddle or Radio and people just doing bad shit for the sake of doing bad shit and then turning themselves in, I don't know what's going on, but I want to know more. And the art's great there. So because of these things, I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. Yeah, I ended up, I'm going to go a little higher uh, once we talked about it and going through it. I am a bit intrigued, but is it I'm intrigued because it's a crazy mystery that I'm like, I'm, you know, oh my we'll God. Uh, or is it that I'm intrigued because I don't understand like, oh crap, what's going on? I need to see if this thing? makes sense. No, there's one is you're like, oh my God, these clues are adding up and it looks like there's a cool mystery. Or there's like, this doesn't make sense why Batman isn't going and punching the Riddler in the face, as he said. So I have to see what that would be. He doesn't have all the money in the world anymore. He can't be tracing radio signals left and right. Oracle couldn't go do that. But yeah, maybe borrow some from Nightwing, right? That's true. That'd be funny as he doesn't. But he's got a neat little phone. I mean, maybe he should, you know, get that money and use it for groceries or something. But with that, it goes with the idea you have have accused me of having it out. For Mariko Tamaki and it's not that it's just that she has never proven to me that she could set up a mystery that actually ends in a satisfying way so I am worried about it 
and just the clues themselves where it's just hipster riddle, riddle me this what's the last thing oh curtain call oh a guy's dead i actually like that riddle because i felt smart even though it wasn't a great riddle well, just because i, I said that i mentioned this is uh, when we go later about swamping about who issues that make call? you smart yeah and that, that's the thing when i figure out a riddle holy moly you know that but again <laughs> is are we gonna find out that maybe like these are the things that i am thinking i don't think it is or whatever but maybe the riddler himself is being manipulated somehow somebody's forcing him to wear those fingerless gloves against his will exactly and those hipster <laughs> shades why i say that though is that curtain call riddle is so basic bitch riddle it doesn't seem like it's i love this so the idea of like, I mean, he might as well so say, smart. riddle me this, Batman, get to the opera house because shit's gone wrong. Batman's like, oh, my God, I, I better go. Really lazy to yeah, So with all of that, uh, I'm going to give it a five and I'm going up for that. But I'm just going to give it a, a five, not a, not an FU five, just a regular five. We'll see how it goes. That Gotham Girl deal, like you said. Hopefully it's good. It's just it's, I don't like it just to be like, I don't like the character and the situation throws me off right away. And and to bring her back for this, I would like it to, to have be a gossip this, website be the fucking catalyst. I'm like, oh, it's just silly and you just nothing. Had the teenage girl the shit out of this, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I want out of Gotham because I like Gotham Girl. Oh now, man, somebody wrote something bad about me in Tiger Beat. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious, that person didn't sign my my yearbook. Oh my goodness. Uh, but yeah, so with that, and I think that that Gotham Girl website clickbait through and through, but oh totally. Bringing back Gotham Girl, I'd like to see more Gotham Girl, but coming out of the City of Bane, what Batman, do you have a lot of hurdles to go? And maybe with this, this should have been more of a show that she can come back to the fold and show. This just seems like, hey, what other character do we have that has some trauma? All right, trauma, drama, let's go. Yeah, but again, when you have this where she's about to, you know, heat vision somebody's face off because they say, hey, you should go to a meeting. I don't think she's going to be good on the Titans. You better have it. Maybe by the end she gets the help she needs. But again, that's Batman not making sure of that. It's the boy all over again. Uh, But yeah, we'll go off from here and go to a book that we have really been enjoying and actually pushing a lot of people to read because it's one of the best out there. Eric, what is Action Comics number 1042 written by Phil Kennedy Johnson with the Martian Manhunter backup by Sean Aldridge and R.F. Ricardo Federici, Lee Lowridge, Dave Sharp, Adriana Mello and Hi-Fi on the back up there. So we're continuing our Gladiator Superman thing. And while that story in my mind is getting a little, I don't want to say generic, maybe a little passe, just because it is Superman without his powers for the most part, trying to inspire hope on an alien world while freeing refugees and slaves from a tyrant we know as Mongol. It's just, it's every issue of that. And while that is the weak point of it, it still looks great. You're still doing Superman things. The cool part to me here is that we actually go back to Earth with Lois Lane and John Kent because while Superman and the Authority have gone to War World, we still had stories going on here with the Ferozian refugee, Thal La, who's been in a coma ever since Mongol's forces came and attacked the Fortress of Solitude. And with that whole situation, one of the things I've wanted to know, like, what is this Genesis piece? Like, the things that have come around that are in the stepfather boxes, propelling different things that through the War World, but there are pieces of the source. And I want to know what that means, because it seems that Thal La, while she's in her Bakutan coma here, She's going through withdrawal because she is used to being around this Genesis source piece. And now that she is without it, she is going through like she's having problems. So now we have to figure out what this is and maybe get her a little bit of this Genesis methadone to make sure she can get out of this coma all right. Yeah. And and I like I'm right with you. The idea that you're going to reiterate the idea that Superman 
even without powers, even on Warworld, he is so inspiring that everybody's going to go with him and I'm whatnot. For it, but we're at part seven, and I'm like, okay, I, I've seen this for a bunch of parts now. And it's weird, too, because as we go with this, and I've talked about Frederici's art before, that, and, it, and he kind of dials it back a bit to have it a little more, you know, non-static. You still get the gladiator look, oh, and yeah. it looks great. I mean, it does look great. But even that, it's a weird play for me. When I go, that makes it seem like we've seen it before. The wow factor of these gladiatorial attacks and fights and things like that, they still look great. But when you're still just dealing with... Now, we say that you also have a bit more OMAC and you do get a mention of Manchester Black, which is cool having that at least mentioned. But you are still going with that fact of, hey, everybody, Superman inspires, which is the major thing. And the twist here is now he's trying to inspire one of his authority teammates, Omak, who has switched sides for Mongol because of the promise of they can bring back Light Ray, and she's all for that, or they're all for that, and she is willing to, or they're willing to fight Superman and take down all of this hope in order to do that, which makes sense for the character, which is a weird thing to say because that's all we know about the characters. Besides the idea of Omak, and stuff like that. I'm guessing this is the tangent OMAC from something I read at one point, along with Light Ray being the tangent Flash of the tangent Earth. Which would make but sense, I then, don't right? know anything about them as character. Like, Light Ray I know more about because it's been, like, but this new OMAC, I want to know Ray more about. There. And all I know is that, you know, Light Ray is. All I know about this OMAC is that they love Light Ray. Yeah, and with that, at least we're getting something. Like, you end up like, like that guy, it's weird. Hey, you know what? Omac likes Light Ray. You know, we'll do anything. And here just reiterates that. But I do like to see. Like, I want to know Omac's power source. Yeah, because I do it's too. Like, is it derived from a brother eye of their or tangent Earth? Because how are you getting that power if it is? Like, I'm, for some reason, I want to nerd out on this character, but I don't have enough information. Yeah, and it's a weird deal. Like, are they going to try to make it that at this point, because the brother eye tech or whatever, that now they're able to feed off the Genesis fragments? They end up having chattel. Like, I don't know. I want to see. But with that, with. With Omek going against Superman and talking to Superman about it and basically saying, you know, I'm not really down with fighting you really, but I'm doing anything I can to bring Light Ray. And he says, they're lying to you. They're not going to give you that. That's a little bit of character work. And I actually did like it. I like that, but I really, well, I really. It was a stepfather box. Really, it's an orphan box. For some reason, I got that mixed up in my mind. I really, really like the stuff with Lois. And it's a shame. Because I think that you could have spent more time with Lois going through a little investigative thing to lead to Steel. Lois goes to Steel, where she goes to see John Henry Irons, who is one of my favorite Superman characters as Steel. Right now, Natasha Irons, his niece, has taken on the Steel mantle for a while now, and she is a part of the Superman's authority. I just want to see more John Henry Irons. And like, yes, we only get him as a scientist role who's studying the Genesis piece. I'm like, this could lead to more John Henry Irons. And really... That's what I want. I really could have gotten a lot more of Lois. Give me the Man of Steel. And then showing Steel, having that John's there as well, where they're I trying to figure Steel this out. I want Steel to show up because we have Nightwing as a pseudo-mentor to John in the Superman Son of Kal-El book. I want Steel to be there as well as a pseudo-mentor to him as well. I want there to be this weird Superman family for John as well as his father. So that's going on. You, you start to think like when Steel's involved too, it's like she and Lois says, I know Natasha's out, you must be worried about like that they're not trying to do anything about it. He is looking at this Genesis fragment. He's trying to figure this out. But I want them to be like, you know, should we try to get the war world to do that? Maybe they can't, but whatever. But I, I just wanted more of that, not just the reiteration of Superman inspiring people. We know that. When you go to Lois trying to figure out things and goes to John Henry, we're almost at the end of the story 
when they get there, I'm like, oh, man, you should have dealt with a lot more of this. And I hope that's what next issue has more of. And even have, you know, some more connections with some of the other characters that are gone and what's going on. And like, what's up with Enchantress? Yeah, yeah, and stuff. So, and it, again, Manchester Black is mentioned, but more mentioned. of a trash talk. And even the egg. idea of this character teacher, one of the lieutenants of Mongo, kind of using his powers to his own will and stuff like that and stuff. I'm like, well, that's interesting. Show me, though. Yeah. And then when you end up having Midnighters say, oh, you can talk all you want, but I can see Manchester Black's beat down all over your face. That's <laughs> a great line. I want to know what that means. Does that mean that teacher ended up getting the crap t- and now they killed him? Is he in a debt? I want to see him. I want to see what's going on because just mentioning it at least was cool enough for me just now. The idea that you idea. have this character. I'm like, I want to know the technology involved. Is it all from an orphan box with a Genesis piece and stuff like that where you can take a Manchester Black who can put something in your mind? But with Teacher using the power of Manchester Black, you can make something solid now. I'm like, you'll have a hard light construct essentially. I'm like, show me that. It's too, like Simon and his chalk cool drawings. Eric and chalk drawings. <laughs> They're coming to life. And that is pretty cool. And then again, is this something where. You have to desperately try to find Manchester Black and might be hooked up to a machine and they're using that and siphoning that ability and going with that. That's pretty cool. And you're just mentioning it, but you're really going over the top again of inspiring, inspiring, inspiration, inspiration. Well, they do have a plan, though. We got to get those boxes. Don't get me one of them orphan boxes. We can boom tube anywhere with one of them. We can open a doorway and we can take over War World. And the thing is, we have this and it is radiating that Genesis, you know, blue energy. That we saw previously, we saw in uh, two issues ago, I think it was, yeah, two issues ago, where Superman found some writing with Genesis kind of thing and like, you know, ran his hands over and it looked like it powered him up a little bit there. And now that he has an orphan box and stuff like that, he is more powered up. He could actually, you know, go toe to toe with Mongol for a little bit in this issue. He was trying to like, you know, snuff out Superman's hope and his light as he usually likes to do. He's getting like, you're not amusing me anymore, Kryptonian, but. When we do get a hold of the orphan box and Superman and the rest of his crew take off there, pissing Mongo off severely, we do have a echo throughout the Genesis fragments where Lois does hear Superman. But um, the one thing that I really want to say, like Thal Ra, who was going through the withdrawals of not having it now, I'm like, is this going to happen to Superman now? Is he going to go through withdrawals because he needs us here to be powerful enough to stand up against Mongo and be a Superman, a man of steel, a man of tomorrow? But is he going to get hooked on it like Batman did with the Venom with the when Venom. Venom was first introduced so he could, you know, be all he could be in Gotham? That'd be cool. And and that is something that you could deal with. Now, with that... Yeah, my score's gone up. It, it's funny, <laughs> like though. Mine, mine is, mine's pretty high. With, with that, though, it is funny. And I mentioned to you, if you hadn't listened to our Justice League 75 deal for the Thank God, it's probably a little, little commercial there. But the idea of Superman in that, or he's, you know, flying around War World, that, that you can't really... Do uh, is it going to be that Philip Kenny Johnson has to kind of delay things to make it work so you can go all those issues, all those issues, and even then it's still good. But that idea with the cool Genesis dragon, and maybe it would end up being like the A chair because he's going to be chasing the dragon. Oh, it with that lie, give me that right Genesis away. methadone. You said that. The minute that that happened, oh, my God, she knew. I'm like, ooh, she's a drug addict with that Genesis. Oh, my God, she's on the G. Uh, but Doing that where Lois goes, and here you have Superman inspiring everybody. And I like that Philip Kenny Johnson, in a lot of these books, we just I just talked about Gotham Girl. Why can't we have it be something that 
makes the character better, elevates her so that we're like, oh, man, I really love this character and she can continue. Where you have Lois, where, okay, she doesn't have that much to do in this story. She's just back. She's making sure John's okay. They're looking at foul love. Genesis but stuff. she is putting things aside. Like, she is so unselfish here to look for this Genesis piece. Right, look, she goes to You're saying this, but steal. in the background of all of this, she's also writing a book, a new Lois Lane book about Krypton and, and the Felosians. So, while she is getting to the bottom of a mystery that we will need to know for her husband and her lover, she's also getting information about the book well, she's she writing. Is. Now, with that, you could save that. It, like a Deb Donovan. She's like Deb Donovan, Donovan over here. I, I, yeah. so, <laughs> but with that, that doesn't mean that she has to go around and try to find something to make Thala feel better or get you know better she it's not like oh my god i'm at a dead end i need her to wake up the interview or whatnot i also think in my mind why i like this issue and i'm telling you the lowest stuff in the the steel when john henry irons came me and you both love you more than me but it was so cool because we I don't get so enough much. of them but when lois goes i think the other part I was so is naive as a kid though just the idea when death of superman came out it blew me away when you continued on with the superman series and you had the introduction of Steel and the idea before I understood what the reign of Superman was going to be. That was the first issue I got. And I saw Steel there with the whole, like, you know, the Steel suit and stuff like that. The Superman cape and big hammer. And in my mind as a kid, I'm like, okay, this is my Superman now. Because I thought, he's look, I'm stupid. I thought Superman was going to stay dead for whatever reason. And this was Superman now. And I'm like, he's a badass. It's funny because just the other day you said to me that you had to come up. I got to come up with a new Justice League because they're going to be dead forever. I'm like, eh, settle down, young Eric. You didn't say that. But <laughs> I was on Twitter last night talking about the idea. But the Justice League gone now and the new generation of Justice Leaguers taking over for them. What would their earthly counterpart be like? Oh my! Did anybody, you know, respond or were they yeah, yelling at you? Last oh, night. That's cool. So yeah. when Lois goes off, she even tells John. And what I like about this, this other layers of the gem of Lois Lane, is she doesn't want Thala to end up dying or have anything because John does blame himself for what the position is, and he says, "I didn't know," and I did this. So I think that yeah, that's he did as what well. He to, she, Lois wants to make sure that that's not something that would end up messing him up later as well. So she goes, but once you have that little you know deal you have you know genesis radio here through the g it's it's a competing radio station with riddle yes, radio riddle, they're doing that and you end up where they hear what he said from war world that's a cool little deal and it makes sense i, I mean it makes sense in comic booky science Son, you tell me how things make sense i'm saying the fragment connections you, you play that i ain't telling you the science that's some weird science but if you yeah, it is. oh my goodness you did it eric but yeah, at the end of that, when they hear that, that's a cool way to end that story. I just Especially wish that we say, would have more of them. I don't know, but I think something big is happening. I'm like, you're damn right, because we're continuing on. It looks like Superman finally has the upper hand in the revolution on War World. Yeah, and I like that Steel's looking in. He's a smart guy, but he also has that connection. You know, Natasha's off there, too, and, and Lois says. They're, we got family. You know, their away. family's off at war, and they're there World. and don't know anything <laughs> about it. Yes, <laughs> in parentheses. And so they're commiserating together and trying to figure out what they can do to help. Uh, I did like it. And then we go off to the Martian Manhunter story, which I was I was sad that it ended. I, I wanted it's, to this keep is going. This sweet because the thing is, it's been a strong back of a great Martian Manhunter story that is actually going to like, you know, do has been doing a great thing in showing the past of Martian Manhunter and how the fact that he's never really felt at home on Earth with all the persona, uh, personas that he's been throughout the years here, and the idea that he's finally being able to put his past behind him and move on as himself. 
That's great. But there's so many unanswered kind of things, though, with the idea of bringing in all Martian Manhunters, like old foes and stuff like that, and even reintroducing Vulture, and previously saying there's a weird connection between Vulture and Court of Asla, we leave a lot on the table. Of, like, while it's uh, like a good ending for Martian Manhunter, it just ended too soon for me to be really happy with what we got out of this, because I'm like, I want to know more about what we started dealing with here. And I was just, I, I just wanted more. I mean, we have really enjoyed it. We thought it was very well done. It was tying in past continuities, all these things going there. Even then, I know that you didn't love when the Court of the Owls came up and things like I that. I want to know more about it, though, in what context and stuff like that. Because the problem that I had with that in the previous issue, I think it was, where Martian Manor said like years ago he was trying to find the connection of Court of the Owls and uh, Vulture, the criminal syndicate. I didn't like it just because, in my mind, the way comic book time works and all that nerdy-ass bullshit is that Bruce Wayne didn't know about it until a couple years ago, as far as I'm concerned. So the idea that Martian Manhunter was up on the court of ballast but kept his mouth shut, I'm like, I don't like that. And, and so we ended up finding out at points that this was at one point going to be a series, miniseries, all these things, and then unfortunately some people got fired and the promises didn't come through and whatnot. And it just seems like now this was ending when it would have been something more as we go, and like you said, it, it ends up being a very good backup, a six-issue deal, so it'll fit a trade in. But what we're going from here is they're just going to have the, you know, hey, the origins of, it's the myth of Mongol is what the backup is going to be from here on out, it seems, until December. Oh, yeah, we'll that, see what thing happens. Is, Phil then. Kenny Johnson talking about the idea of expanding upon what Bendis started with making Mongol a straight-up war zoom, which we originally had problems with. But Phil Kenny Johnson has assured us with what he's been doing so far that while that is something new that I didn't care that Bendis did, he is trying to make there be a backstory that allows all of it to make sense. And I'm like, well, if you are willing to do that, I am down for that. But I did like this Martian Manhunter. I wanted more of this Martian Manhunter deal. And I think that what we just said about the regular action comics, which you haven't said, your score is going up. We like this issue. But the idea of maybe dial back. We, we know that Superman's inspiring people. If you're just going to have him fight, whatever, there's a bunch of pages that you might be able to tell the you know, myth of Mongol in that and continue this Martian Manhunter backup in the meantime and maybe give us more of an expansion of what was going on because it kind of just ends. You end up having Martian Manhunter kind of end up, you know, fighting back by biting, biting off his tongue, Aaron, which well, kind of is had a badass. Nor- a mental neuralizer going off to that scrambling his ability to stay in one kind of shape and stuff like that. So he has just fallen to a protoplasmic kind of goo. But going into this fight, he's put his brain into the tip of his tongue, which he bit off and then sent like away before this battle was going to take place. So later on, he could reform himself because his brain wasn't there in the first place. So then he could take out Vulture and Dr. Hugo and stuff like that, or Professor Hugo. And ultimately, we just take down our Vulture and we, when we take off the mask. And it's not like a reveal of it, because it's just some dude, it seems like, for this Vulture. And like, almost I don't recognize the, it. I don't know who this is. Yeah. Like, maybe it's this Martian would have been Manhunter bigger. And- stopping this, the cabal of criminals that were going up against him and trying to destroy him. Ultimately, him learning how to be a better human to a degree or just be himself, because he has his biggest fan, Zook, and the girl he met, or the woman he met, Gwen, at the museum in the first part of this. And they're all going to go out together. I'm like, yes, you're Martian Manhunter. You're going to put your past behind you because he even throws away Detective John Jones' badge. And now he's just going to be himself going forward. I'm like, good for you, John. Yeah, and what I liked is in certain things, if you read, and I just read, you know, recently some of some bigger issues. And you ended up getting talk from Red, uh, suggesting some things and stuff like that. So when I went, a lot of times, you know, he will do the, you know, hey, I'm done with John. But it usually is. The next phase of trying to do something else to get the deal. This felt like a nice thing of Marshman and finally saying, yeah, you know what? 
it's time for me to kind of, you know, be myself, have some fun. There's Sook. Let's go. And and I like the ending. It just felt incomplete with how much I was liking the backup and how much more you could have done and how much I was enjoying it. And it's just Agreed. like I said, the myth, of, the myth of Mongol and the world. Yeah, that's nice that we'll get to see that stuff. But then again, as you explained what that might be and what we're getting, it almost feels like a Tom King sort of thing. But this time with Bendis, where you have to then have a backup to explain why something that seemed like a mess up wasn't and then to go forward. So well, we'll have to see how that up, is. And for some reason, like, you know, Phil Kennedy Johnson, we came on and saw that Bendis put this in the book. He's like, well, that's canon now and I got to go with it. I'm like, oh, you didn't have to go with it. You could have just said it like, oh, this person misspoke and move on with Mongols' own thing like he always is. And what's funny is know. we have that with a bunch of writers where at the point after the whole deal with the future state, when all of them came back and some new books, whatever, they start up the books and things seem wonky. Some things seem weird, but we were dealing with an infinite frontier, an opening of a timeline. Maybe some everything things feel matters. wonky. Yeah, everything <laughs> matters. So. We ended up asking some people, one of them being Philip Kenny Johnson, why are you going with this whole idea of that Mongol was a war zoom? He wasn't before. And what's yeah. this thing? And he says, well, that's what Ben is. It wasn't a mistake. It's going. Jeffrey Thorne was another one who had some weird things going on in his Green Lantern book. Now, with that, it seems like when people end up leaving, then they really kind of explain the idea of, yeah, somebody told me to do that. And I didn't really know or I had to and whatnot. It feels weird. So I hope that with this myth of Mongol deal, it makes sense that it's not just a, hey, everybody, you you complained about this. Well, it's this. I want something clever to kind of reveal that. Oh, my God. You know, that's kind of cool. That makes sense. Not just a, hey, I'm just going to put it down on paper so that it's now fully, fully canon. And you go forward. So Eric, Shay, shut your mouth. Shut your pretty (laughs) mouth. He's going to say. Shut my mouth and give me a good reason to shut my mouth. Better be something. That's a little more than just saying, hey, everybody, that's what more it was, so here, huh? shut your mouth. Yeah, I, I want something <laughs> bigger. But I am, I'm, I'm kind of sad a bit that we end up not having more of this Martian Manhunter because I, it was really – it had a lot going yeah, for it. Yeah, I really it. enjoyed what Sean Aldridge brought to this. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. So with that, though, it ends. So what would you give this overall, though? I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10 for what we had going on here because as I was talking about, I realized that with the idea of inspiring hope, usually it's like, oh my god, I gotta talk to the prisoners of war, war world here, but this time around, it's a little switch on the matter where I gotta inspire hope in my own teammate, Omac. It is what it is, but even the idea where we're talking about it, I'm like, now we did turn the table, we got that orphan box, and fuck you, Mongol, and then going into the stuff of Genesis, and like, on Earth with John, Lois, and uh, and uh, Steel, I'm like, I want more of that, and the art's great throughout, because even when you have the situation where you have Federici art going on, and the style of War Worlds one way, while Earth's the other, and it's still one artist. I'm like, that's really cool. I like how they differentiate that. And even the backup, it's bittersweet. I enjoy it. Maybe I'll even go up to an 8.5 out of 10. I'm going to be 8.5. I, I'm really enjoying this action comics. And the thing is, I thought this was a bit of a down issue because of what we're getting, like the same old, same old out of this. But it is the same old, same old that I have been enjoying. And I do like the the direction we are going. So, yeah, I'm going to go to an 8.5. Yeah, I'm an 8.5 as well. And comparing it to other things, and a lot of times now we're dealing with a lot of misery, a lot of darkness. So if you are going to reiterate something, it's nice that it is the pretty much the best thing about Superman, the inspiration that he gives. So I don't mind. You have to tell a story, and, and he does. We get some things going on, stealing of the Orphan right Box, along. all that. And then telling you if it wasn't with that lois and the steel that up my score that really Might i was well. like i really like that i wish we had more of that and hopefully Genesis they really everywhere. keep going with that and we get i would like a backup with just them to tell that more 
fun hey we'll see i was a genesis addict in my youth then i became uh, a phil you? collins addict uh, you, well you were both right i i end up where there's people there who's like oh i don't like that genesis i like the the beginnings of it with Peter Gabriel. You have those pretentious people. It's like the idea of like early, early Pink Floyd is just that much worse than later Pink Floyd when they were at least having hits later, Eric. Nonsense. <laughs> Peter I Gabriel Genesis is such a artsy band. It's it's tough. It's tough to hear. But Phil Collins at one point, the Gallagher brothers of Oasis fame said that he was he was Satan. So, like little Phil Collins, yeah. what are you doing? He was in that movie Buster, I believe. But we're going to go to the last book of this section, Dark Knights of Steel, number six, written by Tom Taylor, with art by Yasmin Putri, Arif Priano, and Wes Abbott. And we end up where I thought we were going to get a little more Bruce because of the idea of the cliffhanger last issue where Bruce ends up being brought in by the Kent. Always leave him one more. Yeah, and you end up where. Bruce kind of out and about, nobody knows where he is. You have the Robins, most of them, and Alfred looking. It it actually gives you the opportunity to deal with the elves by themselves like that. But you start off with a pretty cool scene where Timothy Drake, oh, Timothy, he's where he's in the, you know, kingdom of Black Storms. Storms. I couldn't remember what it was. Thank you. He's in the kingdom of Storms, and he goes in, and you do have Constantine who's drinking it up. He's drunk. He's I upset. am mourning the loss of my king, and it's my fault. My king is dead. There's nothing I, like it's my like, and they're like, Constantine, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Shut up, boy. <laughs> I know you're with the Batman and one of his Robins, and like, I've been feeding you false information. And the whole idea that at this whole point in time, where Tim Drake is on the up and up, yes, he is a spy for the Batman of the House of Valor. He's a good. He's kid, also though. a guy who likes the Kingdom of Storms and enjoys what they're doing and doesn't want to see the kingdoms going to war. But ultimately, it's just like Constantine outs Tim Drake, and they send him packing before. You know, lightning would have fried his ass here, you know, and uh, it's such a weird situation. It's like, okay, we're going to spare your life, Tim Drake, but you're here for banish from the, the Kingdom of Storms and go back and tell your queen that war is coming. <laughs> Poor sweet Timothy Drake here. Timothy. He does have to go back. He's like, can I just talk to Batman? He's not here. Can I talk to one of the robbers? They're out looking for the Batman. You have to talk to the queen. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. Um, so, you know how I was over there at the Kingdom of Storms and everything like that? Well, Turns out they found out who it was, and they kind of said that war is coming, prepare yourselves. Bitch, I think they might have said, I don't know, but like things were not looking good for Timothy Drake, and I think this is going to be a, a black mark on his life for the rest of his life, oh, especially I'm, because we're all going to war. Yeah, I'm worried about him. Now, with that, he it, really just really enjoyed living in the Kingdom of Storms, even as a spy. The thing that made me laugh, it's almost the idea, like we talked about it, we talked about it tonight, we talked about it a lot, the idea of being undercover. Hey, man, I had to test the product. You know, this is like the little I'm kid. A lot. This is the little kid nice version of it. Oh, man, I had a buddy, and I like living there, and I do like that, but you also center on the idea. The idea that Jacob was his friend, and when you know he's outed as a spy here, and Lightning is all like, Jacob? trusted you above all else and all of this time you were against everything. Princess, I promise I never did anything to hurt your brother or your family. And like he is about to get lit up here. Oh, he's going to get Constantine killed. Constantine does come to his rescue even though he is the one who outed Timothy here. Yeah, and, and he's drunk. So he kind of reacted. The idea where Tim... And he's angry because he got angry and threw the rest of his drink. And now he has that nasty drink. I understand this anger. I like the idea where I thought throughout all this, what you do is Tom Taylor is working that idea of it's an Elseworlds, but you're going to get these characters of Timothy Drake. And he's relying on you knowing... You know, the, the basis and, and the big things about Tim Drake. He's a great detective. He really is. Sure is. Not like that Cassie Sandsmark, though. Yeah, I mean, really. Nobody's like her. You end up where 
Tim realizes that Constantine might have actually loved Jefferson. So he says that and he, he actually isn't being mean about it or saying, oh, I'm yeah. gonna, he just says, you know, are you OK? Are you fine? And that's where Constantine in anger and in his upsetness says, I know who you are. Does that and actually reveals now Constantine is the one who ends up kind of saving him then saying this kid is not bad. Also, send him back to the kingdom and, you know, get that. But even in that, Constantine does say at the points where he has the prophecy. He's the one who ended up spouting it out. He does not want to be he doesn't want to be the guy who brought that whole kingdoms going against each other. He does. He's trying to not make it happen and trying to do. And I like that. But when Tim goes back to the L's. You also end up, again, using that idea that he is a great detective. So when he says, and the big bombshell here is, there's war, it's because Salah she killed Jefferson and Jacob. And they're like, what? Like, oh, my God, this is worse than what we even thought before. And she says, I didn't do it. But Tim says, listen, I ended up talking to a lot of people. I ended up threatening some. I ended up goading some in, bribing, all these things. They all says Supergirl murdered King Pierce. Every story is the exact same. This can't be because just you like would the think. idea of little Tim, like, oh, what did they say? And he just does one of those court kind of things where he just points around, like, <laughs> you know who the person was who killed King, uh, King Pierce? I'm like, it was her. And then, like, everybody guesses that uh, Zala over there. Yeah, and there's Zala, and he says, you know, they are acting to protect their family, their people, and they believe the entire world because. She killed them. She's that's you know Zala did it. They're on the inside track, like the rest of our readers here, who you know obviously as we go forward because we we made a lot of Martian like you know conspiracy theory like hypo like you know like last last the time we talked about this we theorized a lot about Martians being here and actually undermining both the kingdoms for their own benefit later on to take over the Earth or whatever it might be or some kind of shapeshifter. I'm still going with Martian, but at the end of that, not only do have we seen though that Zala is out there murdering children and kings and shit like that. But then Clark in the previous issue went and tried to murder, you know, Bruce Wayne as well. And like he's acting all normal this issue. So like there there are some doppelgangers. There's something about. going on. And and I wanna think that Clark was a doppelganger, but Zal is just a straight up psychopath. It's like I didn't do anything, but she is a murderer. But I love the idea because you have Yasmin Poetry and the art, and everybody says the art's great. But oh, I really amazing. like where Zala that look that she has really is well done of like, what the hell are you saying? Like it really, if she is, she's insane. If it is her, it's so over the top. And <laughs> the, the weird thing about this whole play <laughs> is she ends up like, what? No, no, I didn't do that. Harley is pushing. You end up having, you know, Queen say, better watch yourself. And that's the thing here. Harley's actually good at the Jester here a lot, especially trying to talk actually, Tim up like and leaving out here. the whole idea. Like, see, that didn't go so bad. I think I'm going to start the war. Like, oh, yeah, that was a bad part. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, Queen Laura here, I, she's starting to be sus in my mind, too. I don't quite trust her as much anymore. How but you dare see, you? You see this cow. Well, again, who knows how mad she is still about sweet, what sweet happened Laura. with Bruce and stuff. But this whole deal, there is war coming. We can't really seem to avert it. Oh, my God. And the big play is the Amazons are on the side of the Kingdom of Storms. They've always been. If there's a war, they're there. has to go and fly there to try to talk to the Queen before war can start. Because with all this craziness going about with what Tim Drake has brought back, he needs to go and talk to her because Diana's saying the Queen is like going with the Kingdom of Storms. All of Amazonia is with them. War is going to be on your doorstep anytime now. He wants to make sure that this crisis gets put to a stop for him because while people say that the elves are going to bring about the end of the world, like 
we are a peaceful family. We do not want violence. And Hippolyta stabs him in the freaking stomach with a freaking magical sword. Cal, though, is like, you believe him. Like I said, I believe, I believe Zala is innocent the way that she looked and reacted. And with Cal here saying, I'm going to go and, and Wonder Woman's in the court. And they say, well, what's going on? Well, that's kind of the way my mom's going. We've had our argument. How she- about that Amanda Waller, though, when everything is said and done with going to the queen at the end, the whole thing, like, look, now, Hippolyta and the rest of the Amazons might be with Jefferson Pierce and the Kingdom of Storms and stuff like that, but you do know that Diana will always love your daughter, and if something were to happen to Queen Hippolyta, that Diana would take over, I'm like, you ruthless, amazing yep, genius. It looks like you. Amanda Waller's Suicide Squad medieval on their ass is going to oh, be coming she's up. so little finger about it, just putting those little things out there. I liked it a lot. And that's why I really like this issue. This issue, even though I'm not a, a big Game of Thrones fan or whatnot, but some of the other issues, and this ends the first half, obviously. This is six issues in. It looks like we should be further along. I know, but with this issue, even if you thought, oh, this is a lot of setup, a lot of things like that, but this feels like now we're finally getting to to the meat of the story. Well, ships are sailing. Yeah, I mean, and I'm shipping you and me, Eric, but that's beside it's the weird. point. But I really wear stalking. the queen ends up, it's like Bruce going into that, you know, the room in the hospital. You end up where the queen might have to make some tough decisions here. Also, the idea if she does that and then it gets back to the, what is Diana going to think? Because Amanda Waller legitimately is, like you said, Littlefinger saying, her. yeah, you killed the queen, then Diana's the queen, then well, stop I'm this, right? I'm you what's going and on so, right now, but I do know that Diana would side with us, and she is the successor to her mother's throne, and if something would happen to her, that'd be crazy, right? Yeah, so Cal, like, I'm not saying her! Wink, wink! Cal ends up going off, like you said, to talk to Hippolyta. Uh, But before we get to that, you then see the very distraught Constantine who thinks that he needs to do something here. And he decides to get a hold of Etrigan, who has the head of the demon. It's Rachel Ghoul, who's combined with him. And he wants Rache to bring back Jefferson. But I do like this whole idea of a medieval world, though, where you contact Etrigan, the demon, just pretty much summoning a demon like, I wish to speak to your head demon. And you think, you know, the whole gone, gone and stuff like that. Oh, Etrigan, rise again, the form of man. Are you expecting a Jason Blood? Like, well, what's the thing here? But we need to show that Rachel Ghoul is the human connection to Etrigan here because he is the thing. He is the head of the demon. It's a great way to say it like that. But he is the one who has the, the means to bring people back from the dead. He wants Jefferson Pierce brought back. But too bad that Jefferson Pierce has a giant hole in his chest and his missing organs. He can't do with this. But the boy, old Jacob over there, we can do something with him. So we're going to. Bring back Jacob Pierce from the dead using, you know, Rachel Ghoul and this Lazarus pick and stuff man. like that. But you know that boy, sometimes dead is better, Jim. Yeah, I mean, you're really, I mean, you might as well just say that right away. And they're even warning this. And what I do like about that is when you end up thinking that it's Jason Blood and Etrigan, you're, you're getting the concept in my mind of, oh, he's, he's gathering up some forces. He's going to try to figure out if maybe they could get some demonic things when it's Raish then. And then you're like, oh, that's what he meant. That. And Raish's payment is the kids. It's about the children. But the thing is, and he says, I want the Titans. And I'm like, well, I want to know what that means and who's involved. Please tell me more. I mean, yeah, and I want to see that as well. And what I do like, too, is Raish also reveals he also has his assassins as well. There's a lot going on here. Yeah, we're not getting involved with the assassins. And he says, he says I, they're not going to go. They don't pick sides or whatever. But once you see that it's Raish and it deals with trying to bring back people from the dead, like Constantine, you better watch out. I was just really happy that we got rid of Etrigan like right away before he could oh, start. Yeah, he didn't even get the rhyme. I mean, he was Good gone. Lot. So then you get Cal go to Amazonia. It's a classic. This book, no rhyming. So Cal comes in, and and the big play here is he does say later, 
I could have obliterated. I didn't come here to fight. I could have killed everybody there, but I didn't. He does talk a little crap here where he's not actually touching down on Themyscira, which is funny, where he's which hovering up. To degree, because the idea is like, no man is allowed to set foot in Amazonian. like, well, technically, Queenie, I haven't set foot on Am- Amazonian. The idea is like, Technicality, it really isn't. Oh, like she says bullshit. You sought me, Calwell, and then she stabs him with a magical sword. You found me. And the idea, I'm so I'm mad at this just because the idea, he is respecting their wishes. He knows the rules. He's hovering above the ground, so he was like, not going to do this. But I know for a fact when Hippolyta stabbed him with that magic sword, his ass fell to the ground. Because <laughs> not only that, he's then chained up, you know, and like on the ground. Like, like you made him break your rules. Well, they shit. did it. They did. <laughs> They'll throw it back at him later. Yeah. And. I like I actually like this too because with most of the times that we get Hapala in the main deal and you know, even in the she, dead, dead. she didn't do much, but yeah, now she's dead, but the idea where she kind of is you know, stoic, she's in the back, like this is badass, and ends up stabbing him with that magic sword. They have to throw that out so it makes sense, but don't go over the top to explain it. Works for me. Look, before they even said it, I saw I'm like, ooh, magic sword. Oh yeah. And then you get Lois there and them meeting and oh my, the sparks are flying there. But I like that he ends up having the last word truth. He has to end up telling the truth. And they play that well. It's not like nothing felt like Tom Taylor was over the top having to introduce concepts or explain things. They all felt right. Everything he's doing where he just ends up saying, man, I I told you that without really anything. I mean, oh, that's the lasso. You're doing that. And even he says, I don't need the lasso to tell you this truth. I could have killed everybody. And I didn't. I came to be a good guy. I don't want war. And they're making a big mistake. Lois then being a friend of Zala and maybe thinking like she's now thinking like, okay, I got to figure this out, but it might well, be too late. That, because the idea that Cal is tied up with the lasso of truth and but like, you know, he believes at least Zala didn't kill anybody. And the idea, everything that's escalating right now is like, I don't like this. This sudden escalation all passed away in the war. I gather information for Apollo. I'm very good at it, but I sense I'm missing something here. It's like there are invisible strings controlling the situation. I don't know who's holding them. Martians. Damn right fucking Martians. But when you have the ideas like Cal's like, come on, it's not too late. We got to stop this. Don't let them go to the kingdom of the storm and stuff like that. It's like, sorry, spaceman. We already left. Ships are sailing. I like when she calls him spaceman too, because it does show that. Even in this world, even if you have Lois Lane, who's a nice person and is kind of open-minded, she even says, I'm not just going to take the Queen's word of what's going on, but they do have that bit of a, everybody's either afraid, mad or whatnot, of the elves because they aren't from this world. So there's that That little bit of deal on the side that it's almost like the idea of having that, like, you know, backroom racism sort of thing that they're not going to trust him right away, because especially what they think Solid did as well. So I, I really... I really You're like it. Slave us all, Jim. Yeah, yeah. So with that, I I went high. I really like this issue. I thought well, I that this a was a deal. Me and you have been down Got the last two issues. In my mind. Exactly. And I know that when I was talking in my review, and it goes so fast and it's so disappointing because it's so good. You want to read more, but for some reason, all of these Tom Taylor books, especially this one. Read super fast, and it feels like you're short on page space, but you're not. You're just really enjoying them. Yeah, and I mean mentions of the Titans, like these things are cool, give whether we more, see it or not. More. Yeah, I'm telling you. Willa, 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 uh. So I'm writing my review, and I know that people, it's a weird thing to write your personal review where you're writing it, and you want to say, man, this is hard, back on track. But oh, okay. when I say back on track, it seems most people never thought it went off the road to be saying that. So I kind of have to say, like, yeah, we're down on the last two a bit. We weren't liking it as much as other people, but this has got me on board. I mean, this issue, I thought 
every scene. There's not a down scene in my mind. Everything pushes even things when forward. She's hanging out and talking information Love. that we already know is done in a fun way that's showing the uh, like everybody in the room at least, or in a little bit more of us, but like the idea of like Zala. She doesn't think like, oh my god, Zala killed. And everybody guesses like I didn't kill anybody. Then everybody looks back at Tim. I heard that she did. Everybody guessed again. Like yeah. and then there's Harley, like, you know, chuckling up over here. Like there's people. <laughs> Harley stay was in the really room good. Getting right? a lot out of it. And then Amanda Waller coming at the end. Great. Right. Then the idea of Hippolyta, all that. And just uh, aside too, like you said, Tim can't catch a break. He comes in. I want to talk to Batman. We don't know where he is. We're looking for him. The Battle the Robins. And that's the thing is we kind of get that deal where does Cal, is that, was it a doppelganger? Because that idea, oh, we're still looking for him. Well, are you looking for him to kill him? Because that's what you tried to do. But they seem in that phrasing, it, it felt like actually. All our L family members seem really innocent. Yeah, like where is it? We don't know. Goddamn Martians. That play with Tom Taylor playing that where it almost Those feels like men. they're either so insane, but you're not. It doesn't feel that way. So you, that's the big mystery. And yeah, with Alfred and the Robins out and about going to find him, could this be the idea of Cal, God, though, Cal the is of crazy. Manchester Black pushing everybody to do this and then making them forget him. I'm, I'll be furious. I don't want it to be a Maxwell Lord thing or Manchester Black. It, the way that Tom Taylor is playing this, why I think it's so clever, the idea of Cal wants to do some bad things and he's with Sal and they're straight up insane bad. You do want to get Batman out of the picture, so they did, but then that also takes out the Robins. They're looking for him, Alfred. So, and you saw Alfred has stood up at points and kind of did protect some, so you want him out of the deal, and, and all that could go back to the idea where they don't want that lineage, like we said before, for anybody to find out, even though it seemed like everybody knew, besides Cal and the family, but they, that, yeah. that Bruce himself, you know, and, and with that, I'm telling you, Martians, I'm down with that The theory, I think that you might be right Especially with the Green Man, things like that But I do think that Queen Laura Is in on it and How wants to protect you. Her family and try to get Bruce out. And It's, it's sweet, all sweet going Laura. in her face I just, I worry She took that whole She's step my out queen, Jim. She ended up with that nonsense She forgave it too quick I'm telling you, a woman's scorn, Eric, is what I'm... I understand alien freaking things, so I don't know how quick it is in their mind. Just imagine if she set up the death of her husband. Oh, my goodness. It, it gets me all excited. But with all that, what would you give it? I like this a lot. I give it 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm, I'm high. I give it a 9.5 on the site. One of my highest scores in a while. I loved it. I thought it was really good. And the idea that it got me back on board. And I think that every scene... It just it was such a quick read, like you said, but it was just like, oh my God. And and little tidbits, kills Amanda me. Waller. Oh my god, I'll, I'll kill I'll kill that Oh my goodness. And then you I need the Titans. Oh my like every like, even if Queen Laura were to fly off into a solid snake and just murder this without anybody knowing like she could because she has the powers of a Kryptonian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean it's it's really good. So if you're not reading it, I suggest that you go like, and you don't read even have it. to tell anybody you are a goddess. Yeah. Yeah, you are. And again, that's why everybody's scared of them. Including me. You have a world where other kingdoms have metas that are, have crazy powers, and yet they're still worried about the elves because they're that much better and bigger and badder. And it's trouble, and, you know, that's that's a big deal. Just did power corrupt Gosh, the Lord? Yeah, with her for life. Holy moly. Wow. That is it for the first section. I gotta gather my breath. Oh, my goodness gracious. It's like I ran up, you know, three steps. Whew. But with that, we'll be back. We don't have any mail this week, so it's going to be really quick with the books. Boom, boom, boom. So we'll be back with the next section of books. It was the night like this. 
is about 600 years ago. Rage found the last arrest and its crazy neon glow. Now after all these years, he's close to being dead. About to share science, Deathstroke shot him in the head. Started the shadow Everybody, it's a shadow war. Race no more and tell your soul. Everybody, it's a shadow war. Camp chases on I saw. Everybody, it's a shadow war. What Beck said was uncomfortable. Everybody, it's a shadow war. Ah, yes, Eric, it is a shadow war. We have the like shadow war here. Do you like that so Cameron? The first one. Cameron chases an eyesore. Yeah. <laughs> that actually, I rhymed with the word sore, Eric. Did you like that? No, oh my goodness gracious! I know that's why I went with that. I like. I hope Eric doesn't call me on it. Oh, uh, my dickhead! Yeah, we end up yeah, having yeah. no. You're my bias. Uh, we're gonna do this section, which is Shadow War slash the Joker, is what yeah. we have. But in that, there's some shadowy stuff going on in the Joker as well. So we'll say that this is the shadow part sure. of the podcast. And when we get into this, the whole Shadow War. I was really into it at first. I was really gung-ho. I kind of stepped back a little. I'm not hating it. I just need more not loving from it. Either, though, well, because I it's, need more. It is doing what we have with every crossover series like this that wants to do a little mini event where every issue, you want to make sure that everybody like you know, gets on the Shadow War tip train. So we got to reiterate everything that's been going on each and every time. Yeah, and that's my biggest problem is that it's delayed. Now, with that, as we go forward here, there are going to be some things that worry me overall, and they worry me because Joshua Williamson, they're kind of his things. The idea that you're going to get something that you set up, but then you go against, and something that I thought was one thing, and then you kind of morph it into something to try to fit it to your story, but it does make you feel like, yeah, that's not exactly it. And it's not even the big thing that we're going to mention that Eric Shea had to remind me of and actually i had to go and make an addendum of my review on the site because i did not see through one eric shea's eyes this guy's a continuity kid and if the sheriff's see. in town <laughs> i wish that i ended up right now i'm not gonna load up the wrong turn deal because Thank it you. takes too damn long with that eric yeah i'm telling you i'm not oh, gonna I'm not, I'm not but we're gonna start we'll get right into it deathstroke inc number eight Written by Joshua Williamson with art by Paolo Pantalina, Romala Fardo Jr., and Steve Wands. So we end up with all of this going down where Talia has sent out her crew, and they're all going to try to get Deathstroke and kill him. And at the beginning of this issue, you are setting up that idea of she is scouring the earth. She's going to leave no stone unturned. What is Deathstroke going to do? So what you end up having is the beginning with Angel Breaker, who goes and, you know, gets Raptor. And ends up starting to, you know, where's Deathstroke? I know you're going. Now, there's a weird thing. It is mentioned later where Josh Williamson tries to get out of this. But the idea that Raptor is the first person that Angel Breaker goes after doesn't make sense because he is part of this new demon shadow, this group that Talia had gotten. And me and you were talking about it. I actually ended up getting a little wonky in my head with Tiger. And Raptor, and you end well, it's up such a weird you know, idea explaining. because we do have a connection with Deathstroke simply from the death of Deathstroke in his own series previously, where for some le- reason the leprosy of Raptor is the thing that brought him back to life and you know jump started his healing factor after death. But it just feels like a weird situation where I want this to be a different Raptor because we saw in the Nightwing series where Raptor was introduced in Nightwing Rebirth 
Where that ended where Raptor died, revealing himself like the longtime friend of his uh, Nightwing's mother, that his name is Richard too, and actually Dick was named after Raptor, after who was trying to like you know teach him to do all the bad shit. He was infatuated too with with Dick Grayson until he mom. got leprosy. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, he was. Yeah, I'm sorry, but no, the idea though that Raptor died and it was a really good ending to the character that I wasn't a huge fan of. But when we have this Raptor here, he feels and looks different than what we had with the previous Raptor. But it's still a continuation of where we left off with the death of Deathstroke, where you have that connection. But during the League of Lazarus tournament on Lazarus Island, Raptor was there. And at the end of that whole thing, Talia's all like, okay, anybody who doesn't want to die, you're going to join the League of Shadows. So we scour the freaking world for Deathstroke. Let's go into Zandia to get the Deathstroke Inc. in the Secret Society. You see Angel Breaker here with the sword to Raptor's head. And I'm like, did you go here with him and then say, get on your knees and put a sword to his head? Because he came with you guys. Like, what are you doing right now? And when you ended up having that big deal in the Alpha issue, the Shadow War Alpha issue, where you had the whole spread page, the shadow, the, the demon, the demon shadow. shadow. This was a lot of different groups and people. Not a League of Assassins, League of Shadows people. And just it some was randos. basically everybody just yeah. thrown into the steel where they were now going Here's to all of these people and also Sportsmaster. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and with Raptor. that, Raptor was right there with Sportsmaster. And so he was on there. He is on the team. Now, you end up having Angel Breaker does, as an aside, say then, we know the only reason I didn't kill him is because he's part but why weren't you asking him this before? Why would you even send him off even to do anything with that? Of the timeline that we're playing with, because Deathstroke was wrapped up in a lot of trust stuff in the beginning of Deathstroke Inc. during the time of the League of Lazarus. So the time that you would say that Raptor would have been a part of Deathstroke's secret society, it hadn't happened yet. Yeah, I know. And so it feels weird. It feels like a way that Joshua Williamson needs a character who's not quite bad to then be able to get away to escape, like a Batman letting him go, so that he could then warn that, like, everything seems very... Hey, Deathstroke, they're after you, ass. Yeah, it, it just seems like, you know, it's just a mechanism to try to continue the deal, and it felt weird, and you didn't have to do that. Now, it almost feels like a as you're going in a stream of consciousness, then he realizes, oh my god, I put Raptor in that big thing, so then at the last second, Oh, well, I know that he's part of our group. So it, it didn't play out well. It really no. didn't. My biggest problem is the next issue. But when you end up having this, you are just going to show an issue where Talia has a lot of people. They're pretty badass. They're going around. They're going to be able to find anybody while you end up having Deathstroke and, and Respawn. Go and find a safe house to kind of, you know, lay low and try to have a little bonding deal. Which it is, is funny, ultimately what it just comes down to, and the thing is, I'm going to, like, I'm probably going to speak out of turn here just because this issue and Robin, they get mishmashed in my head with what happened in actually which book because they're so tightly close together and stuff like that. And what actually happens, we have so very little progression, but mostly with this, where you just have Dr. Moon be the one to out, you know, Deathstroke out of nowhere, you know, oh, there's that Dr. Moon who was sitting at that one seat during the beginning of the Secret Society and Deathstroke, and I'm like, anybody could have, like, the Body Devils would have sold Deathstroke out. It doesn't matter who sells Deathstroke out. Ultimately, it's like, hey, um, yeah, I told him where you were. I'm like, but yeah, you didn't really know where he was, but it doesn't matter because you're going to see Deathstroke continue to act weird, but at least here in a more comical, endearing way, trying to impress his newfound son, Respawn, which I kind of enjoyed, but it feels weird for what we're dealing with with the Shadow War when it's, you know, daddy-son time with Deathstroke and Respawn. Well, I'm, I'm saying it now. I, I don't think that Respawn's long for the world. I, How it, dare it really, you? I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, the way that this issue really steps back and really has no progression, except for Deathstroke once again, 
trying to be a good father. He can't quite get it right. I mean, he does more in this, though. He's him cool, too, like, you know, weapons and stuff that he has set up in one of his safe houses in San Francisco. Like, you know, actually tying it back to the early days of Destro going against the Teen Titans in San Francisco and stuff like that. I like this just because it is. It, it, it's nice is what it I is. I like it's that part. situation. Yeah. Where we have to sit down, we have to wait shit out because Deathstroke is not a man to run, especially now that he has Deathstroke and has the Secret Society. This is not how he wanted to start out his King Deathstroke career, but now he is on the run. He's in hiding with his newfound son, Respawn. They're sitting down and playing a game of war with cards, and I like this whole thing. Like, you, you don't know how to play war. Like, there wasn't a lot of cards when I was getting tortured by Rachel Gould, but I love this whole idea. It's the funniest part. I actually laughed out loud. Okay, so you flip the card over towards me. See? King beats queen. You won. I won. And as there's an incoming secure call, he's like, well, hold on. Sometimes you win the battle, but lose the war. And there's Respawn, who doesn't know anything except for being tortured. <laughs> so like, whoa, did you just make that up? And there's Deathstroke. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I love it. Everything that is impressive to Respawn, he's going to claim he made up. I mean, that is funny. Even though that he is worried a bit, it's like, it's a fatherly thing. It's a nice thing. But it's a Deathstroke thing when you end up having Respawn. Man, you got all these awesome toys. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Those aren't toys. Deadly instruments you can kill a man with is not a toy. Well, did you ever kill somebody with an action figure? It's kind of goofy. He's like, well, yeah, 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 yeah I, I did. did. <laughs> but still, these aren't. I like that he is trying to be a good guy again. We and saw it's so this weird because before. it's one of those things with almost where it was like last week. It was the last week with the Flash with Wally and Wallace, where Deathstroke does feel like he's almost trying too hard with this whole thing because he wants to be the good dad that he never could be to Grant to Jericho to Rose. And all of those stuff because he is the son that he actually hasn't screwed up yet. And he actually has a chance. So he is trying to put on the charm right now. I'm, I'm just sitting here like, how long is it going to last to Slade? He ends up throwing Morningstar. They're doing target practice. You end up having the, the Teen Titans there. Throwing the whole stars. One of the things, though, when he says, hey, uh, you could get some food, but look at the expert. No, no, no. None of that food's good there. Unless it's canned, no. you better stay away from it there. Uh, Respawn, if there's spam there, maybe. I'm sitting here thinking like it's the early 80s and like it's real time to me. Done. I mean, these things are not, you might have a Twinkie, maybe that'll survive. But yeah, you end up having all that where he says, I'm not one to run, like you said. But right now, times are they're tough. We, we have to lay low. We'll get back to your training later. We're going to, I'm going to go back and get my Deathstroke and get going. But the heat is on right now. I don't know if you know that Glenn Fry song, but it is on, baby. And we're just going to sit here and let's bond a little. Let's have some fun together. And I thought it was pretty cool. And then the idea, you know, do you think Talia ended up killing her dead just to set you up? I don't know. She's don't pretty know. crazy. And then we go and see. <laughs> mom pretty crazy. And, and ends up saying she does a lot of wacky things to get her way. She will do anything to get her way. And you see them smooching. It felt like such a weird situation to go from last issue where Batman and Talia do smooch. And you and I were talking about the idea, like, is this something like you have the beloved situation, the mother of Batman's child and stuff like that. They do have a, like a romantic past. But with where Batman is with Selena right now, even though they are on a break, he mentions it here, the idea, but... Where you had that whole thing was like, oh my god, Batman and Talia are going just making out now. And then you get to the part here where you left off previously, and they just move apart. Like, it was a mistake and stuff like that. And they're like, did you just do that to get people talking on the internet? Because even I when he says, so. like, uh, you know, with Selena, and like, oh, you whatever, man. It doesn't matter. Because here's my League of Assassins. Here's Raptor. You gotta let Raptor go. I'm gonna fight all of your League of Assassins kind of guys. All right, I guess you can let him go because my beloved's going to get his way, but it doesn't matter because I'm going to find Deathstroke. Yeah, because end up they Angel Breaker brings him. Raptor says this, you know, jerk. He knows something. 
Batman is able to cause a distraction deal so Raptor can get away and then himself gets away. At one point he says, Batman says, I will find Deathstroke. I'm going to do. But Talia doesn't want that. At this point, Talia wants Deathstroke herself because then she could just slice and dice and whatnot. Whether it's to cover her tracks, whether it's because she's angry, whatever. She doesn't need to hear, we'll take him to the law or anything. Law, dog. And he ends up where, <laughs> you know, you have Raptor run off and because Batman lets that go. And that's why. Yo, hey, boss, got some bad news for you. If this is Prometheus, you're not going to let him run. Like, Batman isn't, but Batman does know, you know, Raptor isn't that bad. <laughs> it's weird. His daughter is super pissed at you, boss. I barely got away from her and her Steven Shadow. Yeah, so he calls in and that's where you get that funny deal. A lot of people looking. You better stay hidden and safe, man, where nobody can find you. All right, that's what, oh no, the front door. Because <laughs> the lights go out then. And we end up, it is Rose and Damien. And it's there, and yeah, Respawn gets the mask on. He's like, I'm going to slice and dice. I'm going to go out. You're going to pay Destro. And what I like about this and what I worry about with the idea of Respawn is he is very quick at this point where Destro wants to, hey, look at me. I'm the cool dad. Look, I'm going to blow up the heads of the Titans. They're they're blowing up. And now Respawn wants to go and be like his dad and prove his worth to his father. He wants to impress his father, and I think it's going to be too much. And like a Damien. The worst part of the next issue, because we have this great thing in Robin where Damien realizes, oh my god, I have a brother. This is crazy. Could have ended right there, right? They could have been the happy family. That's all I want. I want a freaking happiness to go forward and stuff like that. Oh my god, Slade was set up. I have a brother. Shit's tight right now. I really like being Damian Wayne, but when we go into this next issue of Robin, which I'm going to do right now, actually, I'm going to, I got it right now. Well, we're we'll done finish with this. it. Just oh, the no. end of this is just the idea that Damian and Rose come in and basically say, we're going to kill you. We're going to get you. And that ends in the cliffhanger. It's a disappointing kind of issue, though, for what we got, because here's the smooching with Talia. Oh, that doesn't lead anywhere. Just for Batman to go off. And Raptor, it doesn't make a lot of sense for Raptor to be there, being part of the society, but also being the demon shadow. What he's doing going to warn the boss, but ultimately it is an issue of you know Deathstroke sitting down with his son, having a good time, which is the best part of it's it. It's nice, but for the Shadow War time with the idea of like, oh my God, who was in an old Slade costume who killed Rachel Ghoul? It didn't bring us a lot forward except for Damien and Rose showing up at the end. But I'm, and the art's fine, but I'm not a huge fan of the art style overall. But it's fine for what it is. I'm going to give it a 6.8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to go 6.5. Uh, with that, I thought that the art style, while it's not yeah, your... Yeah, 6.5 as well, actually. It, it, the art style, while it's not your you know, cup of tea here, uh, Pantalina does actually a pretty good job of making it more like you know the Howard Porter yes. thing. And it, it ends yeah. up working out with everything else we had. Now, with that, before we get into the next one, I just want to mention my whole play. And I had reviewed this issue. Luckily, I was lucky. This was the first of the two. So I can yeah. wait then. You had to read both uh, on your day of reviewing them. But and then I didn't and said I got halfway through Deathstroke. And I'm like, oh, I got to read this and then read them. I'm, like, I'm not doing Robin. But, and the funny thing is when you end up getting to the Robin deal and this, it almost feels like it's a cool idea that you have the same guy writing two issues oh, yeah. or, or the whole thing. And it's cool that you have two issues leading one into the other. It feels like he took advantage of that to really write what was more of a story. Like both issues more feel like one issue of story. And because there's a lot of like, well, we didn't really get much. And I thought that that was a shame that we didn't get too hard hitting issues to go. So well, that's why I have it really mixed in my mind when we started that district. Ah, shit. But overall, it didn't feel like there were two separate issues of Shadow War. It felt like one issue that was kind of separated and you had a little downtime and the whole thing of the smooching and all that. You really didn't need and didn't push it forward. So that was my biggest, you know, upsetness of this whole thing. But when we get into the Robin, which you'll give the credits now, I, I, I 
you need something to go forward. And I really think that it's three spots in big trouble. I think that he's going to go too far, but you give us the credit. Robin number 13, written by Joshua Williamson, with art by Roger Cruz, Norm Ratman, Luis Guerrero, and Troy Pateri. And when I was talking about the idea about respawn and the shame about the whole thing like where i just want it to be a nice situation where people are going to listen to each other so he's like oh i was set up and everybody listens to him because please just do that so we don't have to fight for no goddamn raising the idea demon oh my god i have a brother the problem with this is at the end of the like you know the league of um the league of lazarus kind of you know fight tournament story arc that we had in robin it seemed that respawn while he originally went there because he hated damian wayne and wanted to kill him and do all this stuff even when he like respawn introduced himself to Deathstroke, it seemed that he had gotten past this aspect. He had seen a Damian Wayne that he'd never expected and was able to move past this and be like, you know, not such a hate filled, vengeance filled kind of person and be somebody that, you know, could work alongside of Damian as we saw in the Robin book previously. And as soon as Robin shows up here with the Ravager itself said, I fucking hate you. Like, you know, Damian, I'm going to kill you. You had everything. Silver spoon in your mouth and I had nothing. I'm like, why That's not what you said because previously? the thing was Respawn said that when he got to Lazarus Island and things started, he wanted to get that guy with the silver spoon and he got everything. He realized that Damien was manipulated the same way he was and that the yeah. real villain was Raish and the idea that Damien, he's kind of just the same. I mean, they're brothers, the way they're spelling it out and whatnot. And he had not had the greatest time either. So he is able to bond a bit with them uh, and maybe want to go after now you have a cool dynamic that you could have really went with you didn't have to have respawn like damien seems really cool with having a brother like oh my god i have a brother and that is good for damien's side of things because we didn't want damien to refer to being the asshole kid that a lot of people did because we had applauded joshua williamson for not going that route so at least he does that but respawn there should be that idea of listen we want to find out who killed you know raish and Respawn doesn't mind, but he would be mad because he wanted to do it. Damien wants yeah. to find out who did it because he didn't want that to happen. That's grandpa, his grandfather. My sweet, sweet grandpa who didn't torture me like he did Respawn. Yeah, exactly. The idea of, okay, well, I, I understand why you're pissed off, I'm pissed off, but we're still trying to find that person. Let's go, brother. Brother. But you, you don't get that because Respawn suddenly, oh, my God. You asshole, I'm going to fight you again, and you got lucky, and I'm like... Because even when we have Damien think about everything that's going on, he hears the back, so he's like, I have a brother? Yeah. I have a brother. And then there's fucking crazy-eyed respawn. Not for long. Yeah, not for long. God damn it. <laughs> Give me the nice things. He wants to impress Deathstroke. Because even at this point, now we just have the rematch from Lazarus Island while Rose and Slade just walk on because now Slade is like intrigued with this whole brother versus brother de- deathmatch to oh, a degree yeah, yeah. where he wants to know how good Respawn actually yeah. is. Yeah, he says that I want to see how good he like, is. Now Let's this go. feels like Slade. Now, yeah. Not only does it feel like Slade, but because of the art that with Roger Cruz brings us, it even looks like Slade. For some reason, with what we had with Howard Porter's art and what we had in the previous Panelina issue of Death with that, stuff yeah. like that, Panelita, yeah. It always feels like there is something off about even the way this Slade looks. And I look at him here, I'm like, well, shit, you're the Slade Wilson I know and love. And you're even acting right here. I also think that when we're talking through this, there's a point in these issues where it is brought up about Raish and what he might be doing. And I legitimately think when Raish ended up, I know what it was. When Talia says to Batman, something happened with him. He changed. He's actually seen clearly now. He's clear. Lazarus now. And he's clear. I think it was because of Damien. I think that when he saw Damien, I think that he full out went with that idea of like, yeah, I'm going to use Damien's body again. The whole plan from the beginning or possibly respawn that you had even 
suggested that that might or be the idea. The like here. when race race was dying before, and he had his consciousness slash soul, whatever you want to call it, transferred into one of his kids because it has to be a blood relative and stuff like that. And that's how race survived before. You even had it in the cartoon and the weird. I think it was in a Batman Beyond episode where Raish had died and the thing is like Talia al Ghul lived on and Bruce ended up going into the Lazarus pit and becoming young again and him and her, like Talia were actually having a relationship but it turned out it was Raish inside yeah, the body. Crazy. Like, oh. Yeah, no, I'm actually <laughs> thinking that at this point we may find out at the end that, you know, Raish has transferred and it'd be weird. I mean, if you're going to play it or how it could play out like a Deathstroke, he is acting wonky but still, he has been the whole time but with that, I think that Raish's plan still is that idea of trying to transfer to live on and, and use one of these kids probably respawn that would make more but also sense the thing that. is i don't know how you're going to do that since you specifically said you know race is a man of science fuck he science up lazarus pits and stuff like that doesn't really go with the supernatural aspect even though there's a demon that comes out of the lazarus pits because of this mother i don't know how it works just because i know he doesn't want to use the lazarus pits anymore so in order for him to continue on like he has been he would need the body hop I just don't know how you go about that, especially yeah, when you that kill the person ahead of time. Is the idea of like that AI type deal going on? I don't know how we would do it. I still think that overall, that person dressed up was GeoForce 100. percent It's weird that we don't get back to even well, anything they did say of in this that. issue too with GeoForce at the Markovia Embassy, so it was in America. Yeah, so we'll have to see how that plays out and what's going on. But with this again, you have respawn reveal. Listen, I'm mad at you because I'm you, sort of. And he's like, oh, my God, I have a brother. Bro. I have a brother. And he's so happy. Like, oh, my God, look at him. So happy there. And you have D- D- Dick Grayson's like on the side, like, oh, man, you always have a brother. <laughs> but then they end up not for long. And you're like, oh, here we go. And they start fighting. And it feels right. Deathstroke saying, no, no, no. Let this go. I want to see how good he is. Almost like, oh, you piece of crap. But that's him. That's what happens. And they do fight. To a standstill, at least when Batman comes and says enough and stops this. And it's like the meeting of the two worst fathers ever that just there with Deathstroke and Batman. The problem is that we know that Deathstroke I love that thing too, where one. it's like where Batman says, like, who are you? And then Slade grabs home. That's my boy. You stay away from him. And so I, I do like that. But even then, when Batman looks and sees that, I'm like, oh, look at him. Who are you? You look like Damon. But yeah, he ends up, that's my boy. They start talking. He says, and I, the weird part in the play is cool that. We know Deathstroke didn't do it. So he's saying, he's telling the truth. I didn't do it. Nobody's ever going to believe him. He always lies. He always does that. I feel like I believe Deathstroke. Yeah, I don't think Batman would. I believe him. We know he didn't do it. He wasn't there. He was training and things like that. So you end up where... Deathstroke to be coy about what he has done, especially with killing somebody and his plans and why he would do stuff like that. But again, who knows what things are going on and Batman doesn't believe him, but Respawn says he's not lying. It was, you know, we we weren't there. He was, we were training. He wasn't there and Damien does seem to believe Respawn then to uh, believe Deathstroke at least by the end. But at that point, old Dr. Moon, he's in trouble. You end up having Merlin. I love that phobia, Deathstroke. I had to tell him where you were and stuff like that. But the thing is, just make sure that if they kill me, you keep phobia safe. Deathstroke's like, just come in. We'll keep Dr. Moon alive. Just come in. Deathstroke doesn't even talk. He just stands there until the point where Merlin puts an arrow in Dr. Moon's freaking head. They're like, Slade, you could have stopped him. Like, yeah, could I? Yeah, and he's like, yeah, they would have killed him anyway. And that doesn't work. That's not how things play out. So with that, he's like, he has to get the hell out of there. He knows, again, this is a play that you have a lot of. We had it in The Flash at points recently where he just throws a grenade into a crowd of people because he knows Uh, that Batman and Robin are going to have to go get it. And I do like it where 
we've been wanting Batman and Robin action. That's very quick, but I do like that in a instant they're back to Batman and Robin. Oh yeah, it's great. It's just very disappointing to a degree. I'm telling you, and the thing is, I say disappointing, but I love the outcome of this where it's like, oh man, Deathstroke is gone, and so is Ravager and Respawn. I need to tell you everything. Like, I believe him, but you have the whole idea. It's like, all right, if you believe, but there's someone playing a very dangerous game right now. Like, we need to find out who really killed Rachel Ghoul and why. And it's like, before Damien can go off on his own hunt, it's like, I'll find out. Batman grabs a hold of him. And this time, thankfully, he doesn't say, you know, what's up. Yeah, he's saying that he, he made a mistake. If I was there, Alfred would have survived. <laughs> like, that's not what you <laughs> say to yourself at that point again. in time. Oh my, I was waiting. I was fucking waiting just because of how much it <laughs> threw me off from getting a shadow. It was like, Damien, wait. Please, I failed you too many ways. I know that. Let's solve this yeah. case together. What do I have to do to prove to you that we can do that? He's like, let me drive. So the thing is, even though Batman said the most fucked up thing to his son that he could possibly say the last time these two interacted, on top of everything else that Batman has done to Damien over the years since they've known each other, essentially, all it takes is, you know, and that's how much Damien has progressed, thankfully. The point where he, the point where he could just say, let me drive the Batmobile and we can do Batman and Robin stuff and it'll be awesome. I can move past your bullshit thing you said to me last time. I'm like, thank God, because, but it's too easy, right? You know, like the idea, like I have no idea why we had to separate them by the most fucked up thing. And then we're just easily forgiven right now because Damien is better than the Bat right now with his new badass costume. Listen here, you know, Robin, I got to tell you something. I failed you, but really, if I was there, I would have saved Alfred. All right, high five. But I do oh, like God. I do like the pissed off looking Batman in the back seat. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a child seat. It seems like. And then you end up where you do. He says, "I'm bringing up backup. I'm going." And I do love that Damien goes right away. Grayson, because that's who he would think would be the deal. No. I got somebody else and like two people. Oh, my God. Clown Hunter and Ghostmaker. And then I said to you, I even sent a message like, oh, Batman Incorporated, how, how the mighty have fallen. But it's so funny, the idea, because Batman and Robin, the dynamic duo, are going to go hunt down who really killed Rachel Ghoul. For some reason, though, Robin does believe that Deathstroke and the entirety of the secret society that's left need to be protected. Batman's like, look, I've called in some backup. So when you have Prometheus taking on some of the like, you know, the demon shadow right now and getting the shit kicked out of him and actually breaks his freaking fight computer in his helmet. We do see that Ghostmaker, Clown Hunter, and some other members of Batman Inc. show up as his protection. I'm sitting there like, are all you guys here just for Prometheus? Because there's a lot of Secret Society members. I know, break there off. Like, What's happening right now? Maybe we'll see that the other Batman Inc., because they are, we did have it, and it hasn't continued as much yet, but they did put Ghostmaker and kind of clown hunter in the side because yeah. this is little robin there but they were in charge so maybe we'll see the rest of batman incorporated going around and try to it's kind of funny the batman ink and the deathstroke ink and all that but maybe we'll see more of the bat family going and trying to protect these villains that don't usually need to be protected but being protected because Especially they're involved yeah, and being involved with something that yeah they're they're bad they might have done some bad things but this isn't the one time they did something bad so let's get them but well, you got four members of batman inc here besides for Ghostmaker and cloud hunter because i guess i at least tell el gaucho and man of bats i'm like yeah who's protecting the rest of the secret exactly. society because last know. time i checked from where we were previously in the batman run that joshua williamson did there weren't that many members no, of batman there inc left with that too i get the idea that even if they kind of believe deathstroke they're still going to want to talk to like prometheus even about the idea of who might be involved who who do you think now prometheus killed? i ain't believing shit that comes out of his mouth Cass is on the case you get cassandra she comes <laughs> in and she's like did you kill rachel ghoul nope all right no. check that all off right. 
Oh my god, it was we'll Artemis. Circle back around you Maybe later. She just yells, Artemis. So like, I think we're gonna have to reevaluate her detecting skill. Every She's road leads special. to Artemis, but. Yeah, you end up Wonder where girl. at the end you do see Ghost. <laughs> and it's funny, like Ghostmaker and Clown Hunter, I don't know. I kind of smirked when I saw them. I didn't go, oh, man, this sucks or whatever. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind. I don't mind. It They're didn't, part of Batman Inc. Now I it didn't get that. me that excited, but it was kind of a cool idea. But what would you give this? I love the art in this issue. Yeah, it makes it better in my mind. Not only that, but the interactions between, you know, I'd say he likes Respawn and Damien, but Respawn was kind of a dick this whole time. But Pretty much the interactions between everybody in this issue were better than what we had in Deathstroke in the last issue of The Shadow Warrior we just talked about. Like every, Even though it's the same writer, they feel like they're written completely different than in the previous issue, and I have no idea. So the art's better, the interactions are better, and where we go forward with a dynamic duo of Batman and Robin that I've been waiting to see for a dog's age, I like this issue a lot more than that Deathstroke. So I'm going to give this a 7.5 yeah, out of 10. Yeah, I'm a 7.5 as well. I actually did like it more. And it, it, again, though, when you look at them as a whole, these two well, issues yeah, didn't move very far. No, but the the weird thing is, is it felt like the Deathstroke Inc. was just like would have normally been the first three pages of this issue. And this issue, actually, Batman and Damien are on the, the case together. I really like that. I do like seeing Damien happy that he had a brother and actually was going to accept this. And this would be some because, again, they weren't exactly, you know, hating each other in Lazarus Island. There was a lot of competition and things like that. It's just that Damien realizes, like, oh, my God, this guy hated me that much. Like, I thought that we had a little camaraderie and stuff. So I, I think that him saying, oh, my God, I have a brother. Let's figure this out. And then Respawn, though, he seems insane now. Like, you know, if you ended up finding out that an AI was jumping around different bodies because suddenly Deathstroke feels right now and Respawn's totally insane and going over. Strange. But yeah, very strange. So we'll have to see. How that all plays out, but I really do think that he's really, really in these two issues showing that he really he, he'll do weird things. And the idea when he says to Deathstroke is when I started getting that idea. Hey, you got some cool toys? No, 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 son. Those are killing instruments. Those aren't toys. He just is like he's naive in the way of what he should be doing and what he is, and then he's also on top of that wants to impress Deathstroke so much. That he might do a little too much. A little, th- almost like what Batman was worried about Damien. Damien went off. Oh my God, he says to Talia, I gotta find our son. He's gone off and I'm, I don't know, I'm worried about him, but I don't think that Respawn is good enough to do that and survive, especially with what, you know, the players that are involved. But I did Respawn's like this here more. to stay. Damien's bro. I actually, the more we get him, I know a lot of people were turned Respawn, off. From but now him. that he's Deathstroke's son and Damien's brother, I don't. I want nothing less than more Respawn. Change his name and actually give him a real name. Yeah, I know. I, I want. He's going to be like Special Grant. That's what he is now, right? You get that? Special yeah. Grant. Special Grant. I don't know. I was thinking of something with Grant. <laughs> Special Grant. That's not a great name. He sounds like he's a little off, but he is. But I also, with that, it almost gets that idea where I also want to see Rose trying to adjust with this idea of having this brother who is kind of being forced into that Grant role of the idea and how she would think she, she hasn't been able to deal with Special Grant. <laughs> SG. She's like, I, I don't know about this special grant. <laughs> God, that it's going to be crazy if we do continue on after the Shadow War, where Respawn does survive. Everything's all fine. And Deathstroke does get a chance to try to do what he could never do with the rest of his kids. But he is a little, like, there is something off about him to the point where he wants to name him Grant. And he's losing his mind because, like, this is his chance to have the boy that he loved the most back and show him, like, you know, 
treat them right and like make sure that they can work together. Then he starts taking drugs from high. Like I told you never to talk to them people. Oh my God. I want to actually have him be a great father and really end up having and, and getting special grant. My and boy, really Grant. raising them. Special Grant. And I, <laughs> I need those. And it reminds me, and again, I'm a Beatles fan. It reminds, me of, John, it reminds me of John Lennon. He ends up where Julian, he kind of treated like shit. Well, then when he had Sean, he's like the best father ever. And Julian still can't get over it at points. I want Rose and, and Jericho to be like, what the hell is this guy? And a lot of people end up having this. You end up having, you have your dad go off. He has another family. Everybody's happy. You're like, yeah, what he about them me? over too, though. Yeah, I know. Well, eventually, you know, you he show your more colors. But. Again, I want him to be like the greatest father because he's learned from his mistakes. But unfortunately, some of his mistakes are there and need the attention and love. I could enjoy All of a, sudden, a he's book just like just that. Meredith at the end of that Twilight, and there was time now. Yeah, exactly. And you have to think: Does the Deathstroke Inc. book continue? The idea of having a Deathstroke family I be a being family the Inc. Yes, Fuck that's yeah. great. That is a great the setup. Part two. It'd be awesome. All of a sudden, we get, you know, Tanya Spears. She comes out of this portal. I'm back, baby. You got that set up? Oh, it'd be awesome. No, I just want the, the Slade family. I like her, too, though. Wintergreen's yeah. the only outsider. He's Uncle Wintergreen. No, fine. you have Uncle Wintergreen. You got Special Grant. You got you Jericho. Got, you got yeah. Jericho and Rose and freaking Adeline in there, freaking getting shit done. Yeah, he even says at the one point that that's what he wants to kind of do. He wants to get that's the family back too. together. But last time he did that, he freaking left them high and dry for what I feel was like Thanksgiving. I know, yeah. And Desh- Going for a pack of smokes. Again, I'd rather have a Deathstroke Inc. book oh, of God, that sword. than actually, you know, the Secret Society, which is Dad. cool with what's coming up. But, yeah, I, I want to see the special grant. I, I'm telling you. Now, if you had the Slade family that were if you're going along with the lines of King Slade, the royal family of Wilsons, who Ooh. then could command the Secret Society all together to do what they want to get done. Like Rose can command Secret Society members. Jericho can sign language Secret Society members. And freaking, you know, Respawn can do something. Oh, special G over there. Yeah, Special G. Special G is a good nickname. See, it's working. I think that you're going, you got the, uh, you know, you have the secret sauce going, you got it all, right? You have everything going with that. And then hair. out of nowhere, they just become the royal flush gag. And I'm like, what happened to you, Slade? He used to be somebody. And then he leaves his family again because he realizes he's a joke. That would be pretty cool. And he'll always end and he'll get pissed off and leave because. He, That's what dads do. Spe- special G, he right? gets a little needy. <laughs> he gets a little. <laughs> yeah, I guess they do, Eric. Uh, that's what always what happens. Do. I mean, when you end up having a father, part of the ritual of it is to leave at back points, to have another family, leave them, come back to you, go, date a girl named Star. I don't know. This is normal. Starlene? Starlene, right? She's on the staging area. She'll be up next. Hey, nobody paying for that. I just want special G. I think that that, I know that you had ended up like you have come up with the signal name. That is one of your crowning achievements of your life you ended up coming up with the name for duke thomas signal i don't care what scott snyder or anybody says you told me and everybody on the podcast a year prior that would be the name oh, yeah. and it ended up being that so with that if special g special grant comes i will be so furious because that's the worst name ever and i'm back <laughs> i don't need that i'm not gonna brag about it okay really that's what happened i mean don't take it from me special g it's so, so stupid. Oh, it's so stupid. It just might work. Eric, crazy like a fox. I'm going to go and say <laughs> that his name, when it's all said and done, his real name, I think they'll just call him Clay. Oh, you go Clay, huh? I think that they're going to call, they'll probably call him Rip, Eric, as an R.I.P. I think Rest he's done. I think he is done. Rip, Eric. But he's molded by so many people, Jim, and all he wants to be 
is himself ultimately Clay. He was dying to be Clay Slade's Wilson. son. He just forgot to live, Eric. He, he ended up being an organ donor. Now, with that, we still end up having Lord Deathman run around with a heart. At some point, like, well, well, that's the funny thing about this. Later when on. we're talking about all these things, and even like stuff like the mystery and detective or the stuff going on in action comics, the Shadow War. I, I don't know about you, but this idea of, oh, my God, who is the one who killed Race? I really don't care that much right now. I'm actually having more fun of the interactions of the fathers and sons and the families where that's more of what I want those. coming out it's of so that. Foreign. Eventually, we'll end up, I know it, and now we know it's a work of fiction. <laughs> this is what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. So we end up where, by the end, yeah, I want to get back and see who did it, but I'm not that intrigued by that. I want to see what Lord Deathman's doing with that heart. I want to see how Slade works this out with Respawn. I want to see Jericho show up out of nowhere crying, painting a picture and playing a loop and all that stuff. But I like all that going on. <laughs> Give me 80s I'm Jericho. You, that curly hair that looks like a young Justin Timberlake. I'm in. No, he looks like a young William Cat. Yeah, he does, actually. But yeah, I'm actually enjoying this besides the point of, you know, the story of the Shadow War not progressing that much. Because I'm actually enjoying the interactions and the character work. I think they're pretty cool there, and I really want... Kind of pissed off with the Shadow War. Well, so I know. Though, because we wanted this to be our little mini crossover event, and we're kind of standing still with just with the stuff that we already knew from the Robin run and from the Deathstroke run. And now that Raish is dead, it's just people pointing fingers and not doing anything. Mm, the finger, you end up where we wanted the Shadow War event, good. but what we're really getting is a family reunion, Eric, and I do like affair. it. I do. I would love it then if... I really uh, want it. At some point, I wanted Slade to just aside say to batman like can you give me some advice like can we get together like Fuck i could you. see them having so coffee never take and advice stuff. from bruce fatherly advice though because no batman, absolutely no. not he saw the robins no that's what i'm saying i think that he's so messed up with what is real or whatnot that he looks at batman as being like okay kind of fucked up too <laughs> let's get together he's not gonna judge me he's bad so bad dad's anonymous i'm telling you at points where even tanya ends up having friends where she they're so needy for th- because they will listen to her and say so i think that's slade he's gonna hook up with batman they're gonna have these little weekends that's where it. they're they're at the bat they're at the mcdonald's you end up seeing damien and respawn they're in the, in the play place even though they're 14 years old and way too old for that shit. somebody's like oh man you're not supposed to be in there catch up that person's dead and just imagine too now you ended up my problem with respawn is we saw that he was like this doesn't feel like the respawn we saw in the lazarus tournament which he seems a little crazed now, but I would have sure liked is. the crazed idea where we love when Damien has to be the sensible one and Damien needs to be the, the voice of reason and a brother with Respawn and them trying to train getting a little Super Sons action maybe because you got uh, it'd be fun to have Damien as that mentor type deal where you're usually used to him. The dangerous so deal over, over there. The top. Cool. Like there's a lot of stuff that could be set up from this and I'm. I'm intrigued to see what we do Deadly get. duo, Damien and Clay. Uh, yes. I, I'd love it that John flies in, looks, shakes his head, and leaves. <laughs> I'm out of here. Grow up. At least we... Really, <laughs> <laughs> it just flies off. <laughs> see the suckers? Uh, but at least we like that Robin issue a little better than Deathstroke King. So we leave with a positive deal with the Shadow War. But we're going to go to the next issue, which is is weird. Because you end up, it's the Joker. The not-so-finale Joker. Yeah, and it was going to be the finale, but then it wasn't. The joke's on us. Secret issue. Uh, I don't mind the issue. I actually don't mind it at all. I was disappointed. It, it, that backup, I just, uh, I was shaking. I don't it's even weird. know what's going on with that thing. It really confused me. And again, I'm going and reading this today, obviously knowing we have a conclusion going on. So I don't, 
but why do this and then to get to that? That's weird. But uh, you give us the stats. The Joker number 14, written by James Tynan IV, with an Alex Panadel on the backup, with art by Giuseppe Camicoli, Cam Smith, Arif Prianto, and Tom Napolitano. And in our backup, we have Vasco Georgiev, Rain Barreto, and Becca Kelly. And in this issue, we are picking up where we left off in the previous issue, but we're missing a lot of scenes here because where we left off with the Samson family being slaughtered except for Vicky and Sa- uh, Sawyer Samson and we're left with you know uh, vengeance about to kill the Joker when all of a sudden Cressida, Jim Gordon, Bane up and says no daughter you will not kill the clown well that's essentially where we left things like, oh my god I can't wait to see what happens the problem with that is we jump forward to where now we have to get an interview between Madam Halloween from Interpol and Jim Gordon about what went down in the Samson family farm it's essentially Jim Gordon is going over the lamest way to tell us what happened because it's him in an interview just smoking his pipe talking about what happened to Samson. You can hear about it all in the news, and then we actually have to hear about it on, on the news. news. Now, with that, you end up having the Samson family. They ended up, you know, Billy, he's a little scapegoat. They're going to do things seriously. Sawyer Samson, when you are getting around, you're still a rich guy. You might be able to get out of this. Don't start yelling, I'm going to eat all the cops here. I should be left out. I'm like, what are you doing here? I want to know how you get out of your family being slaughtered on your property, but at the dinner table where everybody's DNA is, is finger food and literal finger food, hand sandwiches. Open face sandwiches. It is an open face sandwich. You're right. I would have ended up like, if you're really going to do this, all this gets pushed aside as saying, oh, no, no, those just were the shapes of those things. That was soy protein that did it. You can make it work. Gelatin. You start getting let out. You're yelling, I'm going to eat these police if they don't let me go. You, you kind when of you learn that he shouted, this policeman that when he would <laughs> eat them all alive, yeah. quote. Before being placed inside a police vehicle. So, yeah, I think the Samson family, for all intents and purposes, are done now. Thanks to vengeance coming through and killing everybody except for these two who are then apprehended by the police. So, money, network, it doesn't matter. The cannibals from Texas are done. I mean, it's like, hey, I found this heroin on you. I'm going to take all the heroin. It's a very sad situation for me because I thought they were very intriguing, mostly because I'm a huge Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan and I was getting that out of this. But now it's just kind of over. So I'm like, okay, well, I kind of wanted more about the, the vengeance of the Samson family about the, from the cl- uh, clown prince of crime for killing their their uncle slash brother, like, like whatever family member he died, Billy. But the idea then is just that the, the Bane connection and stuff like that that we have to go into. It's like, oh, what about this? We You were told that there was this mercenary known as Vengeance. Do you know anything about it? It's like, I do not. What about Bane? We heard that even though the Bane died in A-Day that he was there to go toe-to-toe with this Vengeance character. And I thought Bane was dead. <laughs> like, Jim Gordon is stone-faced not giving Madam Halloween shit. I love that idea when you're like lighting a pipe or whatever and you're like, when you're doing that, that's what I think he's doing every time. Like, no. It's the only reason to smoke a pipe in my mind. You don't know what you're to Bane? Or to who? turn around and point with it sometimes. Who Who is this Bane you talk about? Where he's not saying anything about it Then you get where I laugh Where Bane, again, you see the Bane Lido type concept Or whatever with the whole everybody Worshipping in Gotham and stuff when he goes Back to Gotham like, oh yeah, a little Santa Prisca though Yeah, it's weird the the Deal of this because again Everything that we know what happened or didn't What not, Gordon's mum's The word, you're trying to play off the idea That 
they're not going to tell us he may or may not have killed Joker. We have to figure this out. But we have to wait for the next issue, the true Joker finale. Yeah, and so when you get through this, there's just I'm guessing he didn't. There's not a lot going on, and and the bad part about all this is you have James Tyne, and he's going to go to Substack. He's doing his things there, and it ended up putting most of the stuff that he's doing at DC at a halt, including this book. And I ended up telling you, I don't think they'll continue without him. I think that the big play is they think that Tynan's name and stuff is selling this. He's the draw, not the Joker. And I'm like, you're stupid. <laughs> if you had to have a, a trade or something, even at, like give us a proper ending. And I was really hoping if James Tynan is as good as ever. I mean, this guy is the hottest of the hotness where the everything he writes sells. So hot. But the thing is, I'm not a huge fan. I don't think that he ever ends anything very well. And with that being that he's leaving, and ha- I thought, if you're good, if you're as good as everybody's saying, and you're going with a cash truck pulling up at the substack, I know that you're going to end this earlier, but make it make sense and make it worthwhile so that I can see how great you are. And this is bullshit. This is complete bullshit. And you can tell that it's cut at the knees, but he did it. It's not like anybody else but him decided that he was leaving. So do something. And it seems like he really didn't have an endgame. You get Bane just thrown in there for no reason. I think that Vengeance is a compelling character just because I like these weird legacy heroes slash villains. So what you have here is just a female Bane. Like a lot of people online will bitch like, why do you got to gender swap or do this? They're like, create new characters. But I I like legacy characters where you have a a female clone of Bane essentially along the lines of like, you know, X-23 but with Bane. And she is now programmed, and she is going to kill the Joker. And Bane doesn't want her to kill the Joker because he uh, he sees her as his actual daughter. So, yeah. And he hates the like the Santa Priskins who put this network like you know this cloning stuff together because they were doing this to control him. He wants his daughter to break the programming and not do this because this is exactly what they want. And he then has to fight vengeance here. Essentially, he just like go to sleep. Pretty much just covers her mouth and nose and takes her down. And, like you know, just just go down there. And that's all you really get from the vengeance of slash Bane front when you, when you talk about the idea of like Bane secretly the one that actually did A-Day, even though it doesn't make any sense. I'm like, tell me more. And they're like, no. No. And and I like the idea. And like, I like vengeance because, again, it's not just the, hey, everybody, the girl version of Bane. She had that different deal where she was programmed. He was able to break free of all that. And that's where he yeah. says, you're better than this. I was able to break free. You can, too. Come on, daughter. Do it. Show them that they're nonsense. So he's actually, even in a way, attacking back at the people who tried to mess with him in Santa Presca by getting her to realize her true potential and things like that. But it's hard for her to do that. And it seems like a weird way to go about all of this, because I guess the underlying thing is somehow with the cloning process, we're able to put a uh, put a Bane and an Arkham who was then killed. So the people in Santa Prisca would know, think that he was dead so he could get back at him. But then you also have vengeance. The daughter of Bane, who they're going to use, but he doesn't want them to control her either, so Bane can get back on top of her at Santa Prisca. And I'm like, just say the fucking Scarecrow did it, and I don't, I don't know how else you're going to do it. And you say that. What's weird is you have this Joker book, and then again, James Tynan's leaving. And to leave, he ended up convoluting the shit out of everything. Instead of making it a little more there, – there was a simple path, or a more simple in my mind, that you could have went with, but – Going with Bane, it's called day, like, resin, seemed odd. And the, the idea that you could have just ended up where we just go forward, we see Gordon. The big thing is that, the, I mean, the whole book is based on the idea that Gordon's hired to kill the Joker. Will he be able to do it? Will he follow the advice of that cop when he was just starting out saying, if you have a chance to kill pure evil, you do it because it will haunt you for the rest. That's the bit. But we get the Bane stuff. It's all fudging up the works here. To then get to that part at the end and like, 
that's it? Like, really? And now we have to add an issue because this, I think that when they saw this, somebody must have said, no, 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 this, but I don't, like, this book sells great. I don't think it's like, we'll add another issue because we want that last bit of sales. I think they're like, this is bullshit. We need to, you know, tie something up here. And I just, that whole skew with Bane and AJ did not need well, to the happen. the weird part with the idea of tying things up because you have such a large cast of characters and not really dealing with the Joker as much. Because then you have to deal with the idea of Cressida, this woman who hired Jim Gordon to kill the Joker who has a connection to the Court of Owls. And in the explanation of why are you here, but really, I want to take down the network. And the best way to do that was to draw you out, have somebody kill it so the network would show themselves so we could take them down. And in order to show all of this, we then have to tie back into a decade ago when James Tynum was on the Talon book to when Cressida's father was in charge of the court of Owls and teamed with Bane and they're going to do this. And then figures the like, oh, my father wanted to like, you know, make the court of Owls bigger and better. And maybe through the network, they could do that because they're working on cloning technology. And maybe that's a viable way for talents to be cloned instead of the Electrum to bring them back from the dead. Again, it, it's just this, <laughs> did it hit for this you? Thing I mean, where, like you're telling me all this backstory and how your father was taken down and you want vengeance and stuff like that. You're going to work with Bane to do it because of the father's past and stuff like that. And I'm just sitting here, I'm like, why is James Gordon Jr. a talent that we had issues and issues ago? Please show me what's going on with that. And you even said, like, the idea where the talents, they kind of had some, you know, tough times. And the idea of tying it back was intriguing to you because this seemed bigger. And maybe we'll find out something else going on. And that's cool. Legitimately, the talent series, I just looked it up. The talent series ended March 26, 2014. That's how old this was. That's when it ended. Plus, I just want to point out, because they end up saying, like, and, and some people will think, oh, man, that's so clever. It's not. It doesn't come off as clever to me at all. It seems like a weird explanation that just is thrown out there. The other thing I want to bring up is the idea that that Talon book was pretty good when it was yeah. Scott Snyder and James Tynan doing it. The minute that James Tynan was doing it himself, it became a shit-ass book that was not as good. So the idea that, oh, go read James Tynan's town. I'm like, nah, I think I'll read the first trade or so when it was Scott Snyder and James Tynan's town. And even if it was Scott Snyder giving the story or the basis of it, the minute that it became the credits of just James Tynan, it was not as good. It wasn't very good. It ended up very wonky. Oh, Marguerite Benet ended up going on this. You ended up Tim Seeley wrote an issue. I mean, at the end, it just wasn't that great. And to throw that out, it ended up where... They put the trade out this week, so or whatever this big omnibus. I'm like, that book does not deserve an omnibus. We and you are fans of it, but pretty much the idea of that book getting that, that is ridiculous. It wasn't that great a book, and it wasn't even reviewed that well back in the day either. They're just trying to get that James Tynan name on something else to sell because they, you know, what he ends up doing seems to be solid gold to people. So because of the network, though, and the Court of Vows and what happened with Cressida's father and stuff like that, she teams up with Bane to draw the network out and also to take down the Court of Vows because she's done with this bullshit, especially after saying, you know, I just imagine it's like she's sitting there like, I really don't like these Court of Vows. And all of a sudden the Batman laughs, talk, like kills that little girl in the wheelchair. Like, I'm really done with this shit. But now, it's like, I want the court to fall. I want the network that protects it to come down, tumbling down to. Bane wants his blood out of the hands of his captors and wants to tear down the system that has kept them for, in power for too long. And the order to do that would have taken you know, the Joker, flesh him out and be able to do everything that we want to do right now. But you're not getting at this issue. 
but our, because the thing is, you end this whole segment with Crescent, given the backstory, it's very convoluted and doesn't really come together in my mind, with Jim Gordon putting the gun to the back of the Joker's head, because you remember what his buddy told him when he's in Chicago, if you see evil, you aim for the head. And then you just go back to where Jim Gordon has returned to Gotham City after his deposition with Madame Halloween, and sitting there, and he's waiting for Batman to talk to him because he's in the shadows and he wants to know where the Joker is. Yeah, and it, it, did he kill him? Did you do that? Now, I'll just say one last thing about that Talon deal. When you were saying that, I was thinking the idea when people see that, please don't think, in my mind, I don't know what you would say, but please don't think that if you end up being confused with some of these things, that you'll get answers from reading that talent on the bus or whatever. You're yeah. not. That doesn't have anything to do I, with this. I just say, it's, like, hey, Bane was in this for a little while at the court of out. It's okay. more of a advertisement to try to get you to buy uh, something because it really doesn't tie in. You're not going to get any more answers or whatnot. This is just go with this. And uh, the idea... I wanted to take down the Court of Owls. I wish Gordon was like, I looked into it. They were getting like bums. I'm telling you, the Court of Owls, every time they showed up, they were taking down a, a peg. So it doesn't matter. I think they took themselves they took out. Themselves out. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? I mean, they were hardly what they were. Out, they had nothing left. Also, I just want to I just want to say one thing about that, too. Just because me and you were at one point fans of the towns and then going into like the We Are Robins where I they were big. I still am a fan of the towns. They're still fun. I don't like the idea at some point where they decided we're going to make clones. The idea of the Talon itself. I like the concept of what we already had with these people put on Did ice, these former deal. So because the idea was like they wanted the, the network to make clones because they're interested in because maybe it was a more viable way. That I didn't like the idea because that seemed like the biggest tradition of the Court of the Owls. Even thinking of doing that, I Revolver died, Jim. Yeah, I mean, I and guess. And then be revived by Electrum. Yeah, I mean, maybe do just that, right? Of Electrum. Yeah, maybe. They ran out of Electrum. They're just going to make clones and stuff. I think that this ended up where James Tynan Trying to pull these weird things together, and it didn't really work that well. I have a bottle of Electrum left, and I have a full bottle of Dionysia. Oh, no, I got a lot of cloning uh, technology I can do. Uh, And a shit ton of money. And, oh, no, Santa Prisca, they got a hold of it. Shit, what are we going to do? Vengeance. Oh, my goodness gracious. Me and Bane, we're going to tear it all down together. Yeah, so, I mean, you end up where, in my mind, I love that. Did you kill the Joker? Where is he? I'm like, I don't think he killed America. That's just me. But we'll see. But then we find He's out there's really dead. 12 Jokers is what it is now. You. Batman's like, where is the Joker? Well, where is he? That's the <laughs> He's doing the pipe. I don't know. That's how it ends. Batman punched him in the face. But then we go to the backup, the what and was the, the punchline backup of kind. And it still is the punchline backup. But we're left off with Sam Johnson's punchline backup with the, t- the trial of the century. Now, the like. He even mentioned it. We didn't know. even say it. In the, in the issue, they even like, hey, that trial went. She's out free. All right. Um, I wanted to know what Alexis K was going to do now that she was out free from being found innocent of being a punchline murdering kind of woman kind of thing. I want to know where that went, where Bluebird went, where Dr. Leslie Tompkins went, anything involved in that situation. Instead, he did this weird thing where he focused on a war veteran who had PTSD and came back and doesn't know what to do with herself because of the anxiety she has. And she turned to drugs and everything like this. To one point before Alexis K became punchline, she was testing out her Joker toxin and then, you know, experimented on it with a bunch of people in an alley who were homeless. And this army vet was one of them people. And the thing is, out of all the problems that this person had, the Joker toxin was the first thing to bring back the smile. So essentially what we have is a story that takes place during the Joker War with a very odd-looking Joker in this issue for what we have. But the idea that this person is going to lay a trap for uh, Punchline because they want more Joker toxin because they want to keep their smile. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. And the funny thing is I'm thinking in my mind, okay, 
We have another issue coming in July that'll finish it. We have to wait a couple months because this was a last second. Hey, everybody, we're going to conclude this when we didn't hear. So we're going to have to wait a couple months. And when we get that, I thought that what we were going to get is, okay, they, they're throwing this out there, but we'll get the answers later in July of what happened to Bloober, what happened to all this stuff. It doesn't look like there's a backup while we get back to July and this says end. And I think that that's it for the punchline story overall. I even looked up the solicit doesn't mention and in a backup and there's no other writers mentioned nothing like that it does look like you're just going to get the final issue and it says the clown prince of crime had one more trick up his sleeve a thrilling surprise final issue how did gordon escape texas what happened to bane of vengeance did the joker get the last laugh find out i i get the texas thing yeah we already see him in gotham side i just need to you know see what happened to bane of vengeance and also the joker but it doesn't look like we're going to get more of anything well like you said that the idea of having a punchline backup that's fine but you also had it be a lot of you know harper row cullen run like all those well, you know, like current you want a punchline stuff to continue her storyline now we're just going back and doing a prequel during joke war which doesn't do anything but except for introducing a character here who wants to smile back but for some reason because it's like their faces become all messed up but like you know whether from this with a smile on the one side it's almost like a two-faced s kind of thing this is a very hulking kind of person that doesn't feel like like right for the situation out of nowhere it feels like the joker talks did way more than it should have but ultimately it doesn't do anything for the character except for you know, punch i did this and you know everybody had a laugh oh man what, what a gag and uh yeah i'd like to know what again harper is somebody joker we Thompson. like colin the whole idea with all those going on and it's just even even the you know, the Royal Flush Gang and Orca and stuff. I, I kind of wanted to know what happened with some of those characters and what might have been like. Yeah, just the ending. It's like the Animal House ending where we get to see where they are going forward so that maybe other people can pick them up and do things. But in the issue, you just find out, well, you know, they let her out. They they said she was innocent. Cool. Off you go. All right. A trial of the How much more punchline are we going to get going forward, especially with Dark Crisis going on? Stuff I don't like know. That. I just wanted to continue. Even though I wasn't loving the punchline backup story, I wanted to continue that to see where it went. Yeah, and I mean, we get the, you know, Ghostmaker and Clown Hunter going about doing Batman Inc. You just need that little in to get Gotham Girl back this. We need a little in of what maybe she can end up doing. It's a weird week. Yeah, maybe, you know, joining <laughs> some crazy. I, I mean, you could end up, I could see her as a dark version of the Birds of Prey to go against like a Batgirls. That'd be kind of cool. Something like that. You, you could always come up with an idea of something, but. The backups just ended up fizzling out and they just went on too long. And it's a shame. It's a shame because I do love Punchline, I say, uh, every week, right? So, but yeah, obviously I love Punchline. Big loves Punchline and once more. And I, I wish that it was just set up more to have a little more of an optimistic feel of, okay, we'll probably get her later because the idea of Tynan leaving, you're wondering, oh, this is just going to be put away or whatnot, but we don't really get any. Signs of Joshua Williamson's continuing on Ghost and Clown Hunter just so they're not thrown away. Joshua Williamson seems to be hip on continuing some of these characters and things like that, so that's pretty cool. So we'll see how that works out. But what would you give it? I really enjoy the art and the main story, and actually enjoy it in the backup as well. It's just the stories of like you know, you get explanations to things in the main Joker story. Are they like really great and told really well? No, it's kind of very static and just told you what the entire story's been for over a year without actually showing you anything, which is very disappointing. 
And the backup story itself was nothing and a prequel that we didn't need to, the punchline story. So ultimately, even though I liked a lot of what we got with the explanation, I didn't like the way it was presented. The art was great, though. So a 6.5 out of 10. Yeah, I think I'll go 6.5 as well. And the idea it wasn't a satisfactory, you know, it didn't feel satisfying. All the issues we went and all the mysteries and trying to figure out people coming up with theories and stuff like that of what was going to happen, what was involved, and everything got fudged up at the end. But we do, go read we do end up, yeah, no, you do end up having that deal, though, coming up. We get a final issue in July. And, and at that point, I, I, I can hear both of us, especially me going, yeah, I kind of got over this book by now. It's July, and we're going to go back, but hopefully it's satisfying the way it oh. ends then, and we can kind of get some answers. And I don't want to have a, a series, which you like more than me, but I didn't hate. I ended up enjoying it at points. It was really cool. We get me and you both like Vengeance. To get at the end of it, to have it such like, Texas oh, Chainsaw. man, this didn't really work. It ends up kind of giving you that bad feeling throughout, like, oh, man, this wasn't worth the journey. And it's a shame. It's a shame because there are some cool characters and some cool moments in here. And a lot of times. But ultimately, Bane did a day. Yeah, doesn't I mean, make any that's sense when everything me. started feeling wonky. But even then, we, you know, we had such great moments as Gordon in a cafe, Gordon in another cafe, Gordon. sitting down and talking about what's been going <laughs> yeah, on. Gordon waxing poetic of what happened the issue before at a cafe. And it, it feels weird, too, that, you know, Barbara is pissed at Gordon for making them go back to Gotham to save him because, I don't know, if she's just worried about what he did with them not watching him closely like a hawk or a bat. But the idea is like, look, Dad, I still love you, but I can't talk to you right now. I'm like, you don't even know what he did. Even the fact that he threw out that he knows that she's Batgirl in this, but we've never brought it up again. I'm like, come on. There's so many things left on the table. James Gordon Jr. That's something that you'll say later, like, oh, man, and nobody will remember it. Even the idea that Gordon knows that Barbara is Batgirl, that you can feel right now that that could easily be just like, yeah, that never happened. Just push it aside. Hey, I said that, but eh, we're not going to deal with that. Uh, because it didn't feel like it had any gravitas at the end. Anyway. And, and what that, so it's felt weird. It felt weird. And you're going to end up with this, too. The idea that Batman comes in, I mean, this could potentially, you know, we'll find out what happened and where the, this could really end up ruining the relationship between Gordon and Batman. But I never felt like that. I, just like, and private investigator, private dick, Gordon coming out of this and whatnot, because I, I don't know. I, I just kind of want him back in the police department. You want to be commissioner again? I don't know. It's funny. I wish there was... What's time. Your, Renee Montoya doing as commissioner, I know, really? Not that, I mean, I don't know. Letting, you know, Mayor Nakano run roughshod. I don't know. But the idea, I wish that the being commissioner and a boss. police officer, I wish there was some way that it was almost like you're a, like a baseball player. You can get set down to the minors again. I don't mind. I would like old man, I'm too old for this shit, Detective Gordon out there with bullets. All of a sudden, you want him to be a beat cop, yeah, giving yeah. people fucking j- like tickets for jail. And I say this, that's kind of what you're going to get if he does end up being the private investigator. I really but I kind of discuss the idea of him not being commissioner anymore because he was infected, and the ramifications are like it. And it always just felt like that was an afterthought to that, like, oh yeah, this thing did this, and then we're moving on. Maybe that's the problem with uh, stuff and. You know, what would be the of the now coming from even metal, death metal and into this where you had some huge moments that never really felt like anybody's talking about or using or ever explain or whatnot. And it just ends up feeling like, oh, here we go again, because nothing felt big and nothing sticks. But hopefully the start crisis and everything coming will will change that a bit. Maybe within everything matters that they can really delve into. Maybe we'll get more stuff like that and we'll get beat cop Gordon. I don't need that. <laughs> I don't know. Who does he team up with who he thinks, you really are crazy, Montoya? 
I don't know what he ended up saying. I can't remember how much money the Cressida offered. Was it thirty million dollars? It was a lot. I don't recall anymore, but like, I just want him to be richer than Bruce <laughs> by the end of this. Now that would be hilarious. All of a sudden, he's funding Brett Batman and stuff like I that. I just want him to be so over the top where Batman comes in. Where is the Joker? Here, here's a couple thousand. Just leave me alone, Batman. <laughs> he's throwing money out everywhere. of nowhere. Batman's in a jam, and Jim has to get into the freaking rookie suit again to save him. Oh, that'd be awesome too. But he bought the rookie suit from Elon Musk. It all works out there. He becomes Elon Musk. He's there. I'm buying the Twitters. I got the dirty billions. Oh, it'd be so cool. He ends up throwing shade at Dick Grayson because he gave all his money away, and he's poor now. Oh, look at you. Look at you, poor guy. Hey, what's up there, Bruce Wayne? Look at me. He's lightened his pipe with fucking $1,000 bills. <laughs> That'd be the best. Oh, my goodness. He ends up giving Bullock, hey, go get yourself a, a new suit and maybe bathe. Bullock's like, fuck that. I'm using this to go buy some booze. That's what I thought like anyway. Video and cat you be you, Harvey. Get out of here. All right. He's just paying off everybody, throwing money everywhere. <laughs> fucking money bags Gordon around town. Got a pink stim suit. I'll be the best. Walks up and slaps Mr. (laughs) Worth because he's worth more than him now. That would be awesome. That's what I need. He just slaps him and then throws money at him and walks away. He's got a cane. I need him to have like He's like Kingpin now. He walks around with a cane. Oh, my goodness. He ends up going up to some guy and like, hey, I'll pay you $2,000 to go slap that guy in the face. (laughs) Oh, it's not Jim Gordon in his golden years. kind of a dick. I'm telling you, he is a dick and he better have that money because at a point in this issue, I forgot to bring it up. He ends up not liking the cut of the jib of a guy wearing a mask of a clown and ends up slamming that guy's head into the wall. Probably throws a couple thousand on him and goes, I'm like, you're breaking the law there, Gordon. Watch out. That's assault. It's assault. It is. And a little pepper. He was beating up a clown. Yeah, you can't beat up somebody who's just wearing a mask. Uh, I thought he was a Pennywise. Also, I I do love when he walks into town and he's like, yep, I've I've been out of here for a while. What the fuck is this tower? He looks at it. He's like, it's an eyesore. Also, they're trying to take back the name. I can't believe they actually built that Arkham Tower. I mean, he's the only one talking sense. He needs that money, Eric. And he says. Oh man, they say that they're trying to take the Why name back. That? If he gets money from this, and I'll be fucking kind of dirty money, but then you go into the idea that he does need something to do and wants to make a difference in Gotham, and then runs against the Connor for mayor going forward. Uh-huh. Now, now you're talking. Mayor He'd be a cool. Like, listen, at one point I was infected, but now I'm enlightened. That would be my slogan, Eric. As he go, don't don't bring up the infected fight. Right, yeah, well, he ends up then. It's like all he has to do is that Nakano is right for the attack ad. It's like the idea is like, man, I'm running for mayor. What's your ta- slogan going to be on your posters? One time I killed a homeless hooker, and now oh I'm killing the polls, <laughs> and now I'm just killing it. They didn't, don't bring up the first part. When, when he ends up where he is talking about that tower, it did make me laugh because they they end up they they're going to keep trying to push the idea now. We know that they're going to call it Arkham Tower because you need the Arkham in Gotham. There's no way that you're sitting there. Well, it makes sense. We're taking it back. There's not like Hitler Muse, like Hitler Hospital. You're not doing that. I don't know what's in in Germany. I'm not a worldly fan. That's what I'm saying. You're saying there might be. I mean, why? I don't know things. By the way, well, it is a town that has that Batburger and their Jokerizing fries two weeks after the, the thing is everybody's Jokerized. But still, it's like, oh, by the way, I'm going over to the Joker Bank. You know, the two-face this and that. Like, no, you shouldn't have called it Arkham, but you need an Arkham. But all that Gordon knows, it's nonsense. And I think that you're on to something. I think that that would be a cool deal. I would love him to be the mayor. 
And then he could yell things at Batman and stuff again. He could have that whole deal going on. He could pass laws, right? Is that what he does? Because Nakano, he doesn't have an eye for the future. <laughs> he has one. Oh, you're awful. All that. I bring up Hitler Hospital and you end up trumping me there, Eric, with that. But, I don't think I did. Uh, maybe. Hitler Hospital. Take it back. One's a fictional character. The other's a, a monster. Yes, but still, Arkham, you don't need to take that name back. It's so many bad things happen. You just name it something else. Name it, you know, the Alfred Pennyworth uh, House of Healing. No, we, got, we, right? we got that in Bloodhaven. Yeah, we do. <laughs> All over the place. But yeah, I need money bags. Gordon comes into town. He's going to be the mayor. That would work out. You get something for him to do. You have then where he ends up having Harvey as a site. That'd be pretty cool. I think that that would work out. You might be on something. But. I'm not hiring Harvey as my campaign manager. Well, I mean, Harvey's just there. He would give Harvey a job, Security. though. Yeah, I'm thinking, like, he uh, gets him to get the, the dirt. Because he is, Harvey gets a little, you know, he'll get his hands dirty. Sure will. Get a lot of himself dirty. Go wash. Yeah, you're like, get me some dirt on the counter. He goes, really? Read the paper. I mean, there you go. Honestly, all you got to do is run against him. It's a slam dunk. It's up to the play home run. It's so over-the-top slam dunk, right? Uh, but yeah, we're going to go now. We'll be off to yet another section of books. We'll finish this up with four books all right about now. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair. Blows kisses to himself, and he really thinks that tear is terrible. That's just every shake. Looking for a star screen, or maybe a hubcap. Spends all his money buying all that crap. Well, that's just every shay. Ah, yes, Eric Shea, and you got some things in the mail today. I got it yesterday. Listen to me when I talk to you, I Jim. just, when you yesterday. tell me that you had it, I ended up telling you I had a coffee maker that I got, and they ended up sending me two, and I was excited. And then you were telling me about your deal and said, does your coffee maker have a star on it? Sure doesn't. And when I said it did, you were confused. <laughs> I got a really weird coffee maker. That's what I did. Maybe the best. Yes, you uh, had some boys' toys talk, which always is ringing around your neck of the woods, as well as maybe jackhammers and equipment being run, because we were going to record earlier today. I am such an idiot for this whole thing, because we've had a note in the mail, I actually had it last Monday, where it's like, oh, your gas is going to be turned off, because we're going to be doing repairs and stuff like that. And I've seen them like uproot all the outside of my apartment building, doing all this stuff, but the thing is... I thought they were done already. Apparently, they didn't even get to my building because yesterday I came home to a note. Him for your gas is going to be turned off tomorrow. And oh, I'm like, all right. And yeah, they were around your place yesterday because I had to go there through all it. Week. But the reason that I'm an idiot is I had the um, the uh, the handyman. They came to my door and asked, does your stove, your oven, does it have a pilot light? And I'm like, why, well, yes. Yes, it does. Like, okay, we're going to be back up here in a few minutes to relight it because, as you know, the gas was turned off. And they're like, okay. And then the whole thing is they come and they do this, and I have to tell them, now the spark here, and as soon as I start saying the spark for when you turn it on, it has to take a few, like you have to, sometimes it doesn't work right away, but then I realize as soon as I see this, this man is here. Oh, yeah, since it has a spark, it doesn't have a pilot light. I'm an idiot. I am so sorry. You dummy. And did they look at you like, what a dummy. Yes, yes they did. <laughs> and even if they uh, didn't, yes. that's how I will forever see it in my mind. Yeah, it's weird when you say that, I get a little nervous and jerky, uh, because that's how I am, but also at one point our too much coffee, man. We, we have a oil heater. We, we end yeah. up having that, and it had some problems. And these people had to come check it, and they kept trying to ignite it, trying to light it. Like 
the thing is, you can't just keep doing that because it Watch starts me. to fill places. And uh, this guy almost died. It ended up blowing the panel off when he actually got it. It blew the panel off. Luckily, he wasn't right in front of it. But, hey, that's his fault there. But then this basement would have been haunted. It would have had the ghosts in it. I, I would still have... feel it already is haunted. I think it is. Haunted by a sad old man who podcasted his life haunted away. Haunted by a sad man who sits in a chair and falls off it on his butt. But with that, speaking of which, maybe... I don't even know how you're screwing up sitting. I don't know. This chair just hurts my back. It's a really crappy chair, and I'm too cheap to get a new one. But when we end up getting into these books, uh, this is the final section. We actually have a final section of four books. And with that, we end up having a bit of hauntedness in this first one. And I don't know if it's the idea of Doom's Doorway. Maybe it's ghosts. Maybe it's just haunting me that I spent so much time on this event that really sucked. But I don't know. It could be column A, column B, Eric. But this is Trial of the Amazons, number two. Does end the big trial deal, right? And Does it? I, we end up having some things coming out of this. We have a coronation. But we have these. But... This should be, you know, the end of the event. And I say should be because I kind of wanted we some things to tie That's up. as far as we got with the trial of the Amazons. And in the end, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. I wish I and had that the sound idea effect. of pushing back what we talked about last week with the uh, last was the Wonder Girl number two that we had with the, like, now, if you want to understand what's going on here with Artemis, you got to go back to One Woman, like 775, I think it was, or I don't even know if that's the number. But the last issue of One Woman before we got into the trial of the Amazon. We had the Battle of Bengal backup where Artemis talked to Hippolyta and Atalanta, and they had this pact about something that needed to be done going forward for the like the uh, wellness of all three tribes, and there has to be a sacrifice. And in that whole thing, it's like, okay, Artemis agreed to do this. Hippolyta's a sacrifice. She had to kill her for some reason. By the end, it's like, why did Hippolyta have to die? Again, that's, that's her business. <laughs> Just keep that in there. It's funny, too, because as we're recording this, we had done a Thank God It's Friday. And yes. we ended up doing the Death of the Justice League. And we had a bit of a, not a snafu. We just kind of sat and talked. We stopped for a second because of the idea of Hera and stuff. And then when that comes up in here with Yara, it started getting me angry again. And so all of this, though, with this trial of the Amazons, I end up with the Wonder Girl book. We end up, hey, it's Detective Cassie on the scene. We're not going to get much of the trial. But, hey, this is kind of, when you get a full-out trial of the Amazons, number two, you have to do something. And what you did with this is show that there was no story to be told. You actually left things on the table like old tomb where you have to just as an aside. Huh. Old tomb and his old submarine. Oh, no. The darkness. Oh, my goodness. The ooze. I just. What is going on with this? You have so many people. Writing a story. Jim, what's up with Medusa? At one point, you're even playing the idea that you think it's Medusa down there with the hair of Artemis, and it was, and it was Artemis. But even then, you have so many people involved in the story, you would have thought you would have had something come out of it. I mean, I know that a well, lot of even times. the idea of coming out of it, because going into it, we had a lot. We had a whole Nubia and the Amazon six issue mini that was the lead of this. We had a backup. We had Wonder Woman doing her own shit. But ultimately, what you end up with here for the finale of the trial of the Amazons was something that we were just simply dealing with in the Wonder Woman book that had nothing to do with this. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. But here's the credits, Aaron. Yeah. Should, should, should we give them credit? Oh, my goodness. Charlie Amazon Let number two. Let them who to blame. Written by Becky Clune, and yeah, the, she has her little input later the where they were like so impressed with that that they have to have an editor's note. Please. I think that that was like blame her. 
Michael Conrad, Mikey Conrad, Vita Ayala blocked us. Stephanie Williams blocked us. Joel Jones blocked us, Eric. It's a it's a murderous row here. Art by Elena Casagrande, Laura Braga, Scarlett Partridge, Adriana Mello, Joel Jones, colors by Ramallah Fardo, Junior Jordy Belair, and letters by Pep Rousseau. So we jump into this, and again, I didn't think that this was going to be able to tie up anything satisfactorily because the end we had too many things not being presented through this whole event. I don't even want to call it an event. Crossover event? I mean, the, yeah, maybe just crossover. Let's just call it. Okay. We're going to have a trial with the three tribes, champions from each. They're going to end up having a trial to see who will. Mascarin, Bannamigdal, and Escazina. Exactly. Who will guard Doom's doorway because Nubia Gotta has gone and there's no guard left. Now, with that, you end up having Faruka from the Bannamigdal ends up. Hey, hey by the way. I need to change these rules. We're going to add on to this. It's almost like you're there watching a game. Hey, this isn't fun. Let's bet. Hey, pray don't alter it any further, Jim. Exactly. I mean, here we are. We're in Cloud City. So you end up where you have now whoever wins, the champion wins. Then the queen of that tribe, that becomes the queen of the Themyscarans. They are the Amazonian no, queen. Three. Then you have, you know, Harry Potter-esque Wonder Woman. Who Got then out of nowhere says, I'm going to be in it too. I just represent nobody but everybody all the same. Cool, they never Diana. even stopped and said, time out. You know what? You are the Wonder Woman. Fuck Bullshit, <laughs> number one. Number two is, what if you win? Who then is this queen side bet deal with the side action and stuff? That was never said Wild to you. Wild card, bitches. You should, we should have realized right away. First off, Wonder Woman is not going to be relegated to just Doom's Doorway for the rest of the you know, eternity. That's a I very don't know boring. She would book. jump in for that. Yeah, I mean, really. I mean, she and they should have said, "Listen, you're a little too important for this." You, you really, and with all that, but with that, we should have realized that when she jumped in, the whole thing was already bullshit, and we weren't going to get a resolution. What we thought at one point was just going to be, "Oh my God, we all won the like the trial was within us all the time." It kind of ended up like that, but you have to at least have a trial. You have to have at least something where you can step back and say, okay, I get what happened. Because with that, you end up having in this issue, they seal Doom's doorway. But why didn't they do that? Like the idea of all this, of, oh, my God, it's it's running rampant. The ooze. Oh, we have to have a guardian. No, you didn't. You really didn't. I know the concept. They were holding on to this great, I was about to say great darkness, but that's going to be way too confusing. They were holding on to the darkness of the chaos energy to force it through. That wasn't what we were getting involved with. This just ends up at the end of just, hey, we'll do it. This is our sacrifice. We knew all along. In the meantime, Artemis, we find out, has killed Hippolyta. But that's kind of a whisper down the lane that it seemed like Apollo had set that up well, earlier as well. Well, thank God for Detective Cassie Sands, Mark. Getting to the bottom of that one. Well, she even says it again in here. I am a detective, you know? It's so funny because <laughs> they have to keep saying it because they won't actually show or, like, give us some characterization where Cassie Sands, Mark, is a detective along the lines of a Tim Drake from the Young Justice, stuff like that. We just say, okay, you get to the bottom of this, Cassie, and she goes around and tells everybody, I'm a detective. I'm like, you're Harriet the Spy. Shut up. Yeah, and, and with that, I thought that was all just busy work. They're like, we don't need her around. She does Even nothing. Even going to the Amazon like uh, like rainforest to go look for Yara 4, there was no reason for Cassie to go and do that. No, not at all. So when we get into this issue, all the things leading into this, this just ends up being chaos who is pissed off at Wonder Woman. The primordial Woman. entity of chaos. And the problem with this is, 
going back to the idea that everything that we're dealing with here is from the regular Wonder Woman book that we had before anything with the trial of the Amazon started, where she went to the uh, the graveyard of the gods and she then brought back all the gods that Janus, the Roman god, killed. But the thing is, in order to like you know, bring back all of these gods, one had to remain behind because there always has to be a price for something coming back from the dead. Dead man's like, I should have brought my person. I'm like, there's no reason for you to be here, dead man. <laughs> you don't make sense in this, dead man. Check this out. I'm going to leave chaos behind. But as Wonder Woman was leaving, she says, I will redeem you. But the idea of leaving chaos behind is what she had to do to get the rest of the gods back into the pantheon. And this, she tried to play that game again, this issue. But even when you have this, I don't know because out of Doom's doorway, which is not the same as the graveyard of the gods, for some reason we have chaos who's come back from the dead escaped the graveyard of the gods and is just here and affecting people with darkness that has to do with Doom's doorway, and I don't know how that works. No, and so when you go through this, it is all hands on deck. All Amazons on deck. We're going to have to fight this as a, a unity of Amazons and things like that, but at that point, there was really not enough to get to this point here. Like you said with Chaos, even at a point where me and you were wondering, the cat that they let out, all the yeah, ooze. the cat that they maybe have found in Doom's doorway and just let out as a pet, but we never went back to that. I'm like, I thought that was a big problem. Medusa, kind of getting yeah. hurt, that's pushed aside. All Tomb, which seemed to be the big thing going in, and I still no. think that something went wonky, and they ended up changing some things as this went. He but just blew the horn, brought back a kid to the Mother of Monsters, and moved back to a submarine. One of my other problems is, as we were talking about it, where, yes, you did see some people affected by chaos but not enough in my mind and not really clearly spelled out that it was that you had like two or three really you know Jumper. in your face deal right that but you never really saw at this point they're like oh man we should have known everybody's been but some of the characters that you don't know get got angry was it that the band of Magdalene, they're always angry so you can't so you had to have the black eyes not everybody was going with that and so when you get to this point i never felt that we had a, a push or a setup that we're like, oh, my God, chaos. They better. It just ends up being a fight at the end. Oh, my God. They got to stop chaos. Chaos is throwing shade at Wonder Woman. Which is weird because in order to have a fight where you have the three tribes of the Amazonians come together to take on the primordial god of like chaos. When you do this, like, oh, my God, the armory that we have, it's been destroyed. I'm like, I, I guess it has. I didn't really remember seeing that, but it's been. But we have a second secret armory for some reason. But we also have Diana's invisible jet down there. I'm like, how'd you get it down how'd there? It doesn't that? matter. Here's Wonder Woman 84 freaking gold freaking hawk armor and stuff like that. And all this other stuff that ultimately you don't really care about this. This is page filler because it's just our Amazons fighting chaos. But even that, it doesn't matter because out of nowhere, Antio shows up man. and this Atalanta like, you're going to draw this chaos bitch inside of us and go in here. I'm like, Antiope, you're here. I'm like, what has she been doing and why does it matter that Antiope's the one doing this? I know you have this character, the idea of Atalanta was a co-queen with Farouk and like Banabigdal. Antiope would help like found Banabigdal back when they left. And you have this whole like, you know, fam uh, family kind of connection with Diana, but it really is just two characters. Like, you know, Atalanta's been there. We've seen her in the background, but Antiope's like, I'm here now. I'm going to draw this chaos inside of me and Atlanta and me, we're going to go take this chaos inside of us, go through Doom's, Doom's doorway, and close that door behind us, and we're going to be the guards. And I'm like, okay, so... What, if, what, <laughs> what did we waste our time with? We closed the door, the door is sealed then, and now on the door we have the three crests of the three tribes, and I'm like, what the fuck did the Escazitas do here? Like, they're not even involved in guarding <laughs> Doom's doorway at the I end. I know. Hey, Eric, hey, stop it. They're, it's a unity. It's all, all for one. 
one for all. But hey, Yara, here's a tiara for you. I'm this like, this is up. the thing that goes on here that gets me. There's like, oh my god, chaos is attacking us. Time out, chaos. We got to go to the sec- it, it, the armory they go down to, and then the tiaramory. The tiaramory feels like again. We say this a lot, but it feels like kids in the backyard playing. Where I'm like, oh man, I got all of your weapons, Eric. You're like, no, you didn't. And all of a sudden, you have better things and bigger things and oh and my is, god is it yeah, just name or that when we open the secret passageway to reveal the secret armory of the amazons which honestly they are a warrior race of women who shouldn't have a secret armory because this is what they do they need to have all of these things there's no reason in my mind to have a secret thing that not everybody knows about especially queen for like you know uh nubia i'm like oh i didn't have a chance to tell you i'm like i've been here for a thousand years what the fuck are you talking about yeah but, when you had this whole idea that there's a secret army and then Cassie disappears, this doesn't make sense. Because it did to me that the prison where they used to it's sell down the there, right? artists is down in the, the secret fuck put tunnel. Her there? They didn't know about it. Nubia should have put her somewhere. Like, and- how did you find me? I'm a detective. <laughs> <laughs> Nubia would have been the one to say, take her to the deal, but she didn't know about this. This is nonsense. Also, I see that the sorceress of Grayskull felt that way. Did you see that? The little headpiece of the sorceress there, right when they walk in? It looks like that. Uh, but when they end up doing that, you have to look at it and see. It really does look oh, like yeah, it. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, doesn't it? It, it? kind of That made me smile a little for you, a little He-Man deal. I'm but, sure the thing, though, is that that's something else that has to do with Wonder sure. Woman. That, like, I just, because you have all these little moments here, like, just like, Hey, here's this this cape that Wonder Woman once wore, and here's the '84 like Wonder Woman gold armor with the wings, and here's the invisible jet for summer. It's just bullshit, but it doesn't mean anything for the trial of the Amazon. Supposed to be that wow moment. The wow moment to me would be a story. Yeah, well, yeah that'd be the real moment. Wow, they did it. I ended up hoping that you didn't know, like, oh, the war chest of Nike. I thought you were looking for boobies. You, you've been into those lately, Eric. I just wanted to make sure that's yeah, not you okay. my yeah, most of your my life. life. Yes, yeah. So when you get this. It really, like you said, they gather up some weapons. But I was, and honestly, you say the word chest of Nike that we have here. I'm like, where the shoes? Yeah, really, it's in the shoes. He's on fire. Uh, you end up where they grab a bunch of weapons. Cassie goes off, like you said, in a really Artemis, odd way. Need that your help. Who put Artemis down here? But maybe it's not. Maybe that it just really feels like that's how it's played off. If it is, it's still bad because that's how it feels. I mean, you have to really be a little more clear. With that, if they were going down and Cassie wasn't right there in the war chest of Nike, if she said, no, 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 I got to do something quick before you guys go down. No, she just takes two steps back, opens up a door, and then there is Artemis kind of playing, like I said, maybe the idea that that might be Medusa. It was a weird little in the shadows deal. And then it's just Artemis. How'd you find me here? Hey, I am a detective. Yeah, you could say that. You can keep going and with that. And that's all she's doing. It's not going. And as they do that, there's a bunch of earthquakes happening because of chaos and things. Okay, so nice. it didn't really even matter Doom's at this point. The doorway is open. Bad shit's crawling out of it. But it doesn't really, like, I'm, I hate saying it, but it doesn't really matter because it's just I'm a spread page for Amazons to fight Fuck with you. all these monsters coming out. But they ultimately don't do anything because when you have Antiope coming up here, because we have our Amazons one by one being consumed by the chaos and that darkness didn't play and takes out them well, over. Though. And then we can say, hey, sister, reach inside yourself, take control, and they can overcome this darkness, which a lot of them do. But all of these monsters and stuff like that, it doesn't matter what? because it's just <laughs> Antiope and Atlanta taking the darkness into themselves, walking through a door and closing that shit. And I'm like, did you take all the monsters with you? Because where'd they go? And, and with that, here's my problem. 
you end up saying things before we see things. So you end up going, oh, my God, all of our sisters are being consumed. I'm like, all right, well, I, oh, we go to pay. I see them now. Then you say, holy crap, there's Monster City here. There's monsters. Mon-. I, I didn't see any until we saw it in a spread page. And then you see a couple. It never felt big. It never felt like anybody was even the idea that they kind of do a timeout and run down to the armory while they were already being attacked seems completely. Well, they need some weapons, just the, the bullshit weapons. that they You go get. down there. We hold them up. They go down and they're talking. I mean, they're doing a walking tour, a museum tour of the weapons in the armor. The invisible jet of Wonder Shit is going down up there, but nothing ever feels like, you know, like I'll say nothing. I feels want them to present like it like matters. a showroom showcase. It would be that would be good. One dollar. That's what I would say all the time. And and you get the showcase of the award chest of Nike. I end up ski do and some friggin' you know pinball machine or <laughs> you something. You get the first prize. I'm like, what's going on? Never go for the first showcase. There is a Never. little tip for everybody out there. Whoever goes off the prices, right? But you end up where again. You almost feel like the stuff like you keep saying, it doesn't matter. A lovely trip to Delaware. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't need that. You end up where <laughs> these fights, they don't feel big. They don't. And by the end, you realize they didn't matter. All it was was to waste time to possibly show, oh, look, they're all getting along. Oh, my goodness. Because, yes, the power was within <laughs> us all. And now we're just going to be a united tribe. Listen to me. This is the idea where if you want to have this as an amalgam of something, this is what they end up getting pissed off in in the United States if you're in the United States, where, you know, you end up having uh, things trying to pass in Congress or the Senate. You have filibusters and things like that. This feels like this event because in the beginning of this, all they had to do was say, hey, let's all get together to this deal and go. And it would have been solved everything. Well, even the idea that we're talking about, we have to have a secret like uh, council in the middle of the night between Atalanta, Hippolyta, and Artemis because something is coming. They have seen the freaking prophecies. Hippolyta knows there has to be a sacrifice for all three tribes to come together. And apparently it's her. Artemis has to be the one to do it. She accepts this responsibility. But let's just tell everybody about this so we don't have to go through all this rigmarole bullshit because I don't know what you're hiding. Yeah, stop and I still the bullshit. don't know by the end of this why Hippolyta had to die from what we got here. Fuck you! And that was, you know, everybody, it's the common enemy plus the martyr plus the love. I. The idea that anybody would have thought coming out of this that we were just going to get... It'll come up later on in Wonder Woman. Right now, it just feels like a weird moot point. But we should know something in the event. And so when you get out of this, if you really thought that what we were going to get out of this was, oh my God, the Amazon, you got to get out of here. Ben and McDonald now control them. Kind of silly. Everybody should have known that what we were going to get is a combination of the three tribes. And now the three tribes are together, and everybody's going to play along. I'm sure this will be the tipping point that maybe is a part of what Hippolyta wanted with the sacrifice to bring everybody together. So all three tribes are together to take on all Tomb and the Enki people, and that becomes Again, the next but story all arc. Tomb and the Enki people, that was set up as if that was going to be something about this. All Tomb makes a sinkhole. And then gets the hell out of there and seems to have a bit of chaos with them on a submarine. I don't get it. It's the, you know, whatever. But with that, you end up with Doom's doorway sealed in a way that it's never going to affect any sort of books or whatever. You you, you get characters where people are like, oh, my God, what are we going to do now when those get? No, no, no. You, you barely saw them. So they're there. They're locked behind there. It's a big sacrifice for them. And they knew it. They said we understood oh, no. our fate. We were going to, again, somebody talk. Somebody open their mouth around here so that they know what's going on. And maybe you could have come up with a plan. 
that everybody could have done that and not have people die and have a cat run around. But yeah, you end up even the idea of Doom's doorway bringing itself up to the surface only seemed like a not only bringing itself up to the surface, but for some reason in beginning being a gigantic Doom's doorway now rising up like an elevator to the surface to open up just for like we closed it, but did it go back down to a normal size? Like I don't even understand. No, it, it. But the idea when you sit there and go, what the hell? Yeah, because it had to be, first off, it had to be in view of everyone. Plus, it had to get bigger because there was shit-ass monsters coming out. They wouldn't have fit. <laughs> so the idea of this is like, what? Well, I'm what telling you, from the door we had previously, I want to know how that big-ass <laughs> man could got out and no, made it to Egypt. There's no way. I think that was up. With that, you have just crazy monsters coming out. They would have had to line up so much. They're taking a number. They're going out. They're kind of going sideways Why like you. Why can't the Wonder Woman book just make sense? I know we're dealing with gods and monsters, but come on. Why can't it make sense and why can't it feel important and big even within itself? This ends up where, and again, some people like this. I saw some people online saying this was the best event I ever read, whatever, and everybody can like what they want. But the idea of, you know, me and you and a lot of other people listening here where the the crap that we've had to deal with with Wonder Woman where they just, I'm not even going to say that they get bad writers or whatnot. It's just these writers just can't get it right. They can't go and make this feel big. Well, not even the idea of Wonder Woman, but the normal story beats and how something unfolds and should be revealed doesn't happen. Yeah, no. And I think that a lot of things, and it happens again in this, like you said earlier, Wonder Woman leaves chaos, says, hey, listen, I'm going to try to redeem you. I'll help you out, whatever. Goes right back to that in this. And I really do think that there is that drive to never have Wonder Woman do anything bad. It's always, I'm going to redeem you. But then you end up having a lineup. We have Medusa waiting to get redeemed. We have this. We have that. She was fine. And so you need to, well, she had to be accepted, though, and they're trying to figure, but who knows? I think she just laughed, right? She left. But Wonder Woman really never can do anything or get anything done because she's just always has to be, you know, they're going with that part of her, not the warrior part that you got to combine this and you got to have a story. Every story seems to just be, well, we're going to show Wonder Woman's compassion. Oh, we're going to show this. This, though, I don't even know what these ideas that these writers got together in a writer meeting to say, hey, we should do this, this and this. I mean, what came out of that? Everybody's doing something different and nothing really. Hey, ju- hey. It's weird. Yara Flora got to have the, the title of Wonder Woman here, which I mean, Wonder Girl, that she's very upset about the girl part of this, but she got a new tiara. That's what you got well, out of it. Well, you this. go into the tiaramary and then it says, Editor's note, Becky Cloonan came up with that. Isn't that cool, right? Keep it to yourself. Don't out yourself like, like that. Like, I, I don't I don't need that to be pointed out because now I, I end up knowing who to get angry I feel like at. That's the most thought that somebody put into this I story. I actually thought in my mind that everybody else went to the editor. Even Michael Conrad, the husband, says behind, hey, can you put this note in? Because we don't want to be blamed for this crap. So they put it in. It is weird in this lineup of tiaras uh, that we have here that one of them is a Black Lantern tiara. I'm like, why would you keep the Black Lantern yeah, why would you do tiara this? here? I mean, why would if they're like, you deserve this one? Oh, thank you. Oh, my gosh, you're dead. Uh, but, yeah, you have all these. But, again, this seemed like just another extension of that weapons cachet, the yeah. Nike's war chest deal. And then you get to this, and it's just, what are you doing here? Hera gave you this tiara, and you don't like that bitch, so I'm going to break this. Like, oh, it really brought my uniform together. Well, here's a new one with three stars representing the three tribes, and now you're Wonder Girl. Can I be Wonder Woman? No. No. And, and with that, the weird play is here, she had a tiara. So you didn't need to do this. I understand the concept, 
but it's not going to be a wow moment to get another so, like, Tiara. Wonder Woman gave you the, the, uh, the, I mean Wonder Woman. Uh, Hera gave you the rest of the armor, too. you got to strip her down. Like, yeah, yeah, no, really. you put this on. And you don't like... Because you don't like uh, cats. It becomes this weird thing where she's just tearing her clothes off. Yeah, she's off. just ripping shit apart. It's and almost then... like the stepsisters in Cinderella. <laughs> I, I like the idea that this Tiara... She just kind of changes it a little. It's because she wants credit for it. Like, hell with that hair. Here's your new one. What's well, so funny, too, because like she, her whole method is like, Hera gave you this. And you don't like Hera, so I'm going to break this one. But here's a new tiara with three stars representing, like, your old one had one. Now you have three representing the tribes. I'm sitting there, hey, Wonder Woman, yours has one, too. You're going to break your own. <laughs> <laughs> she don't care about them other tribes. She she's a lip service. She's a gob with a fire over here. Nobody gives a shit. It makes me think back at the last issue of Wonder Girl that actually had on it. Wonder Girl saves the Amazons or unites and whatever. They're kind of going with that play a little. There's that little like idea of like, oh man, if it wasn't for you, Yara, we really would have No no no. She didn't do that much. You know, she realizes I have a bow. It must be a hunt. Also, then when you go to that next page where you have them, hey, you're now Wonder Girl. Girl, I'm a like, how infuriating is it after getting nothing in this issue? Actually, I thought it might be the best part of that for some reason. Like, their interaction, this knowing you are for and how this is. But it was actually it. shocked me to find out that she was in her mid-20s because it never That's felt weird. like that. Because it seemed like the whole idea of her was leaving home when she could have 18 years old. But now she's in her mid-20s. I'm like, whatever you say. But just getting a little bit of personality between you are for who she is to a Wonder Woman and they've never really interacted. I was okay with that. Yeah, I uh, I went to look at the credits to see if either Bendis was writing this or worse. This seems like Tom King straight out of Heroes in Crisis with the confessions. It seemed exactly like that and drove me nuts. The idea that we're going to waste a whole page of, I'm not a girl, I'm a woman. Yeah, yeah, but Wonder Girl, what? I'm not a girl, I'm a woman. There's Wonder Girl so ready. Yeah, I know, but it's just this, okay, well, you're Wonder Girl, all right. And then they go, I'm like, I don't need that. I really thought that they're now... Almost like, boy, we did it. Like you, you're going to light up your cigarette and enjoy yourself. Now it's it's jokey time because we really nailed it. And I I thought that it was ridiculous just to have that when we've all been calling her Wonder Girl for years now. So it just kind of felt silly. I know you want to say it in the book, but we know her as that anyway. But then they go and have their big speech where, again, I want somebody to get up in this and like, when are we going to get to the trial? But they're like, what? What are you talking about? It's Trial's over. over, bitches. Coronation's next. <laughs> what are you talking about? Over. Because as Nubia is giving her speech, thanking you all, Farouk is like, look, I know we were clashing before and I wanted to be queen, but you know what? Nubia is the best. She should be the queen. Long live Nubia. And everybody cheers. Yeah. Even that when I like when Farouk gets up and they're like, ooh, you better sit down, jerk. She's like, no, no. Let her speak. Let the woman watch. And she's like, oh, she's pretty cool. All right. I want to see where... The idea of all the pantheons are up there kicking the dirt, getting pissed off, like, we wanted a trial. We set this shit up. This was supposed to be about they, us as well. I don't really? know. And that the, the idea of this wasn't always just get the tribes together either. We did want a little bit of pantheon action, get these pantheons together, too. I agree. And we didn't get that. I mean, I don't know what the concept of this and what we end up happening. I mean, really, what happens? At the end, Doom's doorway sealed. It was before this. So, okay, you, you fix what you messed up. Well, even then. Nubia's I'm queen. S- she was before. I'm sitting there with the idea that Doom's door away from the Nubia and the Amazon six issue mini that we had for where it seemed like, oh my God, the Well of Souls has opened up again. We have Amazons coming to Themyscira for the first time in, sen- in like, you know, centuries. But at the same time, Doom's doorway is like cracked open, but things are getting out. Is it connected? I'm like, we're not dealing with 
any of those new Amazons Again, and no. the idea of bringing up the Well of Souls anymore. It's a moot point because we're not dealing with that doom story. It had nothing to do with it. I have no idea why it was brought up or put into a six-issue mini in the first place. It's almost like it, it's like a twist on the shade-throwing phrase. This event forgot more shit than we ever even knew. I mean, you end up where they brought up shit to not use it. They ended up getting you real inspired. I mean, you it, they were singing your tune at first, the idea of the Well of Tell Souls connected. Yeah. And so if you do seal it in this way, you would have thought that you would have had some Is it sort because of, of chaos. I don't know. I actually thought at the very end they were just going to get some of those new gals that came out of that. And that was the connection where when they came out, boom, go in. Maybe they came out in an infected way because of it. No, we, we don't really get much of anything with that. And I think it might be forgotten. The good thing that we had that connection between Nubia and that one new Amazon who knew her before her her life died. It's funny because a lot of people reading these things that they take a while you're reading through and you do forget about some of the minutia and stuff that led in, especially because I'm not just talking about the event, but even the Nubia book, the backups, all these things coming into this. But when you do like something like you were very interested in the Well of Souls, this like that's a wow moment in the Wonder Woman mythos. Not I just opened up a door and there's a bunch of weapons here and we're going to walk around. But they never deal with that. And they want to go. And I see, you know, some of them, some of them blocked this, so I can't see. But, you know, some of them are online trying to really push this idea that they are really expanding everything. Yeah, you got the tribes together, but you took a convoluted path to do that, took too long. And this event really was nothing. Is Nubia the queen of all three tribes? Seems like that's what they're saying. Is that what the coordination is? Because it's just Nubia giving a speech, thanking all of the sisters for being, you know, sisters in arms and stuff like that. The Baruch interrupts her and says, you know what? I, I, I've been talking a lot of shit lately, but from what I've seen previously and what I've heard right now, long live Queen Nubia. Here's Atalanta's freaking, like, you know, her crown, her helmet type of thing. Like, you should wear this. And she's like, you know what? You're Nubia's my friend like, as well. I ain't wearing that. Oh, hell, Nubia. And I'm thinking, is the Eskizita tried to sit in there like, the fuck are we going to tell our queen it was too sick to show up here that we don't want, <laughs> she's, she's no longer the queen? I'm telling you, who cares? They're back in Brazil. Like, is that become a next trial showing up when the when news gets back to the Eskizita queen in the Amazons? I what it'll be is the trial is actually the trial, you know, version of I'm your queen. I, I don't the know. The appeal we, of the Amazons? We'll see the coronation special, <laughs> the abdicating the throne special, the, you know, the rebellion special. Who and knows? If that wasn't enough to satiate you through the trial of the Amazons at the end, sitting or standing on, you know, his Enki people submarine around out the <laughs> outside of Femiscari. seems like chaos is not fully gone where there's a Venom symbiote that touches all tune, so maybe all tune going forward with the Yankee people will be a Venom or a fucking Chaos monster. I don't know. Chaos, but do we need that stuff? Like, what do you get? It's just, at the end of this, I don't mind, like, the idea in my mind is you have the combined tribes where that will allow then or maybe push the idea of maybe getting a couple books. Wonder Woman family expands. Maybe you end up having your. I think it's for having a bigger army to take on the Yankee people. I'm saying, well, we'll end up having some, you know, things that they can rely on. If later on Wonder Woman has problems, she might be able to get Faruka more than she would have before, and things like that. And then hopefully, because also Artemis is riding the rails. She's heading off to do what she's doing. She oh, escapes. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because we need to talk about that because she escapes during all the like when the everybody's celebrating. She makes sure that she doesn't have to sit in a cell for the rest of her life or go to reform island but when she was sliding the rails to get out of there 
It seems now that she has some kind of powers in her hands that I don't understand. I I'm don't like, either. Is that what you got with the sacrifice of a pilot of powers in your hands? And that's the thing. What Cassie, the right what Cassie did as a detective, she also knew. And she's such a sleuth. She ended up realizing, okay, we're in big trouble. We need Artemis. She's, we said before, she gets her out of jail. Actually, there's an earthquake. So she kind of gets out anyway. They run, fly out. And then Artemis does help in the battle. And everybody kind of looks at her like, oh, man, you're here. Okay, we need you. They even almost forgive her for that bit so that she can fight with your sister still. She's heading to Reform Island, Eric, she right? Have mistress. You know. And so, yeah, I know. And so when she ends up there, she disappears in the aftermath. Everybody's picking up. Oh, man, where is she? Oh, geez. She's riding the rails. She's going to be eating hobo chili soon, probably heating it up with them hands. But her hands glow, and she looks. And then she puts in fists like she kind of knows what that is. That's kind of intriguing. I'd like to see what's going on. Though, in my mind, Artemis, a really cool character, I don't know that you need to up the ante like that. We're going to talk about the same kind of deal with Scavenger later on in the podcast. Of Does that make the character better? I don't know because yeah. I don't know what it is. But is it needed just now? Just so I mean, just seeing her on a train going out, that would be like, oh, there she is. She got away. You see her hands glowing. Oh, my God, what happened? So they're throwing that out there. We'll see what that means. Uh, I think it's the power of Hippolyta. In the hands, it's the power Eric. of I love. Don't know. We'll see. We'll see what it you is. You see Lewis over here. He'll tell us all about what this power is. Yeah, everybody's like, hey, Nubia is still the queen. But it, it, it just felt like too cool. quick. Like you said, not only just the idea of the, the Escocita tribe queen never came here, but it almost feels like they're just like, hey, Nubia, and then, hey, how about this? Nubia's queen, let's go. There should be some sort of talk like about the this. The Bat and the Feniscares are taking advantage of the Escazita tribe. Like, they're making all of these caveats to what's going on without even considering them, and all of a sudden, at the end of this, it's like they're going to be enslaved by this people they just met. They're there, and the Escazita tribe, we don't realize Sisters. because the way it goes, they're speaking Portuguese, they're trying to yell stuff nobody understands. I think that means yes. Yeah, because it just ends up being. What they say? Oh, they're cool. It ends up being Faruka then just saying, hey, everybody, newbie is awesome. Queen. I'm like, that shouldn't be where this goes. And please, on, why not just have the council of get three representatives, have them there. Just do it like it is. Then Wonder Woman to interject herself a fourth. With that, when you said about the Escocita and kind of threw shade at them earlier, where you do have the three seals on the door. And the, the thing was, whatever seals the door of the gut, that's who the queen is. Why aren't they all like just queen? I just don't know. It just seemed funny to me that the queen was too ill to even show up for this first <laughs> meeting. Did, I, I got the idea. She just didn't want to make she the said travel. A representative. Well, I understand. I wouldn't want to do it either. We have no. We barely know how they got there. The Escocita, who knows what they had to go through to get there. She didn't want any parts. That amygdala like, really? had to travel from Egypt to America to go through a portal. We had these freaking Amazons in the Amazon rainforest that somehow just followed freaking uh, Yara Floor on Jerry the freaking uh, Pegasus, and they got there no problem. Yeah, they're at like Olympus's doorway, and they're doing all sorts of crazy stuff going on, but Everywhere still. you want to be, yeah, It was. It was a walking tour of nonsense. Uh, but yeah, I love that, that we're getting back by telegraph to the, to the rainforest now. What? Who's queen? I mean, really, all the Escocita queen is going to say is, they don't change shit for me. I'm right here. I don't care. She didn't even care to even go there. Everybody's hooting and hollering. Long live the queen. <laughs> Nobody recognizes or sees there's a damn submarine right there with all two of them just watching with, with the, his binoculars. <laughs> With this venom symbiote chaos 
ooze. There's the cat. What happened if he was like stroking the cat and was there? Like, oh my goodness. Cats Chasm. don't like water. It'd be really upset. Chasm. I mentioned that today. <laughs> I mentioned that this week. Ah, oh, yes. Oh, Ben Riley. Uh, but yeah, by the end, you get the coronation special. I'm like, really? Like, I still want the trials. I don't get See, it. I really like the art a lot for this trial, the Amazon's number two. But as a conclusion, this whole thing that never seemed to really start up and having no real answers or doing anything that it actually did set up or the things that it did set up in other books coming out of this for no real reason. I give this a four out of ten. Yeah, I'm going to give it a four as well. It's, it's not good. It's really not good. And we got the war uh, for three. That was a bit of a downer. And we got this now concluding. Well, it really was a downer war. as well. We need the Shadow War to kind of kick it up a notch maybe here should and just get wait going. For Dark Crisis. Yeah. Well, you also said maybe you'll go with the uh, Flashpoint Beyond as well. So you'll count that as one. Is that an event? It's just like a book. Yeah, it's you know, an event really to us, my man. I'm going with it right now. It is an event from now on. Ah, uh, but we'll go to the next book, which is something that oh, there Shay was. Uh, Liking the preludes too. Then suddenly, what Eric, I don't know if you know this. Suddenly, then I have this book on my pull list in a weird kind of situation. But then I don't anymore. Whatever. I call it fake in the funk, but it's, it's a weird situation. Aquaman number three. I was looking ahead. I ended up telling you if I didn't like it as much, it's off. It's off. Written by Brandon Thomas and Chuck Brown. Art by Max Rainer Hi-Fi and Anne World Design. So we end up having a bunch of things going on in this. This book. Atlantean sleeper agents who have been living on the surface that are being Manchurian candidated to freaking come alive, blow shit up and create Atlantean symbols for some reason. Yeah, yeah, Atlantean symbols. And so with that, though, you have a Jackson Hyde who's upset about his dead black mana. Or a Calicum of the black mana book that really felt like it was setting this whole idea up, but it's doing something different along those lines. With that, though, you end up having a lot pieces in this book where we know now it's going to end we're halfway through it's going to end and i think that there's so much going on but yet i don't know if i'm that into a lot of it you end up having what is wrong with aquaman where throughout all of this everybody's saying that i'm saying what's wrong with jackson yeah i'm saying what's wrong whatever because aquaman doesn't seem off the idea of him teaming up with black mana in this day and age and the things going on especially with jackson and has his in dad, this day and age it didn't feel like that was so crazy <laughs> especially because it is jackson for how like poorly not poorly but for how looking at jackson how almost mismanaged he is in with all the adults in his life who are letting him down the idea that he doesn't know his place in the world being a part of the Teen Titans, but also not being a part of the Teen Titans, being Aqualad, being like, you know, Black Man's son, but also from the uh, from Mara's colony as well, which I can't remember the name for some reason. It starts with an X. Zebel. Yeah. Zebel, yeah. It's just he doesn't have a real place in the world, and he is seriously struggling trying to figure out who he is. And it just seems like Aquaman, being the real mentor that he is, is willing to put everything that he loathes, everything that he has fought against in his entire life, willing to put all of that aside. To go and team up with black men and not only stop what's coming because of what um, Ocean Master Orm and anybody else who's aligning himself with them, but also to make sure that Jackson is okay in his own skin. I'm like, this is fucking Aquaman. Jackson losing his fucking mind, torturing people, going to Gotham City like a madman. I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. Yeah, and so with that coming out of the Aquaman the Becoming, which not a lot of people read. So we ended up talking about him. We ended up reading them all. You end up having a deal where Jackson's mom ends up being hurt she's in a coma he blames himself she took a bullet for him Jim. she's also angry because black mana wasn't there and didn't ask about her and things and like there's that a lot all more that. things to be angry about as well on top of that he's angry coming out of that book where you like that idea i mean you argued about it i said that i didn't i thought that he was like weird angry and going and then into this one 
he just ends up where they really want to push that, but they've kind of gotten away from it just being, you know, his mom. And I think they've lost track of some things. And he is going around torturing people. He's running off, you know, rough shot in this sort of place without actually sitting down and saying to Aquaman. Now, with that, he has to leave Aquaman because Black Man is there. But Black Mana and Aquaman teaming up, there is a reason. He more storms off in a huff than he has to leave because Black Mana is there. He ended up grabbing a body that he thought Black Mana was killing and ended up taking off and saying, the hell with you blasting through a wall, going there and then really throwing shade to everybody. There, that Aquaman's an asshole. There's something wrong with Aquaman. Has he been acting right, Mara? Not since he got back from Mars with Frankenstein. Because that was set up earlier as a way to get Arthur out of the book was that he went to Mars with Frankenstein. Sounds like an amazing story until you find out this issue. He was only there for about four hours with now Dr. Frankenstein, which I want to see more of going forward. We didn't think that he was acting that strange. There is problems. He ends up realizing that he has to team up with Black Mana plus Black Mana being Jackson. That it's all that going. But yet Mara says he has been acting weird. Jackson, he's acting weird. He's acting weird going. When we do find out like that ends up being intriguing to me. Oh, my God, is it a white Martian things? Or did he end up going something? No, no, no. It's just that he kind of remembered that there was these god darn, you know, sleeper agents because he lost some of his memory after he died when Merrick killed him. And now he's going to go and try to stop it. This is such a weird callback to be the basis There's for too the much way going that you on. think characters are acting in your storyline for Merrick to finally confront Arthur with Black Metal, which obviously that's. That's a weird way to confront your husband because you don't want to confront him with his greatest enemy and a murderer. But for the idea that it comes out, like, what are you doing? Why would you act this way? And like, you know, do you remember when I died? You mean when I killed you? Yes, yes, that, that when you killed me. Well, when I came back to life, I didn't remember everything that I said I remember. But the things that I did remember were bad things that were and I'm telling you, He came back this a long time ago to now just get to the bottom of it with black mana after doing some Mars shit with Frankenstein, like, it feels weird, and, like, just the idea that you're calling him, you know, what we're dealing with, almost amnesia to a degree, and that's why he's acting weird when he didn't weird, be feel weird he before. He didn't feel weird like, before. I think it's such a stretch to make this the plot point of your story out of nowhere, now so far removed. But it would have worked a little better, because Mara then goes to talk to what is now Dr. Frank. He's the doctor and the monster. I want to know where he got his PhD yeah, at. I'm telling you, he went to Frankenstein school. Eric, he ends I'm up... T- I'm telling you, he made his own college on Mars oh, yeah. and made himself an honorary doctor. Well, again, he is a big character. I'm sure he has a bunch <laughs> of honorary doctorates. He's walking around like he's Shaq. You end up where you have Arthur go off, hey, guys, I have to go to Mars with Frankenstein. We said right away, where is that story? I mean, seriously. So oh, no, when, no, no, that. when you go to Mars, you have that's Frankenstein... My with a facility doing operations on some kind of monster or maybe just a weird red Martian kind of thing. Always wearing a lab coat, glasses, but he looks like he's almost like the smart Hulk here because you're used to Frankenstein acting a certain way. Yes, he's very gentleman-esque-like, but he is a warrior creature. He, this almost feels like he's smart Frankenstein where he's now Dr. Frankenstein. But when you oh, look at his facility on Mars, he has a complex like on the side of a volcano on Mars that's surrounded by a, a dragon. I'm like, Pretty cool. Fucking Mars, man. Well, and that's the thing. We wanted to see that story. So when you have Mara go to Frank, oh my God, Aquaman, he, Arthur, he's not, he's not acting right. I'm his, you know, love of his life. I would know. Jackson might be right. Goes he's operating says, on a dragon man now that I look at it. All you need to do then is to maybe have a little bit of a flashback to what they did and have something. You have Martians. Martians get you have your brains, Eric. And you end up having something where 
They had to stop they something that unlocked. I'm saying whatever would be on Mars. You just have to set up whatever happened with that ended up unlocking some memories of us. So when he came back, he remembered this and went. You had the perfect opportunity to do that. But when Mara goes, it makes it seem for two pages. Oh, my God. What is he stepping out? What is he cheating on her? It's such a weird play. Oh, man was here for a matter of hours. Three at most. He was gone for days. What was he doing? Is something wrong, Queen Mara? Arthur in danger? He is now. Like, the idea that we have to create drama by, like, the idea, like, he's so in trouble for lying to me. Oh, like, he's in trouble. You just sit down, have a coffee on Mars, find out what you did. Find out what like they that. did there. You know, be kind of the Queen Mara that everybody keeps calling you. The wise Queen Mara. Uh, Aquaman got called to Mars by Frankenstein for something that took an hour? Like, what were you doing then? Why did he need to go there? Because something happened. You could have just had that whatever they did, whatever happened, he ended up that that jarred his memory. Now he remembers that. Not this, oh, my God, I didn't tell you before because we've seen Aquaman for so long with Mara, and he never had a problem with this before. All of a sudden it's there just to get the story going and, and continue with these sleep agents is nonsense. He did forgive her a little bit too easy in my mind uh, when she killed him, so maybe oh, yeah. this is just a weird thing. Like, he's... He's been holding this grudge this whole time, but now he's playing amnesia while he's stepping out on her. Like the idea that he's just been holding this against her the whole time. Like, I don't know what happened. I, I, I didn't come back quite right. Sometimes dead is better. He's out there with Dolphin, Mara's sister Siren. Oh, that would be crazy. <laughs> we don't want to go there again. You got in fights with that. But when you end up having this, Aquaman is embarrassed. He seems guilty, uh, feeling guilty of the idea that, but it doesn't seem like it's anything with him. So the idea that he's keeping the secret and trying to underhandedly stop the stuff that is a global threat and really will make, you know, not only is it weird to keep it from Mara, it's weird to keep it from everybody. Once he remembers this, or if he did all along, he should have told everybody, hey, we got to deal with this because I think this is going to be a problem. But in the solicits, if you read the solicits, even going with it, there is that weird shift that it's supposed to be that this is Aquaman's greatest sin. This is Aquaman's greatest thing that he never... It it feels weird because I never at one time in this think Aquaman's to blame. You you don't fit. But so it feels like, you know, Brandon Thomas and Chuck Brown, they have to get you to have something where, oh, that's why he's sus. Oh, he's keeping secrets. And it just doesn't play out well. Well, even the idea where when Aquaman remembered out of nowhere now that he had to go and stop this because I don't remember all of it, but after I'd held the throne for many years, there was a general. His name was Mako, I think. One morning, he led me to a vault inside of a crypt at the bottom of a crevasse. <laughs> there was a door, heavy, the color of moss. I'm like, just get to the point. Why are you being all flowery? Can you imagine like if you're like asking me a story and I, I start talking like that to you? Well, behind I remember. It, behind uh. it were the contingencies. I saw Atlantean weapons inside that room and grand plans. The chamber was filled with terrible things developed and hidden away in case the worst ever happened. There was a protocol that called for the activations of dozens of Atlantean agents secretly living up on the surface to retaliate in the case of a catastrophic assault on the kingdoms. Agents can't stop themselves when they're triggered. I'm just saying there, I'm like, I really think this would have been a good thing for, you know, Ocean Master to do during the Throne of Atlantis storyline when he was attacking the surface world. When you have these things that you're setting up that they're supposed to be this big giant thing but never saw it before and where you would have had places where they would have come about and even the idea, again, I was king for many years, like how long 
as he's sitting there because he ended up seeing that. That should have been the first clue to maybe find out and do something Agreed. about that. Because it seems like, oh, wow, that's some shit. I'm going back to my chair now because he was king for many years, found out about this crazy stuff, and it took him until he died when Meryl was told him that she was pregnant for him to come back into life and to be born where we are now to say, shit, I got to get on this stuff. That's a weird play. Now that you're saying it, he actually knew about all of this. He ends up dying, forgets about it, but then only feels guilty about it when he remembers it again. But he years and years, he didn't give shit about it. He knew it was there. He was shown it. But now someone's gotten the contingencies going. It ends up making it feel like, you know, that's the button the president can put, you know, the, the nuclear button. He knew about this all along. Didn't do anything, but what's going on? Because Orm obviously knows about it. We find out and all these things going on. And even that deal where Jackson's going and pretty much torturing, almost killing Orm, felt like you were trying to play the idea that Orm finally is innocent and he's nope. just being abused. He's not. He leads Jackson what to a jerk. Gotham where he was supposed to lead Aquaman to. But, you know, torture will make you say some things because over at Gotham where I think the most the coolest thing that's going on here is when you have Jackson Hyde actually team up with Batwoman because that's a duo that I actually never thought I'd see together. That's a cool little duo. They have to infiltrate a party to get to the bottom of this whole thing. But then again, your story starts falling apart because we get to the bottom of who's behind this by looking at a heat source on somebody's ring. We find out that we have the situation where Scavenger, the classic uh, Aquaman villain, is here. And the thing is about this, I, I, I don't even know why you would do this. Like, there's a heat source coming from this guy's ring at a party. He's got to be our guy, so we've got to beat the shit out of him. But the background in all of this, it actually stems from that Aquaman 80th anniversary special, one of the last stories in that where you had Scavenger with his crew on the submarine who were going to the island looking for guide stones that would then fit into a scepter and you need a, a, like a, a certain amount of guide stones because there's more than just the amount that you need for some reason. But they fit into a scepter and then that scepter would open a treasure room. In this situation, they come to the island and he just happens to be holding one of these guide stones. And Aquaman, or oh, Aqualad, Jackson Hyde, has to fight off Scavenger and his goons until Aquaman and Mara show up and take care of the rest. They praise Jackson for keeping Andy safe. For some reason now, all this time removed, Scavenger has that individual stone because it says it got back to me. He put it in a ring, not in a scepter, to get to a treasure room. But for <laughs> some reason, he has it in a ring. It's giving off heat signatures. He's like, that better... You better look into that at some point, but they were just guidestones from sorcerers who had a scepter for a treasure room, and now Scavenger is a part of a bigger plan to get revenge on Aquaman, and Orm gave him better technology, so My now he actually has a there. cooler freaking set of armor, because it, now before we had is a bulky, almost like 1900 scuba diver outfit with the big helmet, and for some reason had a little teeth on the bottom and top of the, the glass in front of it, but now he looks like a badass, somebody that could actually be a threat to somebody with this almost nanotech-esque kind of armor that unfolds around him and he becomes like a big like powerhouse three times the strength that he had previously i'm like i want to see the scavenger going forward i have no idea why you did any of this stuff to say this comes back to this point in time with the seer or the guide stones doing this that and the other i'm like what the fuck you doing i know and then you have you know crazy the atlantean symbols on buildings they're looking into it yeah you know uh, vampire Kid. But what does it mean going forward where we have a situation like Vampire Kid is one of these Atlanteans that's been fucking Manchurian candidated, but it's Aquaman a weird thing to have by a Mara. kid, right? It, it is. It's very weird. The triggers would have been from before. I, I, I agree. Know. But yeah, when weird. you have this going on with Mara, Aquaman, and Manta, 
Aquaman says, I have shut down the program so we don't got to worry about it anymore. But what does that mean? Have we shut it down so no no more people can be activated? Yes, the idea, the weird play is, is I mean, we did Was see. It all or nothing or we individual? We saw them shut down the signal in yes. the, you know, the Ninth Tribe, the West Wing, you know, when they were there. With the West Side and Ninth Tribe. It wasn't yeah. even like that was that tough to get to. It was in the building, in the ghetto. Yeah, he's like, I found out about that in the barrio. You, know? you end up where he ended up like, hey, I couldn't get to it. I, I ended up feeling guilt. Like, it's so weird to get everything seems like you're supposed to just like, I know there's suspension of disbelief, but seriously, you have to have a lobotomy. To end up thinking that some of these things tie in well and going, even the idea where you're talking about how Scavenger goes, you end up, it, it's from the anniversary issue, and we were excited yeah. about it. You really liked the story. We were going through that anniversary that you enjoyed. So we end up getting to this, and it's not really even spelled out well no, of where it not. came. Like, you're saying things that I guarantee, and I'm not being mean to anybody, because I'm sitting here like, Oh, yeah. Like, who remembers that and was able to connect it completely as you well, went that's through why it? I to make sure that I talked about it. I'm like, there's nobody going to understand this. And then when you actually understand it, it doesn't work. I'm like, he's Atlantean. Watch out, everybody. I'm running. Ah, he's going to blow up. Oh, my God. Uh, but, yeah, that shows you that they don't even know how to. T- the, the pacing of this story is so off. The idea that. You know, Aquaman says, oh, yeah, that now I'm feeling guilty about this because of the deal, but not tying that into going to Mars, then going and having this whole deal without of nowhere scavenger just shows up where most people just say, like, OK, I had a ring and now I can transform and it's scavenger. And so by the end, you, you barely can tell what the hell is going on in the story anymore, except the idea that they have to stop the. The, the sleeper agents But my big point And what I was getting to With all this nonsense Is that Aquaman and Black Manta Did shut down The signal tower yes. They shut it down So But what does that mean? Well, yeah Does that mean then They can't activate now And all these Because I see and activation the bottom line Only people being activated Maturing candidate style And just blowing shit up Is that the end game Of everything Just cause a little bit of drama Maybe some explosion just to try to take out some people in a single place with an Atlantean symbol. But is that the end all be all? There is no more nefarious means. Yeah. That. And like, how many are there? And then I even think the idea, because this is spelled out. Oh, my God. And it's always the same. And I know that you're always going to have surface world versus Atlantis. You have that whole deal. And this is kind of that weird deal of, oh, my God, if these sleeper agents, if they connect it, whatever. But we're at a point where Aquaman really needs to go to the U.N. or somewhere and say, listen. We got shit going on here. We need the world to help us. There's sleeper agents out there. They're not anything I did. Maybe that Even would still. Week. But you're going to end up having, yeah, you're going to end up having to do something to, you know, get bigger than just trying to sneak around and Jackson's beating up people. Like, I talk, swear man. from what we had, the technology that we had a signal going out that we could grab somebody like a cyborg or somebody who can analyze the signal going out, reverse engineer or just know where the signals are going so they can pinpoint the sources of the mentoring candidates. Boom, bing, bong, we're done. Is this coming from Scavenger and his new armor? Is that the ring? Are they able to activate him? And with that Scavenger's too, new armor though is a highlight of this book for me. Just yeah, it's this kinda kind of cool. The thing is, I say he's one of the biggest ones just because Aquaman doesn't have a lot of memorable villains. Not like a Batman or Superman, and Scavenger is almost a DOS kind of character, but he's also one of the biggest Aquaman villains, so it's great to see him here, and also upgraded to the point where it's almost like Year of the Villain, where we had, or was it Year of the Villain? It just reminded um, me of. 
But anyway, Lex Luthor gifting people with I better technology I think Lex gave him stuff. that, but he just didn't open it yet. It but was one of those presents. now a threat to the point at the end of this, Jackson Hyde's getting the shit kicked out of him, and we have to have Aquaman and Black Mara come to, uh, Black Mara, Black Manta to back <laughs> him up. So I'm like, I want to see this upgraded scavenger versus two Aquaman and a Black Manta in Gotham City with a Batwoman. Like, that story right there, that's enough for me, but all your background is fucking crazy to yeah, me. Yeah, it is. It is. And again, you said it uh, quickly, but the idea that Orm was supposed to send Arthur to fight this new scavenger. but He wants to test it out with the Aquaman. Yeah, and he says, oh, I wanted the real one, but you're still an Aquaman, so you're going to go. And, and it's funny because, you know, not I'm not the biggest Aquaman fan or scholar. Eric. I don't speak for Aquaman fans, but oh, shit. some of the bigger villains of Aquaman, Black Manta, he's now teamed up with Aquaman, right? Yeah. You have Orm, he's in jail. Orm's in jail. Yeah. Some of the other bigger ones besides scavenger are surface world and atlanteans i mean everybody's against them you know what i mean like which in the last decade so with that there aren't many and i wanted to bring back aqua beast scavenger the last time i remember really seeing scavenger besides he was in one of the uh side deals one of those digital deals but uh, the last time i really remember him was in the jeff johns when it was ending his run of aquaman and it was a pretty badass scavenger it was coming down and attacking Atlantis and things. I like scavenger. I'd He's better than the fisherman, I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. So you have, like, you go, it's funny, too. It's not that he has, like, you could point out. Somebody will say, oh, he has all these villains. He's one of those with the rogues gallery that goes from a couple A list, right? Black Man and Orm. Pr- yeah. Then you go to, like, one C, and then you're down to, like, you know, X. Like, even Black, like, even Man's Sister Siren is not, like, an A-list, you know, Black That's Aquaman villain. That's what I'm saying. You have such a drop-up. Like, a lot of the things you'd be, like, Batman, obviously, and those, you'd have A, B, C, D, oh, we gotta, you know, there's such a drop-off that you're like, holy crap. Aquaman uh, villain. Yeah, Let's I'm sure this there's right a here. bunch of crazy ones. The but- Dead King, Triton, Cherub- uh, Cherubdis. Fisherman, the Trench, the Thirst. I'm like, you, you'd all remember these characters, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know. A uh, random ski do, possibly uh, nets. That, that's a bad one. I mean, netting it's just those gets plastic them. through a six pack. Oh yeah, pack. the plastic six pack things that gets them. Dead. That actually goes and, and hurts dolphin. Eric, oh my. Uh, but with that, yeah, you also have like trash island. Don't get, don't don't start talking to them about that tuna boats. You don't need that tuna boats. <laughs> Thank God the dolphin free tuna. <laughs> that's true. Oh my goodness gracious. Uh, yeah, some of the other are like so yeah, Aquaman. The the price of fish at that moment, I mean, that, that's tough on them. Uh, yeah, you, you don't have a lot of stuff going on. So with that, kind of cool. That's kind of a cool deal because he is a classic I think villain. I'm looking at right here. The top eight doesn't even have Scavenger in there. Really? Yeah, I, I like Scavenger. But Fisherman, I'm like, Scavenger's a way better villain than Aquaman than Fisherman. But when you end up, I mean, seriously. When you end up having a story, and if we were going to write, oh, we have to write a digital first. We say we're going to write a digital first. We get any villain for Aquaman. Almost always you're going to have, you know, Orm or Black Mana. That's If you have Batman, you can sit there and, oh, my God, which one would I use? I have such a pick. And that's, you know, the top of the top. But still, it it is a shame. But this ups the ante. He's actually able to hold hold his own. He ends up having the connection there with Oh, Orm. shit. We forgot about Queequeg and Liquidator and Krakor, Hagen, Giant Krakor. Jellyfish, Dagon. <laughs> is everybody's villain, I'm telling you. Creature King, Captain... Oh, we did forget Captain Dima. We do know that one. Boogala. Oh, Boogala. I still like Krakor. I need back there. Right? Krakor. Admiral Strom. Wacky Man. 
Cordex. Quisp. Oh, where's Quake? Oh, the King Shark does count as a good one, too. Toxin with two X's. Well, if it was three X's, I'd be real interested. Weisbog. Dr. Deering. Carla. <laughs> Unthing. Awesome threesome. I had one of those once. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even get that. Didn't even know you knew math. Here we go, though. At the end, you end up having that powered up heel and... In comes Black Mana and Aquaman says, get yes. the hell away from my son. And, and, and through you, this. that's enough for me to really say that I want to continue on with the Aquaman series, even with all the backstory and all the background that gets our villains where they need to go, or even where our heroes need to go. It's bullshit to, to the most part for just to get the drama going through your story because of what you're tying in doesn't make sense. Aquaman and his weird tying it to his death, even though he's on Mars for like four hours doing all this weird stuff. I don't understand the choices that are being made, but thankfully, we can, we have our trio of characters here going to take on the uh, new scavenger, new and improved scavenger in Gotham with a Batwoman with amazing art. That alone makes me happy for what's going here. And I like parts of this. It's just as a whole, Aquaman is really losing its the wolf luster. Man. But I will give us a 6.3 out of 10. Yeah, I'm giving it a 5. And it, it's very much close to the FU variety. I won't because I like the art. My problem with this is it's a convoluted story. You're really not telling your story well enough for people who, you know, didn't read Aquaman the Becoming or that anniversary. You can't, you cannot rely on the idea that Eric Shea is going to hold people's hands because the convoluted nature of you trying to explain that even, doing your best to do it, it's so over the top without any editor's note, without ever playing. And that idea that suddenly Aquaman... You needed to know more about the guidestones that went into a scepter that would open a treasure room from the sorcerers? <laughs> but why do we have that... And not have Omicalicrom going on. What's going on that did the or people? Who, whatever. The, the people really, that doesn't matter anymore. That seems to sure be pushed aside. And that makes Bye, you where the writers of this book who did both the Becoming and the Black Man is Jeff deal, Brown and Brandon Thomas. You're almost telling us that that really didn't matter. The idea that you have Jackson mad, that seems all you have to realize is he's angry from that deal. He didn't need anything yeah. else. I honestly don't feel you actually need to be coming or black no. man to know but then what's why, going on. Why then, here. if you do that, it's still not new reader friendly because you're throwing in stuff from the anniversary, anniversary issue anniversary in a way that's not that. well played. And it so, matter. all of a sudden, you can just go with the idea. And I hate to say it. It's all based off a ring on Scavenger. I have no idea why he has that. If you didn't know that, though, you're just like, what the hell is this ring? Oh, I don't care. He's powered up. Let's go. He's a scavenger. He doesn't even know it's giving off heat. It's not good storytelling to go. And so this idea, just that Mara goes to all the way to Mars and says, hey, what was Arthur doing those couple days? Oh, he's only here for an hour. Oh, man, he's in trouble. Dr. Frankenstein was a highlight for me, too. doesn't say what. Did he do here? What were Dr. you Frankenstein doing? on Mars operating on a dragon man. Come on. Yeah, before that, though, we thought, man, what's Aquaman doing you, I, on Mars with Frankenstein? I will tell you, I will go down to a six because I thought of a situation that really bugs me right now that I wanted to think about, but I forgot. But the reason that Aquaman and Black Men are able to get away is because the security force that were supposed to be monitoring the area, the guy they were playing was Call too busy Duty. playing Call of Duty instead of watching the monitors because nothing ever happens on the west side of the ninth yeah, side. So know. why bother? So I really, really dislike it when you make Atlantis so human. It really kind of bothers me. <laughs> I thought you were so saying so incompetent, Atlantian but that's kind of human too. I'm like, I don't need that shit. Yeah, it, but it's it's called Call of Underwater Duty. 
Eric, is what it's called, right? The everything. It's like Mariko Tamaki, everything space. You end up, but I did like, though, that the one girl there said, and I thought it was like, you got to protect us, you know, our, our ass is grass there, buddy. But I do like, actually, they are a little bit loyal to Mara. Oh, yeah, they call Mara instead of going to anybody about it. That girl, gem of the week, I liked that part. And just one panel where you do re- get reminded that, oh, yeah, Andy's around and her mom loves her. I mean, I know that you like Mwah. some of the other things like Frankenstein doing surgery. Dr. Frankenstein on Mars operating on a dragon man. Say those words. He says he has a doctorate. I love the idea as a lab coat on. He's got the thing. I don't know. He's playing Operation. It's what he's Melmoth's doing. Melmoth's beard. I'm a fucking genius. He's fucking off up there. This means nothing. <laughs> oh my God. Like you said, he looks like he's got tongs. He looks like me at a buffet. Esquire. I got tongs and a fucking he's also spatula. A yeah, look at him. He went to the Frankenstein College of he's Mars. He's a small town Top monster lawyer. Oh my goodness gracious. Look at this guy. Uh, but yeah, I'm a five. Hey, just this book. The first issue I really did like. I thought we were yeah, getting yeah. somewhere. I thought Thank that, God it was on your pull list. I know. I mean I would have <laughs> missed out on it. We had three more issues left, and I'm still just waiting for what I really kinda wanted in this is to have at least an understanding between Black Mana and Jackson Hyde that they can go forward in yeah, a way maybe that even AI grandpa Jesse. All you need, yeah, and so at the end, which we probably still will have, but you're convoluting it of the idea of Black Man, you're not so bad a guy. He says to Arthur, then, hey, don't tell anybody I got a rap. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck off and leave. But then say, you know, leaves and, and we see that he's watching over Jackson or they have, they meet some side place and they talk, but it's still he's bad, whatever, but. We're not even getting close to that yet. And it does not have a feeling in my mind. The only thing feeling that I get from this is, oh, yeah, the Justice League's dying. And they end up saying, oh, someday you'll be the, the Aquaman's in the Justice League because some kid sure goes, will. he's a Justice League. I'm like, what? Like, not stop yet, it. kid. Yeah, not yet. The kid's like, I just saw the news. Justice League dead. All right, there, kitty. Uh, but yeah, that's he's I guess one nothing. of the future seers. Yeah, yeah, really. It's Nostradamus. The prognostic right in a fucking quatrain. The, the devil from the desert will rise. <laughs> Shut up, kid. To eat your lollipop. The Nostradamus. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nostradamus. Oh, that's good. Ah, uh, yes, but yeah, five. Now we're gonna move on to the next book and. I'm going to keep this this fun times there. Fun times Good. gone. This is what I call skewering. We have Swamp Thing number 12, written by Ram V, art by Mike Perkins, Mike a Spicer. It's Mike's. And I did a bit of car. It's not a mic. Uh, maybe drop the mic, Eric, right? Pretty cool lettering. Uh, but we yeah. go into this deal. Yeah. And this, <laughs> this is a book that you have liked more than me. I end up, and I, I'll admit it, I, this is not my thing. Uh, the you story, don't care for the swamp thing? No, the story told mainly through a calendar over here, right? Uh, yeah, really. I, I don't have a dog in this race. But you end up where you have the swamp thing going, a lot of narration, a lot of really things. And, and the weird thing that I got from this is where I was thinking, first off, what is the editor doing? you got to reel him in a little. But the idea of reading a book, there's a lot of times when you read books, and I like to feel smart. I'm a dummy. So when I end up reading a book, I like to feel There's like Waldo. I he like did to, it. Yeah, I'm like, there he is. He's the one with the blue shirt. You end up where he didn't do it. I, I like to, you know, read along as if I'm, you know, enjoying some things maybe, and also feel All like right. I know yeah. what's happening and I'm smart. But I don't. 
I don't really tend to really like books and I don't get the idea of reading a book where at the end you're like, I see people, oh man, this Ram V is so smart. He's smart. He's the guy. And I just, I'm like, it feels like I'm being talked down to. It feels like I'm being not attacked, but it feels like a book is being set in front of me as like almost like a dissertation by Ram V to prove that he got a brain and he's going to do things. Because when I read this, I, I got bored the first time. Second time through, though, I wasn't bored, but I just ended up thinking like, there's three pages where there could be a panel. There ends up being a whole half of a book that could have been two pages because of this over explanation and flowery prose to make it feel smarter than the non story we're getting. We're not getting a lot of story going forward. I really just want to know about the green and Levi. And now he's kind of no, going, he's expanding you. things. He's, he's expanding. But by the end, I just, I, I, this issue especially. Almost like when we had the hate bomb in the issue five. Oh, that's it very ties in the idea of a thought and what it evolves to become isn't it its own little thing because the idea of a Nazi bomb that like gives off this hate because of what it actually is. That was a weird issue because it came out of nowhere in the original of the Swamp Thing series before it was extended into what we have now. But it was a weird one off that felt like it was the precursor to what Ram B eventually wanted the series to become. But it just in my mind, mind we're talking about evolution of things. This D evolves into what everybody wants to do when they take on a Swamp Thing book. Even when we had Scott Steiner in the New 52 with the idea of bringing in the gray and the brown and the different avatars and what they meant Charles on top Soul of the did red it even and more black. Than and, and exactly what Charles Soule took over from Scott Steiner. One of the things that he wanted to do was like, oh, now we have the machines. And this is the avatar of the machine queen. And now that Ram B's on, it's like, well, here's the, the avatar of industry. And so I'm like... This is all we ever fucking do. And the thing is, they get lost and left behind by every new writer because nobody wants to deal with the other people's bullshit beyond the basic concept of Swamp Thing. When all I want you to do right now is that you're introducing a new Swamp Thing and a new corrupted green. Give me the basis of Swamp Thing. Yeah, that's what I want. And I want, and the, the parts that we actually Even get. Even Swamp Thing, but this Levi Kamei, let me know who that motherfucker is so I can actually feel like I know him and care about him. As Swamp Thing. People seem to think they know like everything about Levi. I don't like the issue at all. I like the parts with Levi, and I like with Sprout, the things explained. But even that, it ends up nothing can just be, hey, this is what's happening. Let's see what happens from there. It's always everybody. I mean, the way that these people talk in this book would drive me completely insane if this was real, where you go to say so, hey, how do you get to the, you know, the mall? Can you give me directions? Well, let me tell you. Three hours later, I'm like, where, when am I going to get directions here? You're talking about seeds and industry and all these things when I really just want to know about Levi. You have to understand the Jericho's rose to know how to have the hope to get to the Montgomeryville Mall. Yeah, really. That's what happens. And I'm like, and then I get there. The mall's closed Fuck there. Hamburg. <laughs> the, the mall's closed. It went the wrong late. way. So you get that, and I want to get more of... You know, Jennifer, I want to get more of Levi and their deal. And you do get, th- but it's always like, oh, Levi's yeah, I'm going to throw this in. Levi's back. But I don't ever feel like I know Levi enough. I don't know the characters in this book to go. It's always this flowery prose that does Im- it seem to impress everyone. They seem to think, oh, my God, because a guy sits there and goes on and on and on about just, hey, listen. Your brother is now within the green and we're going to protect him and he might be able to sprout later. He might be able to come back. This happened to me. It just goes on forever. And people seem to like it, though. Nobody's buying it, though. And it's one of those weird things 
with the idea where they make jokes that sporting events is a big thing. Like Wilt Chamberlain scored a hundred points, uh, the one game, but it, was there. but it was in Hershey. There were ten million people there at a game that had five hundred people in the stands. Everybody was there. I don't so know if you know this, but I was there. Again. Yeah. So with that, I see so many people. This book's the greatest. This book's the greatest. Oh my god. Why isn't it selling? Why isn't it a deal? And it's not. It's like Swamp Thing's a niche character. I know it is. Love, but it's not like a Batman. But or I a do Superman. end up seemingly see where this is. I mean, Ram V's big stake here. He has his one, uh, his indie book that people did really like. But again, that's an indie book. It's not going to sell for the most part. Most people are hinging the idea that this guy is getting jobs at Marvel now, and it's from the Swamp Thing run. And everybody, oh my God, it's the greatest. You got. I never see it in any sort of sales well, it's at all. because he wants to tell you everything about what he's writing except for the, what the book is, The Swamp Thing. Here, and just as an aside, just to pull this back, if you don't know, I have a Marvel podcast as well. And he oh ended my. up, yes, this week, and it was on our Patreon, but this week For there's Godfrey. a Carnage book. I'm, mm-hmm. And that's maybe that's why I'm, I'm losing my mind. This is my second Ram V discussion here. In that, you barely get carnage. I mean, this seems to be his thing. He does not like it's always going to be the things that affect the main character, the things that not even just villains, just the idea of the, the whole landscape of things. He really wants to go into details that may or may not make sense or make anything matter. But he's really into that. He's more of a tone than a story guy. I'm not that big a tone over story deal. So when you go, I recognize this as being a well-done issue. I think the art's incredible. I mean, the art oh, yeah. is unbelievable, uh, especially with, again, the tone of the book. It fits it perfectly, like a glove, they say. Uh, but when you go into this, I end up at the end, and I'm like, what the hell? You, you go to Detroit, you have Jack Hawksmore. I mean, you got to center on Levi. I mean, he's in Detroit. What are you trying to tell me, Detroit? You don't listen. Wait. That's the worst part about it, because Jack Hawksmore is a city speaker. He derives all of his power from how big a city is, and he's going here to help the city. Like, what's wrong, Detroit? I'm like, you are fucking way too late to save Detroit at this point in time. And I think if you read a newspaper, you'd know what's wrong with Detroit. You don't have to freaking ask the ghosts and the hobos in an alley to find out. But it just seems like a weird situation that's forcing itself to tie into what we're currently dealing with with Harper Pilgrim, our main antagonist, who now has become the avatar of industry. But I just don't understand, like, industry has passed this city a lot, like, aside, and I'm like, I don't understand how that has to do with anything for Swamp Thing to actually have to show up and save Jack Hawksmore from the ghosts of Detroit's past. But when you have this, we're, we're continuing on with the idea that I talked about earlier, where a writer is taking the concept of avatars and ideas and the evolution of that, becoming a physical being, pretty much rewriting its own American gods from Neil Gaiman for what it is for the idea of industry. But when you have Harper Pilgrim, Mr. Pilgrim, who was a part of this whole organization that actually wanted to do all of this in order to get himself an avatar to extend himself beyond what he normally is. That's why he has sent Levi over there and then eventually found the, the desert wanderer avatar from the first two issues of the Swamp Thing. We had Jason Woodrow come in because the Philonic Man knows about this stuff and starts putting that desert wanderer avatar, the dead version of it, into Mr. Pilgrim, replacing parts of his body, replacing, making him something new. And now you have Harper Pilgrim, who had parts of the Desert Wanderer placed inside him, becoming the, like an extension of the thought, becoming something more like we talked about issue five with the Nazi hate bomb and what it means, how it affects people around and stuff like that. But I don't understand, is it because Harper Pilgrim is the new avatar and it's based on what he is with the Desert Wanderer that now he is the avatar of industry because 
He says, I understand now. I thought I was a desert avatar. I drank crude oil, walked like an asshole through the fucking woods. I mean, through the sands. But uh, it just seems like it's become something else than what it was with the original avatar because he talks about like, um, I am not the desert. I see this now. I am not made of of sand, but the bone of the buried in the, in the name of the railroad and the idea that it seems like he almost puts his own ideas into this whole thing to make himself what he is. And I just don't understand because now he's just in a fucking room surrounded by cogs and gears doing bullshit. And I don't understand where this came from. Is this a part of his power? Is this just a symbolism that I'm mistaken for actually being there? I don't know. God damn it. Now you made my score go down. I'm telling you, when I'm going to talk about this and say this, I know there's going to be somebody out there, you know, some big brain. I like Levi. I like to call an asshole. But they end up where somebody will be like, oh, I know and go with this. I think that where I really go with and talking to people about this, my big thing is if they end up complaining and saying, oh, Jim, you're an idiot. You know, you just don't understand. This book's great. If if I would say to 99.9%, explain it then. Tell me what happened in this issue. They'll have no idea. And then they'll get mad and go, I just like it. And then you go because when you go, there are missing pieces that I don't understand. Like you can't have a machine with a missing cog. And I feel like we missed It's a concept, though, that we're exploring. And it's not a a defined thing because it's still new and still evolving like the story discussed. So you can't really put a finger on the road. I want to know what we're talking about. I don't want everything to be left to be vagary. I want there to be an understanding between the writer and me with what the work is being done here. The idea of this being a, a better made written or whatever of that Aquaman book, whatever. But you end up having a powered up uh, scavenger. I kind of know what that's all like. Okay, he's powered Pretty up. Cool. He's going to fight, right? All right. He's got a new suit three it times stronger. It may not be as fancy. But when you get to this and because this fancy. is issue you. 12, I'm saying not as fancy as this book. So oh, you end up you. getting you're at issue 12. And when you look back, you only just end up going, well, I mean, this is part of the course. If you said, this is why I, I thought like the Hawkman book, again, to get more people pissed, Hawkman book where you're going to redo his deal. It was really good at one point. Me and you were really into it. You got to a point where it kind of overstayed its welcome and didn't have much to do. And I feel like this whole series, Ram V doesn't really know an end game or what he wants to do here. He just wants to give out his concepts, which are neat. And I'll tell you. This idea of this industry, the cogs, even Jack Hawksmart coming in and trying to talk to Detroit, that's a little more elevated, a little more thoughtful than what normally you'll get here where you'll have the avatar of the memes. I mean, you'll get like, oh, my God, the the online Twitter has come to life. Like, that's the shit that we usually get. At least he's pulling back and making it feel actually more classic with what he's doing, especially with the railroad and stuff. So he is making it feel like it would And then the fit. Civil War and how he's a part of this, the evolu- like the Industrial Revolution of America and becoming what it is and the cogs keep turning into and this idea of born new things. And then with Jack Hawksmore, with the ci- and it's a city in decay, kind of. There, These feel more classic than what some hacks would do normally and try to make it in the here and now, but it's still why. I need to know why we're spending time on this with only now a couple more issues left in. We got like four left. But I wanted to know, I still don't know Levi. If Levi showed up right now in the Justice League book, full out Levi, because when Swamp Thing shows up recently, they don't spell it out, though, because how can they? We don't know. I don't have a thing to say, oh, that's Levi. We just say that's Levi because it's Swamp Thing and it might look like him. I'm talking about characteristics that I would say, oh, man, we need Levi Swamp Thing here. Oh, man, that's such Levi Swamp Thing. 
We don't like, know. As you say that, I'm like, how would we know that? Because it's more of a stoic avatar of the green yeah, kind of character. Yeah, but you, like, you have to have something. Because even the idea of a personality is like, I look at Swamp Thing, I'm like, oh, I know that's Alec Holland behind that green ass face. I'm like, no, it's just more of a stoic. He's 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 the avatar. He is that is what he is. I, if Levi's big thing to let you know is everywhere he's one of these assholes that go around saying Bing Bong. I'm like, I don't want Levi. There's the thing, then. Then I'm going to tell you that this character is not made to pass on the mantle. Then why do it? Why have that mantle? You would say, because then you get a background, find out, but we really didn't get much. We got a little bit India, that stuff deal. Never really dealt with it and still are dealing with Jacob. So you have to do something where if I'm an editor and somebody comes in, I want to change up something. Give me a reason why. Why are you going to do this and how can you make him different? Because if get you can't. excited because we say we're doing something. Didn't get anybody excited though. People are talking. It's not selling. So where's the deal here? If you end up having a new character, you have an idea. You got to no, really no, tell no, me that you work. can do that and then go. You end up having, you know, uh, what's it called with uh, Dr. Fate. You have a new Dr. Fate. He has a, but he's different. You oh, end Khalid. up, yeah, Khalid. Yeah. We like Khalid. You know, his series well, was a little wonky. Just taught me Khalid. <laughs> yeah, and even then, the big thing you can say, Khalid, you can say, he's younger. There you go. At least you have something. You need something He's actually working his way through med school. Yeah, yeah. And his poor dad was a doctor, and now he's a cab driver. We we see, but I know that stuff because we learned that. Terrible Dr. Fate in his own series, though, but I like him now. Blowing up hospitals <laughs> and stuff. But <laughs> Fucking planes crashing down. It was a struggle, Eric. It's a learning process, learning curve. That's my big point here is I don't know when I keep saying I want to know more about Levi. Well, I'm hoping we do by the end of this. If he's going to be Swamp Thing, yeah, we want to have it if you're going to continue a book because you need that other part to, to tell a story. But if it is just to get another Avatar of the Green, he's just going to be the stoic Avatar and well, the whatnot. Thing is, so. Even right now, beyond the Indian connection that we have where like his family's from India, his brother wants to... I think the brother concept will be his defining trait because even when you have Jennifer Reese here, who uses Teffy Holland as a way to breach the green, to really talk to like, you know, Levi and get him out of the green itself and make him less Swamp Thing and more Levi, you know, pull his roots up a little bit, move back to reality. We have this whole thing where everything that he stands for at this point in time is what's going on with his brother, like uh, Hedera, who is now corrupted the green through his hate and like uh, his rage for wanting to be the Avatar, be chosen like Levi has. I think in the end, because that has to be, if even if you go with Jennifer Reese's girlfriend, it's just like we have Alec Holland with Abby Arcane, that's just, just another human that the Swamp Thing loves, and like, you know, that's about it. I remember we thought she was not on the up and up and things like that. because she was working for the the Pilgrim. Like, maybe the defining characteristic beyond the idea of the brother, like the evil brother that he might fight against or maybe team up with, or whatever it means when we finally get the corruption out of the green, with this whole thing will be that Levi can transform back to human for some reason. And so when we're going through this, though, again, the brother, I think what they're doing, is not just putting him aside. I mean, they really are like, okay, he's going to be in the seed. We're going to put this here. I do think at the end, to let the the end, you might have like Woodrow or something go, and oh my, what's this? Or I got this. Oh my God, he's got his brother. That might do a deal. But with all of this going on, even that corruption of the green, my biggest problem with that is, is that I don't even feel it playing out in its own book here let alone being a big thing that well, they is, talk about you know, it around. Here, at least for the first time in a while, which I appreciate, and how we're going to fix that. It just feels like it's something that was thrown out there and was discarded a bit by Ramby, who has, I mean, this guy has a trillion ideas in his head. They're flying around, and he puts them all on the page. you got to center this. This has to be tightened up. Tell a story. If you have this idea of industry, then Jack Hawksmore, I mean, 
you're already going too far. Jack Hawks was a little much. I mean, at the end, when you get to a cliffhanger and you're like, Trinity, the atomic, I'm like, what oh, the hell? Well, that's the thing, too. The, the concept explained, because for some reason, I, Trinity wasn't even in my mind when we started talking about this, because I was dealing with, you know, Har- Harper Pilgrim and the, the fucking avatar of industry, because escalating from what we had with the Nazi hate bomb that was left in England since the 40s, the idea at the end, because now that Mr. Pilgrim has become this avatar of industry, it seems like more things are waking up with the idea of what humans had behind them outside of your normal creation organism, uh, flora and fauna situation between the black, the green, and the red. Now the idea that the first like nuclear uh, atomic bomb test site, the, the Trinity site, has woken up after all of these years and it's going to put itself into a human form because of the, the people that made it. So now you just have a walking atomic bomb from the 40s going around calling itself Trinity because it had an idea that it should be more than it is. I'm like, tell me about Levi, motherfucker. There, there's Trinity. It's like, I ended up, I needed a form, so I took the form of my makers. I'm like, what, naked ladies made you? What's going on? I, there's some little unknown history of the atomic uh, deal. But with that tell going on, more. the way that he's playing this is that idea where you have the green, that natural deal, even the red, all that, the red. Now you end up adding these man-made avatars that are trying to fight their way. And it's American gods. Like you said, it's yeah. American god deal. I mean, you wouldn't bat an Especially eye. Especially that you're bringing them all out right now in the matter of what feels like weeks for Levi Kamei. You could just say, okay, I want the avatar of religion. I want the avatar of philosophy. I want the avatar of this, that. I mean, he's kind of just, and I, I think the book I'm is just sitting already there, like, too crowded. Specter kind of is. I'm telling you, the avatar of religion would just be this walking cross. Hey there, what's going on? Hey, or don't like, be so like, cross, Eric. Is what I'd Azure say. Azure is kind of a weird avatar for his religion. Where we have Zillow come down from the God. Silver City. <laughs> I'm talking the man-made religion deal. It's kind of a weird play to do it in a we universe a that we do have a god. Aspects but. the DC universe. For the presence. But with that all, you could just, you could name, you could have the avatar of the internet. The avatar, like that's, we said that. We had the machine and Charles Sewell. You the said everybody queen. tries to do this. It gets old because it never does it and then it's just quickly forgotten. Like how often do you deal with the brown and the gray? Yeah, not, that's the thing. Yeah. And so when you do that, people mainly kind of want to see the swamp things and see what's going on. Now with that, it's kind of why the book doesn't really sell because he is a stoic character. There. So you're kind of stuck in between whatever. And again, if people like this and, and you're you're liking it and you're telling me that I'm bullshit, do a favor to yourself and Ram V and buy the damn book. If you're sitting here and saying, ah, it's great, but don't buy it, then don't even say anything. Go out and buy it and support it. And then you'll get more issues and drive me even more nuts because I just end up seeing this and I just I need a story, not a theme, not a feel not a you know tone i need more of a story here and i want to know the characters because to me and i i've talked about this on our manga podcast little little deal there eric is i'm a manga podcast yeah i do eric i end up saying with luke hollywood i end up he's the avatar of sleeping and drinking you end up where we call that in my mind i always had said that i am a story guy (laughs) but then (laughs) then i realized though i'm actually more of a character guy because yeah. when you when you define a character, the stories then come naturally, and you could then work through it, and everything makes sense. And in this, we're not getting either yet, and it's too far in. We're getting thoughts and dreams and tones, even that thought, like you said, the hate bomb. 
that really is just kind of what you're doing here. The idea of yes, the evolution of that, the, the man-made thing that manifests itself as an avatar because of this world and how this goes and can affect things. But what's the catalyst? So I I don't know. And the catalyst is I don't know. It just what do we do? And at this point, I don't know enough about Levi to think, oh, my God, this Trinity is going to be real bad against Levi. Or, oh, my God. I can see it just because it's atomic energy radiation. I mean, I just sit there. That's badass. Tr- that's it. I don't think like, oh, no, at this point, Levi could not. Di- I-, I just assume that this avatar facing Levi is just going to be the equivalent of something like the atomic skull fight in the Swamp yeah, Thing. It's weird, too, of the idea where there's the, I mean, just thinking about the idea of a atomic deal and it, Again, we say man-made, but it is kind of, you know, atoms and stuff hitting. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, so when you end up where some of these don't necessarily have to be against the green. Some of these might just be upset, like, hey, I'm the young gods, you're the old gods. Just deadly radiation walking around like an asshole. And I'm walking around, and then you'd have to have Levi contain Trinity, but not really Trinity being bad. Trinity just being Trinity. Just going out there like atomic. Look at me. I'm I'm atomic. I, but the idea of even industry, like <laughs> think about it. Why would industry be upset about the green? Why would it want to stop the green? Because it's industry. For Woodrow to fuck everybody over for his own means. Oh, really. I, I didn't know you were going to say over. Uh, you end up like in my mind. There's a fun little play of like there's Jack Hawksmart. Oh my god, when a city. Does decay, yeah, you end Jack, up Jack Hawksmore. You don't just belong here. The, the vegetation takes it out. Like, is there the symbiotic relationship with things and stuff? Like, what are you doing here, Jack? I don't know. And in this, like I'm saying, the industry, it's just there. What what does it connect? I like the connective tissue of what makes that work. Why would it be against another thing? And we're not getting that here. We're not getting it at all. We're just getting concepts thrown out there and trying to be smart and things like that. But the art. Is, is stupendous it great. really is it's great i like a lot of the stuff that we're doing here but i have a lot of questions about it as well and i don't like a lot of wondering about why we're doing certain things that this far along now that we have finally gotten an extension to our series it feels like it's a whole new thing that you're setting up now out of nowhere that i can't say is gonna have a great payoff but i just want to learn more about levi kamei what's going on with the green and how this is going to affect one another and what levi is going to do as a swamp thing going forward not to mention his brother, which like then I believe is like a part of his defining element. That was the one thing that I was really interested in. Him and his brother but was setting up. Starts, when you part start just doing fucking avatars left and right, and so their assholes walking around. I'm like, I don't need that, and I just don't need you to have your flowery prose telling me about why these each individual avatar is the way it is. Just talking on and on with pretty much not really doing anything though in the book except for taking a page space with a fucking monologue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and 6.8 out of 10, though. I'm at a 5.5. The idea of this, like I said, you end up in my mind, he writes down, I'm leaving this room now, goodbye, and then sits there, puts it through the filter of nonsense. It's like, I must definitely, I mean, it gets so wacky. But I don't know if this is going to make sense to everybody, but in my mind, it clicks. The idea of this extension, you end up having a book where, yeah, and it was supposed to be 10 issues. Yeah, we, we laughed. It's almost like the Joker a little where you have to continue because you didn't yeah. really have an ending. But in my mind, when you come back, it's very reminiscent of the idea of what Tom King did with the Bat Cat book. You end up saying, hey, we're going to let him now tell his story to end it, and everybody's going to love it. And you get the ending. You always want it. And then when he gets there, he's like, yeah, fuck that. I'm going to tell some wacky shit and have all this going on. And it never really felt like it was what you had set up. So you get this extension like, all oh, right, we're going to learn more about Levi. He learned maybe a lesson that you have to do it quick. And then he didn't. It's just 
Now I have extra issues to do nonsense again And maybe I'm not ever going to say that maybe it'll tie up together Because it doesn't seem like he's that kind of guy But maybe by the end you'll get enough cool concepts out of this That you can end up saying okay that's cool I'd like to see that go on I kind of like that idea That's kind of where I'm at now I just we thought at one point where you had, uh, you know, a mirror image of almost like a Alec Holland and uh, Jason Woodrow with him and his brother, but with that family connection, the death. So that seemed real interesting. But I think that he's like, yeah, that's too, you know, low. Yeah. That's too easy. I got to do hate bombs and go with industry and stuff where I think maybe you could have had a really cool story. Industry's that, the villain, Jim. I, yeah, really. I know. You end up, that seemed really cool. That seemed like something that really could have defined your character plus his biggest villain who's also the person he loves his brother and it really felt like that could have been and i think what that maybe Jason Woodrow in the mix yeah and i think that maybe that was too easy for, you know you end up ramby likes to make things hard on himself and he's trying to make this work but and on us out of nowhere when you saw that really the industry i'm like okay here we go when we see that trinity at the end i'm like whoa what are we doing like it really like, we no. just got a new avatar now that I don't understand. Don't no. add more. Yeah, we, do, we don't know our character who just came out of the green where he was in a coma, and you don't even have a cliffhanger that really involves him. That's the book. That's what I want. Oh, and also, I want to talk about the idea that sweet Levi, love <laughs> the sweet love making, I want to talk about. Yeah. Just because it's such a weird situation, I know Jennifer has gone to bat to try to get Levi out of the green, is worried about him, all this stuff. But from where we started the series out, where she simply picked him up from the airport, let him stay in her apartment because they're friends and he hoped for more, but it never felt that way to the point where I'm like, oh, thank God, I got you out of the green. You're Levi again. Give me that dick. You know, I mean, when you go into the green with a fella, you, you tend to get connected. Maybe. And I got the, this is the thing. That's weird. And again, this is a Ramby style of things where I thought not just that, I thought that they were former boyfriend and girlfriend. It didn't work out. Maybe they weren't dating that long, but he had nobody else. So he ended up going. So I kind of got that. But you never really nailed down any of that. Now you're nailing down a lot in this one. But even then seemed kind of weird, you know? Nailing it down, laying pipe. you got a fucking house you're building <sighs> right it. here. I mean, that's the industry that I like. I, I've been trying to get that those grinding gears going. Man, you're not much of a handyman, though. No, I'm not. Well, seriously, I am. Actually, I'm that might so be all much you are. one. I mean, really. <laughs> Anybody have the avatar of the stranger around? Is, is that around, Eric? Because I think he's visiting me every night. Ah, yes, we're going to go to the last book of the night, Eric. It's another a story that not as fancy as the Swamp Thing, I would say, no. but has a, a couple little problems that I have a, style a connection to it, deal. There is Harley Quinn, number 14, written by Stephanie Phillips, art by Riley Rosmo, Ivan Placentia, and Anne World Designs. And you end up having Harley, who has been arrested for the seemingly murder of a bunch of gangsters that they have her on tape with surveillance deal where she obviously the person who did it was wearing a mask and left it there but still they'll go with that tape very odd very weird to set this up and i the I'm killing really, card of harley quinn a mask <laughs> of her own face and also murders obviously that harley she's quinn. never done so yeah there you go she's never scooped out eyeballs she never it's obviously a mask that it has but they're like no they have tape of you i'd love to see that this might end up being the idea of somebody pulling strings behind there, maybe a former cop doing some weird stuff. But I don't even know how a former cop would go and do something that would pull strings to make it so you're just extradited to Blackgate without a trial and then you have to be forced to stay there. That'll never make sense. So we have to, a lot of this story you have to let go. But 
I think that what Stephanie Phillips is playing, and if, in fact, Sam, the girl you said all along. Kevin's girlfriend, Sam. Who yeah. seemed to always kind of get a little jealous or hate Harley. If she's setting it up, first off, it's two on the nose right away here, so that would be odd. But with that, you almost get a Dexter's type of deal with her in my mind because she was a former cop. That I swear we didn't know before. I, that's the first I'm hearing it as far as I'm concerned. But now all of a sudden you're getting the idea of then somebody who would know how to fake a crime, who would know how to set up a crime scene in a way to get, but we're past Don't that. Buy it's, it. it's already too much nonsense. It's already, because so it even does if not you work. want to put these puzzle pieces together, like maybe it's somebody who knows how to do this. Maybe that could be the case if it wasn't just relying on the fact that I saw Harley Quinn on a tape recorder killing people. For somebody who's obviously wearing a mask, and at the end, they left their mask behind, just like Harley Quinn would do. How would that be? Left the mask there as the calling to card jail. to go Do not collect $200. straight to jail. But you know, and what I'm going with, you're more of a true crime fan than I am. Tanya's, though. So as I walk through the room, I'll hear it. And half the time, it always says, oh, it was a police officer who knows how to set the evidence up. Do the fa-. And I think. After the fact, she's trying to do this. She's trying to. It doesn't make sense because you also wouldn't go right to Blackgate, you know, a judge, jury, and executioner right there. It's just all set up to get Harley into prison, which is kind of a goofy little thing that might have some which fun. Would have been great if Punchline was still there. You gotta get there better, and then in that you just end up, hey, Punchline, she ain't here now, but she said you were nonsense. Ah, they're left. No, you're the worst. Then out of nowhere, you get in the middle of now we're gonna get. A little bit of a railing in on the prison system out of nowhere. I'm like, what? Like, why are we doing this? Let's have some fun. And then the well, fun. Well, it's Eisner season. Yeah, well, we got to talk about important stuff right now. Isn't like the prison every complex. season Eisner season in your mind, Eric? There's no profit in throwing fewer people in prison. So this is what you get. The prison industrial complex incarcerates two and a half million people in the United States, making record profits and ex- ex- um, I'm sorry, exerting a huge amount of political influence. People throwing around trays of food and fighting for an extra pack of smokes instead of living as a productive citizen with rights. It's a crime. The wolf man. <laughs> the wolf matter. It's a crime, really. No pun intended for a change. Yeah, for a change. Now, with that. There's a very serious thing. This doesn't seem like anything Harley would think. This is Stephanie Phillips, Eisner season. She's talking through her character. Her character's a mouthpiece, right? So with that, what do you get on the opposite side of it? You get one of the most goofiest Harley. This Harley, we've said it before, that Stephanie Phillips does not know which Harley she wants to go with. She's really going more and more goofy character Harley, especially in this, where she's just crazy loony and not using any of her experience, especially as a psychologist, to actually work some things through here. Luckily, at some point, that woman just shows up seemingly at the end to spring her loose. How does that work? How's going on? I don't know. But with that, you end up having, you know, more of this verdict going around. This villain who has set up Harley still gouging out eyeballs doesn't make sense now because now you have another crime out there while Harley is in jail that has the exact same M.O. They should let Harley yes. out right now. This should prove right now, okay, either it's a copycat if you're going to say that, but this is – it wasn't Harley. You, you should have known this before. It was so silly. And now you're just having – Verda can't help herself, whatnot, but goes and fights that woman. And, you know, it's okay. I don't After mind. killing a judge. A dirty, dirty yeah, judge. Yeah, he's a dirty judge. He was taking money. A lot of them are on the tape. The but this one guilty. ended up there. <laughs> guilty as charged. You end up 
I don't mind the art. I like Riley Rossmo's art when you have this. Some of it gets a little wonky, but I do like the I really style of like it in here. Batwoman. Now, the Batwoman's a little odd. I saw people really liking, and he loves to do shit with that hair. Holy moly, the hair has a life of its own. It's it's like Doctor Strange's cloak, for crying out loud. So you end up having that. Spawn's freaking cloak. You end up, they're fighting, and it looks like maybe, you know, Verdict gets a little hurt, which then leads to her Sam with Kevin having a cut. And I like the stuff with Kevin. I think he's a great character in this. I think that's the best thing that Stephanie Phillips has done. And you have Kevin go to the jail and say, hey, Harley, I'm going to try to help you out. But he... Sam knows somebody who has a lawyer who's going to make... You're going to do a plea deal. I was like, Kevin, you don't think I actually did this. Said, well, you've been acting a little weird lately. We were trying to help you. And she gets all pissed off about this. And Kevin doesn't know what to think because from her past and what he knows about clown antics and stuff like that, Maybe she's mind controlled. Maybe she's been taken over by like Hugo Strange was doing with the rest of the and clowns. Keith freaking said, they the, said exactly. He says this makes sense. So there's, like there's reasons in Kevin's, Kevin's mind on the that case, right? could be the one behind this, even though he's not sure. And not blaming her per se, saying that. Well, I'm trying to figure it out because everything that went on up until here, we had some characters being, you know, mind controlled. Maybe that's it. Whatever. And she's like, what? And he says, well, Harley, how could I not believe you did it? I saw the tape. I saw the video. She, all she has to say is, it was a mask, asshole. They left it behind. There's An the obvious evidence. obvious mask. An obvious mask. You saw that it had big, giant eyes with the mesh. I mean, it was like a, a mascot. And yet nobody believes this. And it's it's getting silly. I mean, it was silly. But then when you're leaning on that, where she says, when we get to the trial, I don't need any help. When we get to a trial, which I guess maybe there will be one we said, who knows? They're just going to throw this case out. I, there's no evidence. Well, then you shouldn't be in jail now, Harley. Start, you know, yelling for people. But with that, he's like, I don't know. I saw the tape. Come on, Sam will help you. Sam will help you. And then we go and see. And Sam does seem to be into Kevin. It does not. It doesn't seem fake. So the idea. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like. And what Surprisingly. I, what I think we might get, if it doesn't, Boy, it does. You, you said it from the beginning that you think that Sam was not. Even before Verdict, you said something's going on. Sam is against Scarlet. Oh, yeah. So then when Verdict pops up, you said right away, that has to be her. Oh, my it makes God, sense. it's Sam. And it seems very obvious. And then when you get this issue of, oh, how do you hurt yourself? Why do you have a cut on your arm? Hey, leave well, me alone, that. buddy. She has to, like, you know, you have Sam and Kevin, you know, at Kevin's apartment. He's making breakfast. She has to leave because she has physical therapy. We don't know what that means. She has to do some weird stretches, yoga stretches. doesn't matter, but... Kevin wants to know, do you have any more friends on the force, you know, over at the GCPD, like your old partner? And she's like, no. So as far as I'm concerned, this is the first time that we heard that Sam was a GCPD officer at any point in time, that she is hurt now, has to have physical therapy. But then she goes on and says, I'm sorry, Kevin. I just, it's tough to talk about after what happened, you know, the accident. I haven't really kept in touch with anyone since I left the force, but I will try, okay? So the idea that you have here now that she's going off, I don't know what her job is. She has to go to work, though, but she's not a cop anymore. Is not She had some kind of accident that requires physical therapy, and she's not in touch with anybody. I'm guessing it's a weird shooting. And also the idea, though, where you think Verdict might have a connection with some kind of law enforcement who's taking law into their own hands to get the job done that the police can't do. But with all this said and done, this issue, I'm saying that Sam is too much of a red it's herring now much, to actually but... be Verdict, especially if you look at her fighting Batwoman on the roof of that courthouse because it looks like, and again, this could be a coloring thing, but Verge has green eyes and also a blonde eyebrow. 
Sam has brown eyebrows and brown eyes. Yeah, and so again, I'm we might find different. out there might be a switcheroo or something. Maybe she has context. context but I don't know. But these are the clues that I've deciphered here. Here's what I'm saying. Again, you end up with that. It seems like the classic, the idea that she was a cop, maybe a good cop, right? She ends up getting hurt. There's the accident. She says, nobody talks to me anymore. They may have used her as a scapegoat. The person who ends up, maybe she got hit by a drunk driver. Of, you know, yeah. I could make up all the things. You can end up, oh, it was the senator's son. I accidentally shot my old partner. Yeah, or something I just like think that. it's going to be one of those, yeah. though, of a, oh, the senator's son, you know, ran me over and I'm now scarred for life. I have to go to physical therapy. This guy, they didn't even do he anything. Shoved it under the rug. Men in power don't ever have to face justice. So with that, the, weird, the weirdest part of this is, and this Tipping is back there, imaginary Sam. You, Eric Shea, you might be looking through it as a you're the detective, like a Cassie Sandsmark. I mean, oh my people God. haven't caught up to you yet because in this here, where I end up, I think, and I agree with you, it's too on the nose that it, it looks like a red herring. But in my mind, I'm reading reviews. And I'm looking at, you know, certain comics, people on Twitter and things like that. They seem to be like, I don't know. I think I might not trust that Sam a little bit. Maybe she's not like they're finally discovering in their mind. They're playing chess. They're playing chess. That's the problem is. So a red herring to you because it seems so obvious. God, I sound so pretentious saying that. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it might be the idea that there is, these are clues, but you're you're playing 3D chess here. You actually yeah. did think that she wasn't on the up and up before. So what you think is over the top red herring might not be quite that, though it seems so over the top. But some of the people are just saying now, oh my God, I think that there might be something up with her. Also, the idea Red herring or not. It's a red herring, and I'm so afraid that when it comes out the idea that you might accuse her because of all how big of a red herring it is, it's going to ruin Kevin's relationship, and I don't need that for Kevin because I don't think it's her now. No, and, and I don't either. That's the thing where I everybody— I think it's probably her old partner in the GCPD. It might be, and, and if that's that, be out of nowhere. Like I like to think that it's somehow connected to her because then you can play along. Because uh, I like that, and that's something that people now in comics don't understand, that thing of a mystery of actually laying out clues. But one of the big things of a mystery is the red herring twist. So that's pretty cool. So if it does end up being that. But with that, if it is her, at the end, I really think you're going to get another trope of, well, I was using you at first, Kevin, but then I fell in love with you, you big lug. And then he gets all upset. Nobody Just like Jay Nakamura with yeah, John Ken. Yeah, and so, yeah, yeah, he's called that. Um, but in that, the weird thing that was going through, and I'm like, is this supposed to be a little hint or something? Because I swear to God, throughout the whole issue, Kevin's missing an eye, and he's just out of it. I mean, you look at every panel that you see him, he ain't got no eye on the right side, the left on the panel, but it's weird. But uh, yeah, and like you said, I looked at the eyes as well and, and stuff. So with that, I think that the eyebrows, that's a little bit more of the deal, but I think they're going to play the, you know, Batwoman with a, maybe fake eyebrows. I don't know, but uh, by the end, you just end up, Harley's acting crazy. She doesn't want help. She knows she's innocent. We know she's innocent. Everybody should know. Now it's time for the jailhouse brawl until Batwoman shows up to save her. And, and the idea with this book. we got to get Harley Quinn out of here because her and Oracle and I, we all know that she's yeah, innocent. Even at one point, she says, hey, are the Bat family called? No, no, no. Okay, they want to just let justice play out. They don't want to, you know. But Batman has done so many things like that to grab people out when he knows he'll investigate and try to he should be right here to get her. But 
what are we doing here? Because you end up not being back in Gotham yet. And and we know the idea of the books and things like that. Well, it it this is after Fear State because they even say that Pamela has gone out. Batman came at the end, but it doesn't matter. Well, this is Quinn its own isn't book. In the tower yet? Yeah. Well, this is its own <laughs> book. Yeah, book. I know. Well, that's why they sent her to the Black Gate. But yeah, you end up where. The what idea. was the problem then? Did we go to Black Gate because the tower was destroyed or is it because it was being built? I don't remember. Like it was getting refurnished and refitted. It's, it was I so forget. that you just have it here. But the idea of what Harley had been doing and what you had that set up and all that stuff of her being a hero. And you did have it in this book. You had it the idea of not just a hero, but accepting people, giving them second chances, letting people. A, a guy with a crazy goiter. And a neck tattoo becomes one of her favorite characters. I mean, it really did play out well. Now you're just kind of going back and forth and just having the, hey, look, Harley's crazy. I'm not letting him touch my food, but I like Kevin enough. It feels like the book is now, like, devolving a bit, and it's just here for zany well, it has been scenes. Since yeah. Been tie-ins. yeah, it's it's just, and, yeah, keep sick like, didn't even hit. Even the idea and, where she's like, please, you know, keep yourself okay, Kevin, and also make sure Solomon Grundy's okay on the sitting here. Can we please, please bring back Grundy? That was such a great team that you put together before Fear State happened. You did have a setup. It may not have been long enough, but you had the setup of Harley finally finding almost a family with, with Grundy and also Kevin, even Sam or whatever. I really like Kevin running around. He's got the ape. That's funny. But I really would have rather had where Solomon, Grundy, and Kevin are really trying to figure out how they can get things done on their own because they relied on Harley recently. And Harley was there to inspire them. I would have liked the odd couple of them. And then maybe have Sam come in and out or whatever. But I would have liked to have seen that where you see, you know what? Harley is needed. Harley is loved. Harley is that. Even Kevin coming in. I saw the video. He should be one who's like, I don't want to see that. I don't ever want to see the video because it wasn't her i don't need evidence it's not her but he's kind of you know going trying to get help through Brad sam Mike. yeah and he i know he's stuck between sam you know that what we haven't seen is behind closed doors sam is just screaming and yelling about harley all the time and he doesn't know what to do because he finally has a girlfriend i know what it's like that but yeah at yeah. the end there's a big I'm deal sorry. and now you're gonna have what legitimately is that woman illegally you know prison break it looks like where i gotta get you out of here because we do think that you're Innocent son. Well, maybe because of how bad Harley does want to be a part of the Bat family, while Batwoman has shown up to help her out here at least, or just to say that she knows that Harley Harley wants to do what the Bat she believes the Bat family wants and actually have justice prevail here. She might send Batwoman away and say, I'm gonna stay here to let the truth be told because I'm a hero. She's holding her by the waist and they're zip lining the hell out of there. Maybe she does like No, I we can't go. Hey, go goes off down into the riot police. Punchline should have been in this too. That would have been I pretty agree. cool to see that little deal in there. Or just even like, anything to do with the Royal Flush Gang. Yeah. Yeah, especially when you start seeing, or you know, Orca. symbols. And I'm like, oh, those are just Harley symbols. They're not the Royal Flush. Yeah, tie just it in a little. anything that we saw in that punchline back of in Joker to show us that the women's side of the Black Gate prison was like, just look like that. I would have liked at one point just a reference where Harley actually in her crazy mind thinks that she's also now pretending to be Harley in Black Age. She's like, it worked before in the tower. I want to do it again. Hey, everybody, it's me, Harley. I'm leaving. No, you're not. Gets the prod. Ah! Starts there. But yeah, it's not It's not great. The story, it, it's it's a foundation it's so of sand. It really is. There too, because we had the punchline, you know, in prison and her back up in the Joker book. It almost felt like more of a girl's reformatory juvenile, like, you know, prison than an actual prison because everybody there seemed to be like a real young girl's now that Harley's in there, it seems like we're all going to have middle-aged women try to kick her ass. Yeah, and then they even have that deal like, oh, man, Principal 
Batwoman's here. Oh my god. Hey, girls, get back to class. Look at you. They didn't uh, get this. The food sucks in prison. Uh, I'm just like, I love the thing too. And I, this is me. I'm an asshole. But when you end up having that big deal of like the prison system, you think it's okay. I'm like, no, no, no. Most of the people in there. Out of nowhere and weird. uh, And and when it goes like, you know, maybe the real crime is, I'm like, no. The crimes that put the people in there, that's the problem. <laughs> tell people, instead of railing on that, tell people to be good. Tell them not to commit crimes. Please. Be kind to each other, everybody. Because all you're doing is surface level, you know, uh, pro- you know, going and soapboxing. And don't stab me for my wallet because I don't have any cash on me. Exactly. I mean, if I'm sitting there and they're like, look, this girl, she murdered people, but, but really. I, tell you, I do have my girlfriend's phone number in there. So if you get a hold of that, call her if I know where she might have some money on her to stab. It's weird you saying that. This week, I ended up thinking to myself, like, if I got lost, I don't know how I'd get lost, but I ended up having to call Tanya. <laughs> like, somehow I wake up, I'm in North Carolina. I don't know. I, I don't know her number. I, I have no idea. And that's something that would be. You know, common nowadays because you have things programmed, you have the deal. Yeah, phones. I'd be screwed. I'd be what, so you're screwed. You're talking about if you if you were lost and didn't have a phone because you had your phone on you. No, I, I'm number. saying I wouldn't have my phone, or it it's, okay. it ends up where See, I, I don't have, have to a go phone. To a I don't want to talk to anybody. Something. But Jessica, like I've kept Jessica's number and a little piece of paper in my wallet to make sure I can call her if I need to, or if I get hit by a car walking because I also don't drive. That they'll know who to call. Yeah, they call it up and it's like, hello, adult world. They're like, ooh, this guy was sexy. Holy moly. Look what at a this cool guy. guy. This guy has one number and his thing and it's the adult world. You would have thought looking at him that he knew it by heart. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but, yeah, this wasn't great. What would you give it? You no, know, I just want a really cool phone number like I put in my wallet now. Not actually adult world, but. When I do end up getting hit by a car or robbed and stabbed, What do you want, like 1-800-FUCK-YOU or something? I, I, no, something that is so innocuous that I have to call it up for my emergency call to contact, but it's such a oh. cool place to call. I don't know what it is. You know, like Domino's? Is that what now. you want? I want my death to be a joke and nobody would know what happened to me. Find like a number that's like some like really fancy like government agency. I'm like, oh my God, this guy was a spy. A secret oh agent. Oh my goodness. You end up being like that guy, that body they found in Australia that they never were able to find out who it was. The guy was like dressed real nice and stuff I like that like that happens like every wednesday yeah. but i do know who you're talking about yeah it's like the big one and they ended up like for years and years trying to find this guy but yeah that would be you they're like it's it's the adult world killer or something i don't oh, know man we never found out who superman hoodie was <laughs> oh my god they, they, headband superman hoodie who was that man i i you know i dropped there like i don't know it's hoodie but he looks like the swamp thing i don't know what's happening he's got black smells like the coming swamp out thing. there it smells like shit is what he is. Hey, everybody, we got the shit pants over here. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. Who would ever deal with this asshole? (laughs) It's like he should have died 10 years ago. Uh, But with that, what would you give this, Harley? 5.8 out of 10, because I don't mind Riley Rossmo's artwork. I just don't really care. I don't know, maybe it's because it's like a weird shock that Batwoman's not in this book, so I have a new thing to look at in this, like a new character, and it's somebody who I really enjoy as a character, so when I see him, like, I got used to everybody else in this book, but now that I see you, it's a bit of a jarring situation. I don't me like it or, as much. Or Batwoman. Batwoman. Oh, it's not I thought you meant about me. You. No, of course I don't like the way you look. Yeah, really. But when we have this here, it's just a weird situation with Harley Quinn where I like elements, but overall it's kind of a disappointing book that I want to get back on track to where it felt like we were going at the beginning before our fear state tie-in. Yeah, we really liked it. And Verdict just feels like a new keepsake, but hopefully that's not the case. I'm going 4.5. And with that, I do like the Brother Rossmore art. And the funny thing about it is that's one of the things that I look at when I'm reading the book to kind of make it so that I don't have to 
think too much about the book of continuity wise and whatever it is in continuity. But when you see that art, you're like, this is some crazy ass LSD dreamscape. And I can kind of go with the wackiness of it, including, you know, some of the things that go on where you have Harley thinking of things and you see the little cartoons go, little Looney Tunes. Like, that I remember in the, the last character. time she went to prison because of what she did and how crazy that was. I'm like, this is flashback when I want to have a flash forward. Right yeah, now. yeah. It. And so with that, though, you're, you're really setting up a story where, yeah, you want to be goofy Harley, but. You have to have solid facts. And make this like the movies I watch about women in prison. Yeah, I know you want that. I mean, <laughs> who doesn't? But you end up, you know, the idea that they're still going with this idea. Oh, it was hardly in a mask, which was, so, I mean, you didn't even play. If you're going to play that, why didn't you make it seem like it was Harley? So even the reader is still wondering. Harley's been acting a little weird. Maybe it was her. It doesn't she seem like it was. Maybe it was. But you didn't play that. You showed us right away, but in a way that was so obvious that it makes everybody involved, police, you know, the prison system, all that, just like idiots, but then trying to rail on it. You know that prison system. Now, that's not why you're in prison. There's just incompetency all over Gotham. This is why the city sucks. So with all of that, yeah, 4.5. But I don't think that'll be your book of the uh, week, but what no. is your book of the week? My book of the week is Action Comics and Dark Knights of Steel. Oh, my. Mine's Dark Knights of Steel number six. So that is my deal. I think everybody should pick up both of those books. They're both pretty solid books indeed. But here is what we're going to be talking about next week in a little less books than we had this week. A lot hit. There were some delays that ended up having that, but it was odd having those plethora times three books. Aaron. But here is what is on the docket for next week. We got Batman number 123 continuing the shadow war with that. So we'll be able to, you know, get down and dirty. We end up having Batman Beyond Neo year number two. See how that continues. We gotta kill on. that AI, but we gotta remember, Jim, it's a new life form and Batman doesn't kill. Alan Iverson, why do you want to kill him? He was killing it on the court. He never left anything on the court. I also have Batman Killing Time number three. I, I don't know if you realize this. A lot of Batman books here at that DC college. Uh, but we have Batman Killing Time number three, the Tom King deal, where I really hope that we're going to reveal a little something that ties back into What's in the, the box? flashbacks and stuff like that. Uh, I'm going to guess in the box, it's just a mirror and you see yourself. Ben there. That's what soul. it is. It's that or maybe Eric Shea is in the box. That'd be funny. Little Eric. Little Eric. Little Eric. in there? You're the little E there. You're like, hey, let me out of the box, baby. Uh, we also have Flashpoint Beyond, number one. More Batman. That's cool. But Flashpoint Batman. <laughs> but really, uh, that's a book that we are intrigued with. I really want to see how that steps it up. And that's going to be the start of both Jeremy Adams and Tim Sheridan being involved as well. So hopefully that will transition well with that. Monkey Prince, number four. A book of Batman. I mean, you sit here, and even the Again, books that don't have in the name, I want less of them. I was going through what the books were yesterday for this week coming up, and I thought to myself, oh, well, Monkey Prince, that's not, because that's the first one out of all of these songs we talk about. It's not a bad book. Forgot we're in Gotham, dealing heavily with Batman and Robin. Yeah, so I hope that Batman and Robin kind of make themselves scarce in that, and we could actually get some Monkey Prince action. That's what I But here's a book that probably won't have Batman in it, but maybe he got the invite there. <laughs> Nubia Coronation Special number Wish one. We got All that. of a sudden, Batman's there. He's there. He's like, wait a second. Is there a detective in the house? And Cassie's like, I am. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Sorry. I thought I was okay, but you are the world's greatest detective. I'm out of here. Uh, we also end up having Suicide Squad number 15. Finale. 
Yeah, that is the finale. And I was going to ask you, and I thought it was, but yeah, the finale of that, sadly, even though that book got a little wonky. We got to kidnap Lex Luthor to fund the Suicide Squad for some reason. And it's Dennis Hopeless, your favorite. He jumped yeah. onto that book and really elevated your mind. Eric, yeah. you got Task Force Z. Number seven. I don't care what you say. It's a Red Hood book and Red Hood's Bat Family, so it counts in my mind because it isn't Gotham as a Bat book. <laughs> so, yeah, very Batman. And the thing is, on well. the cover of that, I'm pretty sure that it has, like, who's next to join the team and who have zombie versions of, like, Gotham rogues in there. So I'm, like, adding on to the aspect, like, who's next? There you go, Eric. Oh, my goodness gracious. And it's funny that I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, we didn't get that much Batman this time. Like, no, no, we did. <laughs> we did. Uh, at least Batman didn't show up in the Dark Knights of Steel, so that was less of a Batman book. We talked week, about him. Tim Drake was there. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Eric. So was Harley, so you could yeah. even throw that in. So. Uh, with all of that, though, two of those books will be on the Patreon-only spotlight. That will be carrying over into the month of May, where at <laughs> the end of May... Su- even when we have Superman, son of Kal El, the motherfucker <laughs> will just show up in the Kent's kitchen out of nowhere. <laughs> Don't trust Jay Nakamura. All right, Batman, you're here. So, yeah, when we go through all these, this is, as I said, going into the month of May, just a little shout out that at the end of May, we have another and a very quick to get to it, another annuals week. So we're going to end up having another Patreon only show uh, at At the end end of the month. So just giving you the little shout outs. You could join up at the beginning of May, get a bunch of things like the weekly spotlight. Which I think we're going to get Killing Time uh-huh. and probably Flashpoint Beyond number that Monkey one. Prince? I don't think that's been on the show yet. I know it hasn't, but you got Flashpoint Beyond and Killing Time. They love to hear us, you know, talk to Tom King. So we'll see. We'll see what it is. But two books of the ones we mentioned will be picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. <laughs> Saying Suicide Squad. We'll be on that. We'll see. But yeah, those two will be on the Patreon spotlight that comes out every Thursday night. Kind of kicks off the DC stuff going forward there and you could get in on that on the ground floor Eric. get that first podcast get all excited we're a little loosey goosey with that one we have some fun we haven't talked to each other much at that point so we're all you know giddy you know footloose and fancy free i think okay. but all that you know we're really you know hyped up we're really sure. fired up we're killing it i don't know but yeah we end up having some fun with those two books and something that usually goes a little more in depth or at least a little longer for two books not that we end up you know, not talking like we have diary of the mouth on this one. But with all that, yeah, that'd be cool. Go and help us out also for everything we do. But with that, that would be patreon.com slash weird science. Also go to our website, weird science, dccomics.com, where you can get reviews of most of the books each and every week. Go to the Twitters at weird science DC. Follow us. We'll follow you back 100%. And to mention at the end, go to our Instagram. Degrams, as they say, are influencers. And that is weird science comic. And when we end up, oh, a graham, a graham cracker, what are you making yeah. s'mores over there like an asshole? You end up where all those will be in the show notes. You can find those if I ended up talking too quick or we talked about s'mores. I don't know if we did, Eric, uh, but that's what I heard. But just with did. all of that, that is it for the long podcast, whatnot. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for everybody who listens. And also, just as a last second deal, if you could rate and review the podcast, if you haven't done that yet on yeah, do that. Apple Podcasts. Helps us out a lot. That actually helps us out. And also, it makes it, you realize people are listening then. We end up, it, me and Eric were talking about it before we even done. We don't just, you know, push that aside. That does mean something to us. So, yeah, give us a little, little solid and help us out. So, with all that, Eric, what do we say at the end of the podcast? Everybody have a great week. week. Keep it weird. Weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Go read comics.
You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.